Hey, what's up, Leftover Army? It's your fearless leader, Brian, here. The year 2014 has been an interesting year for the Leftovers, to say the least. We saw the show leave, you know, in January and was totally gone for three months. No pop culture leftovers whatsoever. Didn't know if I was going to come back and do the show. Didn't know if Jake was going to come back and do the show. Then we had our triumphant return, or not-so-triumphant return, depending on how you look at it, at the end of April. We saw the leftovers, you know, come and go. We lost Jason this year, but we gained a Frank. We're just three regular guys with regular jobs that live in central Illinois that dig comics, movies, and TV. This past year, 2014, we've talked about Captain America, the Winter Soldier, tons of Star Wars, X-Men Days of Future Past, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Hobbits. We want to thank all of our listeners, the Leftover Army as we call you, for a great 2014, and we can't wait to start 2015 and continue to bring you the best mediocre podcast we can possibly give you for free. It's free. So next year, we've got Avengers, Ant-Man, Jurassic World, and of course, Star Wars The Force Awakens. This is the last episode of 2014, but I promise you, we'll be back in 2015 tossing, tasting, and Tupperwareing all the shit that Hollywood sends our way. So, here we go. Episode 72, the final episode of Episode 72. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. 
I guess. <laughs> Low taste it. <laughs> I'm going to toss it. Oh, shit. I'm tossing oh, it. All right. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, we'll back, back to the drawing board. Yeah. Frank, I want you, this time with a little bit more emotion, okay? okay. No, and I want to know where you're coming from. I want to know where your character's coming from. <laughs> Do you really want us to stop? And is it really hammer time? I want to feel it. In, I, seriously, I want you to inflect this in your voice, okay? Let all me right. set up the scene. Let me set up the scene, okay? Here's the scene. You just got stopped by the police, okay? <laughs> All right. And you know what I mean? And it's like six of them pull up on you. Oh, fuck. And, you know, the only thing that you did wrong is you got a blinker out. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you feel like, well, this is this is crazy. This is crazy. Uh-huh. Six cops? Yeah. A blinker out? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Seriously? Here we go. And this is what you say to them as they're going to they're gonna strip search you and all this other bullshit. <laughs> Stop! Hammer time! That's a that's a fucking Tupperware <laughs> right there. I like that. That's good shit. That was good. That, that was, was good. good. I taste it though. We, we can still achieve for better. Sure. No, I, out of Frank? <laughs> out of Frank? You can only polish a turd so much. Well, I'm gonna give that turd a Tupperware. All right. Good, tup- good direction though. I Tupperware your yeah. direction. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah, your back's against the wall. You're right. like you're like Liam Neeson in Taken Four. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, you don't got no kids left. <laughs> <laughs> Three different terrorists have them. He wakes up in a uh, bathtub filled with ice where they've taken his liver. <laughs> oh, no. Does that happen in one of these taken movies? I don't know, but it's good. what's coming The taken next? saw crossover? The taking a kid. They're taking a liver? No, I'm joking around, man. They took all of his family members. Now they got to start taking body parts take off Take a him. kidney from the guy. Don't take, <laughs> you only got one liver. Uh, that's a good point. I like it, Frank. Oh, that's good writing. Take a body part. Missing body parts in Taken yeah, 4? Oh, my God. Balls. Have you seen the trailer for Taken 3? No. I mean, I've seen Taken 1, I so I've kind of seen Well, it. then you've seen Taken 3. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw the spoof that they did where uh, Liam Neeson's like, stop taking my shit. <laughs> Who's they? Was it like a YouTube thing? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And he uh, he worked with them on it. They made a whole song for it and everything. Oh, he cooperated with like a YouTube spoof? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why is everybody always taking my shit? <laughs> that doesn't make it any better that he's like self-aware of what's going on with his career. Does <laughs> yeah, <the> it? Point. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it worse. He needs to do something serious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He needs to do something serious. Like uh, go back to like that Schindler's List type movie. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know. Whatever. Fucking Liam Neeson. Uh, I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. Good. Pretty good. How's yours? <laughs> Why do you ask me? Why do you ask me? Why wouldn't I? Somebody's got it. You ask us. It's only polite. I was curled up in the fetal position in the tub crying, Frank. That was my Christmas. Oh, man. No. No, it was okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, everybody's like, uh, that's the thing. Like, everybody's like posting like these amazing geek gifts that they fucking got, like on Facebook and on Twitter and all this shit. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you know what I would have posted on what? fucking, you know what I would have posted what? on Twitter and all that shit? Brian got a sponge. <laughs> And a panini maker. Did you really get a sponge? I got a sponge. Like what kind of sponge? Like a dishwasher sponge? Some sponge that my mom saw like on QVC or something. Brian, it's an amazing sponge. (laughs) And you can use this on any surface and it reacts differently to cold and hot water. (laughs) My God, mom, come on. You know me. 
Like I'm supposed to be like fucking, oh my god, a sponge, and like spanking it to this goddamn sponge. And Spooge then, on the sponge. And then I get a panini maker. It would have been nice if like mom would have been like, ah, you know what, Brian, heads up. Buy yourself some fucking bread and some deli meat. But no, I get this fucking panini maker, and on Christmas there's nothing open. I can't even make a fucking panini. I don't even know what a panini is. Yeah, go to Panera. Don't they have paninis at Panera? Yeah. Okay. Is it like a triangle sandwich or something like Pretty that? Pretty much. It's uh. It's got, a, like, a bunch of meat inside when it's sealed shut. Yeah. You actually cook the thing? Yeah. Okay. Inside, like like a for-real Hot Pocket that's not going to give you herpes or some shit. A for-real Hot Pocket. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a pocket, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not gross it by any stretch. It's good. Yeah, paninis are good. Yeah. So Panini. <laughs> what a dumb name for a it is, sandwich. It is a fucked up name. Panini. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Uh, welcome back, Jake. Yeah, I'm back. Holy Yay. shit, you guys are in the same fucking room together. Yeah, Haven't done this in a few weeks. Well, I think you, we swapped, like, bowel issues. Yeah, something was going on. I was definitely having some stomach issues. Yeah, we ran rampant, uh, <laughs> run rampant through my house. <laughs> run rampant. Ran rampant. Ran rampant. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm kicking. Um, you know, things have been good. <laughs> Shaking out the rust from having a week off. You yeah, know? <laughs> sounds like it. Frank's over here running rampant or whatever the fuck. <laughs> running rampant. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Christmas season, you get you get some stuff that you don't get throughout the time uh, throughout like the regular year. You know, eggnog is in the. Oh yeah! Stores. Oh yeah! Big yeah. fan of the eggnog mm-hmm. and. Couldn't find my favorite eggnog, though, this year. What's your favorite kind? Sugar cookie eggnog. Hmm. Who makes that? Hood. Ooh. Okay. Okay. It's amazing. It's like uh, drinking a cake. Wow. It's fucking awesome. Wow. Yeah. It's awesome. My favorite is the uh, the Oberweiss that you get in the old glass bottles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's the good shit. I, uh, I-, I like mixing that with a little bit of E&J brandy. Oh, yeah. I do the rum myself. Gotcha. But... McDonald's has the most amazing thing ever during Christmas. The eggnog shake? No. (laughs) Holiday pies. Have you had these fucking holiday pies? Those are gross. You don't like the holiday (laughs) pies? Those are gross. Yeah, they're like the custard pies. Oh, I love them. (laughs) Oh, those are disgusting. Oh, God, it's like Santa himself jacked (laughs) off in this thing. Oh, they're so amazing. (laughs) Chris Kringle was fucking yanking his dingle and it's magic in your mouth i fucking love them i tried one last year for the first time and oh yeah i got the two for one and got an apple on a holiday oh man i love the fucking holiday pie (laughs) i'm afraid of all that stuff from mcdonald's it's holiday flavored (laughs) like i said yeah christmas came early this year (laughs) saint nick yeah saint eddie empty his bag (laughs) and he spanked it inside one of these holiday pies they're so good (laughs) They're so good. Emptied his ba- emptied his bag inside of the pie, yes, right? Yes, he did. Oh, my. Yeah, he cleaned that sack out, man. Oh. Dude, they're so damn good. We got the, the Tupperwares next week. Yeah. I'm Second ex- annual. I'm excited. Jake, what are the awards called? The Tuppies. Yes. That, let's get that straight, because the awards ceremony is the Tupperwares, but the actual, the actual uh, non-existent trophies that we hand out are the tuppies the tuppies are we going to have some actual tuppies this year uh, somebody want to go out and buy tupperware and we can like write with like a what is it like a marker yeah i'll tuppy. make i'll make one i'll make one tuppy 
and we can just write everyone on it. Everyone can share the one tuppy. It's got to be a big tuppy. Oh, that's true. That's true because it'll have yeah. all three of our. Yeah. Right. We'll do something. That's a lot of categories. That's a lot of Tupperware. <laughs> yeah, this is the last episode of 2014. Yeah, that was sad. Hearing the intro made me think, wow, been a whole year and hearing all the stuff about no episodes for three months. None of that. It was like four, actually. It's crazy. None of that shit in 2015, though. We'll be hopping and raring to go. Ah, uh, something will happen. Something, well, something will throw a fucking monkey wrench in our whole thing. I don't think four months, though. I don't think we'll see that. I don't know. Who knows, <laughs> Who knows with this damn show? What's going to happen? Any day, this whole thing could just implode. Right. <laughs> um, oh, I did get a cool gift, though, and it wasn't from – I didn't open it on Christmas. I got uh, Ryan Dross from Star Joe's podcast. Yes. Sent me, like, an entire collection of Robotech DVDs, like the the cartoons. Oh, that's beautiful. He had mentioned that he had, like, doubles of those, and he was going to hook you up. And so he, he did. did, and I opened them up, and I didn't watch them. On, I got them on, like, Monday, and I started watching them on, like, uh, Wednesday. And uh, I don't know. This isn't a good pop, bad pop segment, but I just wanted to talk about Robotech a little bit. Yeah, I do it. Is that cool? Okay, like, Robotech, it revolves around... I don't know. It's kind of like Transformers meets I don't know, Top Gun meets uh, Battlestar Galactica or something. I don't know if that's the best description ever. Okay, a little bit of Elysium too, because there's like a like a you know they've got like a battle fortress out in space and people live inside of it and stuff like that. Big mech sci-fi yeah. drama. Yeah. So. It's uh, scientific advances that are discovered in an alien starship that crashed on a South Pacific island. Now, with the technology, Earth developed rob- robotic technologies such as a transformable mecha, so the ships will transform into robots that will help them fight extraterrestrial invasions. Uh, the Robotech Macross Saga... Uh, it, uh, it's humanity's discovery of that ship and, you know, their battle against a, a race of giant warriors. They're called the Zentradi and they've been sent to retrieve this big ship for reasons unknown. It's a huge ship. It, it's like a space aircraft carrier. Okay. And, uh, humans live inside it like a city, uh, within it and, and that city's called Macross. Okay. That's and, a name I've definitely heard before. Yeah, right. too. I'm going to rate it, even though it's not good pop, bad pop. I'm tougher wearing this. It's so good. Nice. How far into it are you? I'm on the – I just finished the second disc, so I'm about 12 episodes in. So about like six episodes a disc? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Half an hour episode format? <sighs> yeah, they come out to be like 22 minutes. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it's really good, dude. Um, I love it. It's it's a little bit more – I'd say it's, it's – if – I don't know. It's better than Transformers G1, Generation 1. Really? Wow. The cartoons. You know, I don't think Those that's are... really... I, I think a, I think that's not as bold of a safe statement as it seems. Those don't really hold up too well. No, like they're you... nostalgic. They're yeah. nostalgic for me. This is like something like even as an adult, it's still for kids, but it's a little bit more adult than Transformers G1. Yeah, the yeah. story just does not hold up in G1. Like, you watch it again as an adult, and you still love all the characters yeah. and everything, but there's really... Nothing's holding you to your seat as far as like the drama of it right, all. Right. Right. So that, that's it. That's cool though. So yeah, yeah, it's better. I mean, like the the humans are way more fleshed out 
in this than they are in G1. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, that's not saying much either. Like, True. I mean, it's not. Like, the, the robots and, like, the mechs and stuff like that are cool, but they take a second seat to, like, you know, like, the human interaction and stuff like that. So is there, like, a main antagonist? Is there, like, a main villain character? Yeah. A, a Darth Vader to the there's whole thing? There's actually a few of them, you know? Okay. Uh, there's, like, one guy who's kind of, like, the general... And then there's like, you know, his subordinates, like he's got his lieutenants and shit and like his, his commanders. Streams. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they don't, like one is more aggressive than he is. He's not the big aggressor. He's more of a strategic guy. And then you've got the one guy who's the aggressor and he's like the loose cannon kind of like Starscream. Exactly. Is it English dubbed or is it subtitles? It's English dub. I mean, the, the show though, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Like, it takes a step backwards as far as feminism, though. And these are made in '85. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a character. Her name's Min May. She's a young girl. She's like 15 years old when the series starts out, and she's really bubbly and like a like a big time airhead. And she just loves boys, and 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 she's a singer. She's just not a strong female character at all. Uh, there's an episode even where they have a Miss Macross beauty pageant, <laughs> and so it's it's. I still love the series, though. Don't get me wrong, but there's also like a lot of weird sexual stuff okay. that goes on in the episode. They allude to it. It's not like you know overt. You know, it's not like characters are banging each other and shit like yes. that. And like, you know what I mean? But it's like they kind of allude to it. Real cheeky shots, yeah. And cheeky dialogue. Um, You'll get that a lot in uh, overseas stuff. Yeah, this is. I noticed a few things, like. Uh, there's an older pilot that, uh, there's the character of Rick. He's like your main protagonist. He's a younger guy, probably like 17, 18. Okay. And he's got an older, there's an older pilot he's good friends with. And like the older pilot, I mean, this girl's 15. The older pilot, like they're saving her and stuff. And like the older pilot's like, uh, don't worry. I can, I can take her back to base. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I'm kind of like making things like that. I'm like thinking to myself, my God, this girl's fucking 15, dude. How old are you? You gotta be like in your late twenties and shit. (laughs) 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 And then, uh, there's a scene where it's actually Rick who rescues her and she's in the cockpit with him and she's like sitting on his lap. Okay. Because it's like real close quarters in the cockpit. Yeah. yeah. So like getting really close like in there. Like face to face on the lap? Yeah, she's like there and she's got her arm around him and he's still trying to fly the thing and it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, it, there's a lot of that. And then there's a scene with her and it's, uh, I, I think it's in the second episode and she's in the shower and they're like, they're panning upwards from her legs, and all of a sudden you get a shot of her ass, her fucking bare ass in the shower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the whole time she's like, don't come in here, I'm taking a shower, and all this stuff, and I'm just like, oh my god, I can't believe this isn't a fucking kid's show. Did you go shut the blinds, get up? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, because I felt dirty. Um, but... It doesn't stop there. There's an episode called <laughs> It doesn't stop. Episode 6. It's called Blitzkrieg. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Tons of sex stuff that you really you have to look for, but it's there. There's a scene. I'm let me set up the scene for you. Okay. Rick, uh, they're in the city of Macross, and it's like a city and it's within this big huge aircraft, this uh space, you know, uh aircraft carrier, just flying through space, and it looks like a regular city. And they're walking along, and there's, like, this clothing shop, and they've got all these dresses in the window, and Min May's like, oh, my gosh, look at all these dresses. I love these dresses. I want to go in there and check out all these dresses. And he's like, I, you know, he's carrying, like, a sack. They'd already gone shopping, and he's carrying this big sack full of stuff that she's bought. Okay. And he's like, I don't want to go in there because they sell lingerie and all this stuff, and he just feels kind of weird 
going in there. And so they go in there, and she goes in there, and she's going to start changing into this one dress she wants to try on. And then there's three other women, these three other girls come in, and, like, he's standing, like, right in the lingerie aisle and gets, like, really embarrassed. It's really awkward for Gets him. all blushy-faced. Gets all blushy-faced. But as he's doing that, he's holding this sack. And as he's holding this sack, all the shit starts spilling out of the sack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. So he's, like, putting stuff back in the sack, you know. It's like... And oh, then, you don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so then... They keep, they, they're giggling, they see him, they see his uniform, and then shit just keeps spilling out of the sack. <laughs> it's all over the place, you know? That's a serious problem. It's a serious premature. Yeah. <laughs> premature saculation. Saculation. So, but then later on, it, like, this is where it even gets even more sexual, and you really have to pay attention. Uh, there's a space battle at the, uh, at the end of the episode. Big space battle going on. You've got, like, the Zentradis, Versus, you know, uh, the humans. And the, the, they figure out that they can turn the big aircraft carrier into a robot. It can turn into a mecha form. Mm-hmm. So they do that and it turns into a robot. They're still not sure how to work this thing 100%. Yeah. But it turns into this robot. It's got like robot legs, robot arms. And then the other, the alien ship, I'm just going to refer to it as uh, a big space vagina. Okay. And it's floating through space. Uh-huh. This big green space vagina. <laughs> and so, like, they, they want to attack this thing because this thing's going to attack them. And so, what happens here with the, with the mech, <laughs> the arm on the mech, the oh. big robot arm, yeah. it grows. <laughs> it grows. It's like a big, um, well, it phallic sees, symbol. It sees a space vagina coming. It sees a space vagina coming. And so this big robot arm dick, <laughs> it grows, and then it thrusts, like it goes to punch, and it thrusts the big robot arm dick inside the big alien space vagina. Wow. So now there's a big hole in it. <laughs> but it doesn't stop there, okay? Like the big arm, like it opens up inside, and then you see like these little robots inside of it, and they've all got like these missile attachments on their shoulders. Uh-huh. These big white missiles, and then they start to blast these sperm missiles. <laughs> Tons of them. Oh my god! Tons of these little sperm missiles are going into the big space vagina. Wow! And exploding all over the place. It's like it's the big climax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of that episode. It's kind of a one pump chump, though. But as I'm watching this, I'm like, this is just one big space battle sex scene. Yeah, it sounds like I had out. a money shot and everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Very sexual show. Nice. Yeah. Wow. This explains a lot about Drost, huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't, I never knew Robotech was so, um, overtly, like, cheeky like that. I don't think most people, like, pick up on it when they watch it. Maybe, especially when you're a kid. Yeah. But as I'm watching this big robot arm dick grow <laughs> and thrust inside this alien vagina and then spooge all inside it with <laughs> missiles, I'm like, this is, wow. Wow. It reminds me of heavy metal almost. Oh, yeah. not that, that, yeah, heavy metal. This is totally different than heavy metal. Yeah, it's yeah. a little more subtle. Yeah, but. very subtle. <laughs> but not so much when you're older and watching it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I did want to talk about one more thing, and then I got a couple emails I want to read. Emails. All right, so guys, you know I'm on Reddit, right? Yeah. yeah. I love Reddit. Big fan of Reddit. 
So this week on Reddit, I saw a post, and this is what it said. Mm -hmm. For Christmas, my show is doing a scripted special. Unfortunately, I've neglected to record a particular extra, particular extra lines and need to get them recorded quick. Only problem is that there's nobody extremely accessible to me to get them done. I'd love it if someone could sit down and record these lines for me. So did you do it? All right. The show, it's called One Word Go Show. Mm-hmm. And basically, their listeners give them one word, and they do a whole show about it. Uh, this week, they had a story called The New Clause. And uh, it's all scripted. And it's about how Matt, the host, was being forced at gunpoint by an elf to travel to the North Pole or North, excuse me, they, they explain that in the episode, and, and take over the role of Santa. Uh, so on my lunch break, yeah. I ran home, and I recorded these lines, and I sent them to Matt, the host. Um, well, he he liked it, and he used my lines. And Oh, nice. So I wanted to play my debut. Oh, I'm excited. In voice acting. Yay. Uh, I play a waiter at Denny's. <sighs> I have a total of four lines. But I play a waiter at Denny's, and my direction was to be super upbeat. Okay, so here it is. My debut in the voice acting. This is the, from the podcast. This is from their podcast. Okay, nice. One word go show. It's all scripted. It's like a story that they read out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Denny's. How many people in your party? Four. I mean three. Right this way. Sheesh. Don't you all look chilly? Where are you coming from? The airport. On foot? That's quite the walk. Maybe I can get you something warm to drink. Water's fine. Yeah, just a water. Can I get a Coke Zero with a shot of vanilla and a strawberry shake, please? Sure thing. Dude, really? This isn't right. We're shopping for food while Maddie's going through God knows what. Look. Yeah, bravo, bravo. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So how'd I do, guys? That was great. (laughs) It was like, okay, there's other people that like did go out for it. So I was like, when I played the episode, I had no idea if he was going to use my lines or not. And he did, and I was very happy to hear myself on there. Because I did did it on my lunch break, like within an hour. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, pretty fun. And then they listed my name and like the credits on their webpage and had a link to our website there. So. Oh, cool. cool. Got us some extra promo out little, of it. Yeah, a little Yay. bit. I played a waiter at Denny's. That's, uh, I feel good about myself. Nice, nice. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, we got some emails this week that I wanted to read. Uh, got more of them later on in the episode. First email comes from Bree Jordan. Uh, and uh, Bree says, hey, Leftovers and Frank, I guess I can say I'm a new listener. I remember finding you guys months ago, listening to an episode and thinking, what is this shit? (laughs) And never listening again. Then, when Star Wars trailer came out, I found you guys again, and now I'm addicted. You've become my favorite podcast, and I can't get enough. I'm making my way through every episode. Great, great show. And keep them long. Episode 69 was not appropriate to be heard at work, but really, really funny. I noticed that the earlier episodes are shorter... Love the show, and I look forward to more from y'all. Sincerely, Bree, your new semi-addicted listener. <laughs> nice. Very Sweet. nice. Yeah. So, he likes the longer ones. Yeah. I, they used to be like, what, two and a half, three hours back in the day, and now they've kind of expanded to between four and five. I think our first episode was like an hour and a half. Oh. And then, yeah, <laughs> they went up to like two. We thought three was crazy back in the day, and then people 
wanted more. Yeah, so. we had so many technical difficulties back in the day, too. Yeah. We'd spend half yeah. our time just trying to get the shit to fucking work. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Being in the same room helps quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. You know? But we have worked out our Skype issues, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, it's cool. So, yeah, uh, remember John Woods did Godzilla with us? Yeah. Hopefully he'll be coming back on a future movie podcast. So oh, sweet. Cool. That'll be good. But, yeah, um, got another email. Guys, like I told you, like, you know, my Christmas was kind of lame, but... Christmas Eve, I got an email, and uh, I'm pulling up. Uh, I think I picked up my holiday pies from McDonald's, you know. <laughs> yeah, my uh, – that Jake hates. I toss them. Toss them. I, I Tupperware the shit out of them. But I picked up my holiday pies, and I'm pulling in and check my email before I go in the house. And I got this email, and, uh, like, it put a smile on my face. It's a long email, but it really put a smile on my face. It's uh, from Xavier Arqueros Cano. And he says, hello, Brian. I usually never send emails to podcasters because I don't think they read them at all. But I think you guys are worth trying. I just discovered your podcast a month ago, and now it's one of my favorites. I'm from the city of Girona in Catalonia, Spain. I'm living in Palma de la Morsa right now, also in Spain, but in a different province. And although I'm not a big fan of the USA... I have to say that I'd love to go and have a drink with any of you guys and chat about Star Wars and Marvel and whatnot. Congratulations on your podcast, guys. It's a very long podcast, but you always left me wanting more. It's a very funny and crazy time each time I could listen to the leftovers, telling the news, news that usually I already know, but God, one thing is reading, another is listening to you tell them, and then giving your take on them in your funny and I-don't-give-a-fucking-shit way that I love. I've heard from you that you don't have many fans. Well, man, you can say now that you have one big fan far, far across the Atlantic. A little big, a little big of my taste in movie, a little bit of my taste in movies and stuff. I love Star Wars. I watched the original trilogy on Laserdisc in the 90s, just a little after they were relaunched in cinemas with the fucking Lucas improvements. (laughs) But the versions that I watched a hundred times were the Laserdisc ones, which were the original versions unaltered. I was blown away. That started something in me. I can't explain it, but since then, Star Wars is part of my personality. When I listen to the John Williams Star Wars theme, it's like a religion to me. I'm atheist, by the way. My personal favorite character was and still is Boba Fett, and not for the expanded universe shit. I love Boba Fett because his interaction with Vader in the movie, you can see that Bounty Hunter means business just for that reason. Let's not talk about the episodes one to three, please. Let's pretend they they did not happen. I'm also a big Marvel fan since the Spider-Man animated series of the 90s. I love the MCU and also love now Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know your ratings for Agents, but I still, but I think you'll change your opinion soon enough. The first season was very weak, in fact. I stopped watching it after a few episodes, but after Winter Soldier, I give it another try. And although as a season was still weak, I enjoyed it a little. The second one is for me the best comic book show on TV right now. I love almost all of the characters, and I love where the series is going to. But don't worry, Brian. I also loved Watchmen and enjoyed a lot of Man of Steel, for example. So I'm (laughs) not a total waste of a fan. (laughs) He goes on to say, I like also some of the DC characters, series, and movies. Right now, I like a lot of The Flash. Arrow, it's okay, but this season is pretty bad for me. I hate Gotham, but The Penguin, it's brilliant. Constantine, it's okay, but we'll see. I love Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, not Rises. Man of Steel, like I said before, was pretty good for me. 
My favorite comic book character is Moon Knight. I hope we'll see him soon in the MCU. I don't agree with the Batman ripoff thing. It's a very different character for me, and I think he could be a beloved character if done well in a TV series, Netflix, or in a movie. Daredevil cameo, maybe? One can dream. I could go on and on, but it's Christmas Eve, and it's late here in Malorsa, just 2 a.m., but you said you're going to be alone at Christmas Eve, and I thought I could give you some love through this email and make you a little happier telling you that as a star, that Star Wars is a part of my life. So are you and Jake and Frank. I love you all, guys. I don't know you at all, but I just spend hours and hours listening to you all talking about things I love. So for me, it's like I'm in your debt. I don't know if some words or things are misspelled or wrong, wrong written. Forgive me, but English is my third language. And I learned most of it watching movies and playing video games. And yes, in the schools here, they teach English, but I did not give a fuck when I was young about learning English, so I did just enough to pass the exams. I improved my English mostly because of the Lost series. Man, that series was too good to wait until I can watch uh, on TV here. So first I watched it with subtitles, then with subtitles in English. And a few years later, I just know English well enough to even listen to a podcast and understand almost everything. I'm not a fan of languages. For me, they are all walls between people, just like religions and nationalities, just walls still unbroken. I know how podcasters have trouble telling non-English names and surnames, so if you'll allow me, I'll tell you now how to say my name in an easier way. Xavier, it's easy for you, just like the Professor X from the X-Men, although it's still not the correct way to say it, but whatever. And my surnames, because here in Spain we have two, father's first surname and my mother's first surname. Archeros is a little hard to say, so just say the English translation, Archers, which is cool, I think, and second surnames, leave it, or just say Kano, like the Mortal Kombat guy, also cool. So it's Archeros. Uh, gotcha. Archeros. Archeros. Oh my god, I just wrote the second Bible. Sorry for that, but eh. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you that unlike of the first one, all what I just said is all 100% true. I love you guys. If you need any Spanish or Catalan translation or help about Spaniard things, just tell me. By the way, I'm going to make a fucking pumpkin cake, and that's all your fault. For that episode where you were all eating that cake and made me feel peakish. (laughs) (laughs) And although we have pumpkins here, usually we just use it to make cream soup. So I never tasted a pumpkin cake, but I love the carrot cake, so I'm going to change the carrot for the pumpkin and see what happens. Anyway, if you can give me that recipe or whatever, the word for that is to make that same pumpkin cake, I'll love you even more. So thank you so much. What a uh, great email. Fucking yeah. awesome email. You know, yeah, I'm going to send, don't worry, I'm going to send you that pumpkin cake recipe. Um, but it is, it's pretty awesome, guys. Like, uh, you know, we get, a, I get a bunch of shit emails, honestly. But it's when, like, I get emails like this, and he's talking about, you know, like, all these different countries and stuff like that and all these things that we don't have in common and different views that we have. And, I mean, you know, there's wars going on and stuff like that. But, like, for people to, like, fucking, like, come together over fucking comic books and TV shows and movies and shit, it's amazing. I think, honestly, if North Korea, if we could just send them fucking, like, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, send them Guardians of the Galaxy, I think in a fucking week we'd have fucking peace worked out with them. I think more people need to be watching this shit and just getting in on this kind of stuff yeah. and just enjoying, you know, the time that we have here. And he's he's right, man. Religion, man. Just you know, no matter what your religion is, man. Sometimes it's like uh, 
everybody should just support everybody's religion. That's say, I'm right, I'm right, and you're wrong, and you're wrong, and let's have wars over this stuff, man. But right. this shit goes back thousands and thousands of years, and it's a damn shame that we just can't just find one common ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the same kind of shit that brought him into the culture, like, that brought, like, people I know. Like, you said he got into Marvel Universe from the Spider-Man cartoon. I mean, I know all kinds of people that that was what got him into the Marvel Universe was those Spider-Man and X-Men cartoons, you know? it's It really does, like, unite us all, all the geek culture, you know? We right. Can, no matter what we agree or disagree on as far as religion or politics, you know, we, yeah. can, we can still sit down and talk about the Star Wars trailer together. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, what a great email. It's fucking awesome, dude. And uh, Cameron Wilson's got some competition. No shit. Well, he hasn't <laughs> been sending anything lately. Yeah, love that he's a giant Lost fan. Yeah, I love what he had to say about Moon Knight. Um, I completely agree that he's not a Batman ripoff. I always get upset when I hear that kind of comparison too. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's more to Moon Knight than you know. What I mean, you can take what you want to from the character and compare it to Batman. Yeah, but there's a lot more to Moon Knight than just those comparisons. I feel like aesthetically. The comparison is a lot more there, but when you actually break down the characters, they're they're completely different. Yeah, but yeah. I can see just based on looks alone how someone could jump to that. Well, the conclusion. whole like Egyptian lore and all that stuff is completely different. Yeah, just a yeah. source of po- the fact that he has powers, powers at, all. at all. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to see a fucking Moon Knight Netflix show, and it doesn't even have to be like in the. They don't even have to link it with the Daredevil stuff yet. Just do, like, a separate Moon Knight show. Yeah. You know, it was really controversial, but I really liked the uh, Bendis Malieve stuff they did with Split Personality Moon Knight. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I know a lot of people didn't, but I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah. But I liked it a lot better than I liked the new Warren Ellis stuff that came out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you did not like the Ellis no. stuff? That's uh, Shelby on pencils? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He only did like the first six issues and then dropped off. I didn't get back Ugh. on after he left. But that, That's a bunch of bullshit. It kind of soured me on that series, and so I kind of dropped off. Because I love Moon Knight the character. It's, I, I hate that trend. Marvel's horrible with Yeah, that. they are. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll buy a book because of the artist, and then it's like, oh, I get six issues of that artist, and then it's you're done. Yeah. And he, I love the fact that he did enjoy Man of Steel. I love. <laughs> <laughs> he liked Watchmen too. He did. So yeah, he's got taste. You, he probably likes holiday pies too. <laughs> oh God! I, well, nah. It's all about that pumpkin cake, though. He eats them in the black light so he can see oh. that extreme yellow. <laughs> oh, that's so nasty! The Jackson Pollock edition. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. I, Spain is a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say that I don't know too much about Spain, but I do know one of my Chicago Bulls is from Spain, Pau Gasol. Oh, there you go. Joined Chicago this year. Pau's my guy. One of my favorite punch-out characters is from Spain, right? The Don Flamenco. Don Flamenco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what a stereotype that character was. <laughs> my God. Who's the Street Fighter Spain character? Vega. Okay, yeah, there Vega. You go. yeah, the Wolverine ripoff. Uh, yeah. But he only had uh, two claws. At least he's a little more of a badass. He's like Phantom of the Opera meets Wolverine. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> he's so pretty. Don't hurt my face. Oh, he's got those. Oh, don't hurt my face. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was really funny. I remember laughing at that in the arcade. <laughs> um. Good pop, bad pop this week. Do you guys want to move on to that? Yeah, let's do it. Drop All it. All right. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to good pop, bad pop. 
eventually add on. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched, read, or whatever. And uh, we like to rate these things. Uh, so here on Pop Culture Leftovers, if this is your first time listening to the program, uh, we do have a unique rating system, and we want you to be familiar with it. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Slow fucking week for news, guys. Really? Yeah, dude. I mean, with holidays and shit, you know, and it's probably going to be even slow this week with, like, the New Year and stuff. I don't know how much we're going to get released and stuff like that. I was hoping for an uh, Ant-Man trailer. I was surprised that we didn't get at least one trailer to talk about hit on Christmas. I really was. I think I, I think, uh, I think, think the Ant-Man trailer, me and Frank, we were talking about this. I think it's going to be dropped during... Uh, Agent Carter. I do. Right. If they can sense. hold it that long. I, I honestly I think they can now. I think I think uh you know with the uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron leak, they were gonna press they were trying to find out whoever did it and they were going to press charges. Mm. Like I thought like this was planned. Like, yeah. oh it's an accidental leak. No, they were going to press charges. So I think hopefully they put a little fear into whoever leaked it. Yeah. Hopefully they can do it right this time. At least I, it didn't hurt them. It actually probably generated more buzz because of the leak. Yeah, I mean, it's the most watched trailer. No, the Star Wars is definitely the most watched trailer, I think. But I think it did, I, I, as, I, as far as like the second most watched trailer, I think that's got to be Avengers Age of Ultron, right? Yeah. The Star Wars thing's goofy cause, because they didn't release it on YouTube right away. Like the Avengers, like the numbers are all wonky. Like it's most likely is the most watched trailer yeah. but they don't have those like concrete numbers like yeah. all the like Jurassic World and Avengers 2 both got right uh, but yeah slow news this week so uh, I got what I could I think we got some good shit this week though I do yeah well we got some extra stuff to help yeah. flesh out this episode going on too yeah you made a call to 911 when you were a kid right Frank yeah yeah I did too have you ever made a call to nine one one? I've never made a call to nine one one. I made a legitimate call to nine one one once. Oh, well, the other one was a prank call. Oh, gotcha. Oh, I have made a legitimate call to nine one 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 time. Yeah. yeah. So, Frank, you pranked them, right? Yeah. Yeah, me too. How old are you guys talking? I think um, I was like twelve. It was me. And, oh. It was me and Jason when we, <laughs> when we were doing the when we were uh, Jason from the podcast. Yeah. yeah. When we were kids, I think I was twelve, and I called the. I called the 911 operator and I was like, like, you suck and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And we were laughing and like, <laughs> I hung up and then she kept calling back and like, we started freaking out and shit and like ran outside and stopped answering the phone and right. we got in trouble. So yeah, I was, I was actually 14 when I did that. I, 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 I can't remember if I told you before, Jake or not. It was, I had a uh, snake mountain. Oh yeah. 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 I've heard and this I called story. them up and told them that I I'd swallowed their soul, some shit like that. <laughs> I'd love to get that tape now. And hear it. No, I know. I know. We, we should call him and be like, "Can you go back into your files? Yeah. We'd like to pull the Frank Hammer Snake Mountain oh. audio." He was probably sitting there holding his hand over the phone, like, "What the fuck?" That'd is be this? great if it like showed up on like. Remember when Shatner was doing Rescue Nine One One? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this week, <laughs> you know, and Shatner's talking about Frank Hammer from his fake call, but. uh Let's see here. Um, David Helens. 
a 25-year-old Englishman called 999, the British equivalent of 911 here in the U.S., and said that his friend had been shot in the chest and, in, and was bleeding out. Oh. He goes on to talk to the operator for 12 minutes, and then he starts screaming that he, too, was being attacked. Holy shit. They dispatched, they dispatched uh, two ambulances to his home, and then they found out that this dude was completely fine, and there wasn't a friend being, you know, there wasn't a friend that was bleeding out or anything. He probably Appar- didn't even have a friend. They found out David Helens had been playing Grand Theft Auto V and had gotten confused. <laughs> now he remembers nothing of the call. What? So this dude is playing Grand Theft Auto V. All this shit was taking place in the game. He calls 911, has him on the phone for 12 fucking minutes, saying his friend's bleeding out. Then he's getting attacked. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Yeah, it is. Do you think, what do you, what do you, what do you think this is? This guy's 25. What, 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 what do you think's going on? And he's not doing it like with friends and shit over. I mean, you think, I mean, he's there by himself. You got, you got, is this guy is on he drugs? Tripping balls? He's yeah. gotta be frying on Maybe something. he's playing multiplayer online. He can. And he's talking, maybe he doesn't, maybe he legitimately like butt dialed 911. Yeah, that could be. And Cause the stuff that you're saying that he said sounds like the kind of stuff you'd say in a multiplayer battle in a game like that. Why didn't Especially he explain that? Why didn't he explain that to his attorney then? Well, if you want to do but, how do you butt, anyway. is there a 911 button on phones? Like, uh, you know, cause like even in order to do like, when my phone times out in order to do the emergency call, you know what I mean? I have to select emergency call. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and if you butt dialing like on a touch screen, like most of those react from heat. Like well, the, if you got an iPhone, I don't know, man. If you're sweating, if it's against your skin, it can do that. I had that happen. Before. So this guy's sweating against this. It's a lot. That's a know. lot, man. I know. That's a lot. Well, I, the only reason why I suggest it is because uh, emergency is a listing under on my contacts on my phone. Yeah, and I've accidentally called my sister before. I could have just as easily went to that, I suppose. But I mean, yeah. It's a, it sounds like it's a he's lot. having twelve minutes. It sounds like he's actually having a conversation with them. Oh wow, That's, that is kind of hard to explain. Yeah, away. some back and forth and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then he doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember it. Yeah, he had to be tripping balls. So in the court proceedings last week, Helen's pleaded guilty and received a twelve-month community order. Oof. He must perform one hundred and twenty hours work unpaid and will be supervised. As to his behavior for 18 months. Bloody hell. Yeah, wow. I'm gonna tell this guy to stop playing Grand Theft Auto 5. No shit. Stop playing like my, my little pony friendship is magic (laughs) or something, dude. Don't, don't be playing Grand Theft Auto 5 anymore. Right. Yeah, and and lay off the drugs. Lay off the drugs. It's gotta be drugs. Come on. It has to be. How else could you have the the 12 minute conversation with the guy and then forget it all? Exactly. (laughs) Some people take those things really fucking serious too because they got their own economies and shit. Like they'll give extra money if you log on on a certain day and stuff. And some people can go nuts if he's one of those, man, and he was fucking drunk or stoned, you know? Yeah, it very well could be. All right, guys, speaking of video games, there's a new Kickstarter for a video game. Where you can play as Kim Jong Un. Oh shit! And you can ride a narwhal. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with the narwhal? Is it a tank? The narwhal is an animal. Oh. It's the unicorn of the sea. Hey, you guys have seen the narwhal, right? No. It looks like a looks like a big fucking like manatee or a not a manatee. 
like a like a dolphin with a fucking like uh, unicorn. It's got the unicorn uh, horn on it. What do they call those? Um, a, what do they call a unicorn horn? Yeah, uh, a, a horn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if there's like a, like a like a fucking fantasy term for it. This thing. Yeah, the narwhal. Wow, it's a real animal. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, it's a real animal. Holy fuck! I did not ever see that before in my You've life. Never seen a narwhal. It's no. like sea Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah. It's Good like Lord. those Robotech guys that Brian was talking about. <laughs> their extender arms. Can you imagine narwhals having sex? Oh, Whoa. There's got to be tons of stabbings. Good Lord. <laughs> Dual stabbings. <laughs> yeah, narwhal domestic dispute calls are the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are kind of gross. My little narwhal. <laughs> but you can play, uh, it's the game, it's called Glorious Leader. And it's a satirical game, and it looks pretty hilarious. It's a 16-bit video game, and it just looks like a ton of fun to play. So you run around as Kim Jong-un and take on the entire American army. Good Lord. But apparently Kim Jong-un can talk and control all animals. So on certain levels, you can ride a unicorn and on a narwhal. Wow. <laughs> so you've got like like the unicorn levels, and then you've got like water levels. Nice. No desert levels? I don't know if there's a desert level. I mean, that could be, but like, if they get enough people to like support the game, I'm mm-hmm. sure they can have additional levels. I love that they're making so many of these new games in the classic, like, 16-bit pixel yeah, style. Yeah, I, awesome. I love seeing that. It's awesome. I, cause I love those old games, dude. I really yeah. do. Did you see the, um, this is a little off topic, did you see the uh, 16-bit community episode they did a few years ago? No. Oh, you should no, see that. I heard about it. Yeah, they do a whole episode in Super Nintendo graphics. There was a series on Comedy Central for a while, too, uh, called Code, uh, Code Monkeys or Code Masters. Oh, Code Monkeys on G4. Yeah. I mm-hmm. loved yeah. Code Monkeys. That was yeah. also an 8-bit and stuff. Yeah. It was 8-bit. Yeah. I loved Code Monkeys. They were programmers. It was funny as hell. Oh, such a, thank you for that memory, Frank. I fucking love that show. I fucking miss G4. It sucks that they too. reformatted. I do, too. I miss it. Does it even exist? No. no. Um, it, the, G4 like went through a transition, then it went away, and now it's the Esquire network. Oh, yeah. what is, is that men's network? It's yeah. basically if like the Spike network took a shit, <laughs> which is basically like shit taking a shit. Wow. It's that bad. <laughs> it's incredibly bland. It's, uh, they show like cops all the fucking time. <laughs> you know cops is not on Fox anymore? No, I didn't Fox know is on the Spike network now. Huh. Yeah. New episodes of cops? New episodes of cops. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, back to the game, you get different weapons, like machine guns, flamethrowers, bazookas, or WMDs. There's, un- <laughs> there's unlockable characters, and I think one of them is Dennis Rodman, because I know for a fact he's in the game. Uh, there are boss battles, like in the old 16-bit games, guys. I love that. Uh, cool. One where you fight the Statue of Liberty. Nice. <laughs> and I think you shoot it enough, and, like, the face comes off, and, like, you can see, like, it's like a, got, like, a Terminator skull behind it with, like, red glowing eyes and shit. This That's is awesome. amazing. And there's a boss battle where you fight Seth Rogen. Oh, oh nice. shit. <laughs> yeah. That's bad as hell. So what platform is that available on? Is it like on Steam? Check it out. Check this out, okay? Oh, it's a Kickstarter. It's oh. a Kickstarter. Check this out. But I also saw one more boss battle. I think they're, they're going to do this. I saw what looked like it's a cinema scene, and it looks like Obama in a TIE fighter, like Vader. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there might be some Kim Jong-un space battles. Oh, that's so good. Uh, it's $15 for a digital copy for your PC. Okay. Uh, for $120... You can get a cartridge. 
the creators of Glorious Leader are working with Hyperkin to have cartridges made for the game that will work with Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis consoles. Oh, shit. Oh, that's beautiful. The cartridge will come with the manual printed in the case, just like in the old school games. Nice. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. No, they do not. So, oh my god, if I had 120 bucks to blow and I really wanted to play as this jackass running yeah. around, that's awesome. Fuck. But for 15 bucks, if I want to play it on my PC. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if it's a hit, it'll be on iOS and it'll be on Android Play yeah, or Google Play. It. I didn't check and see like how it was doing as far as like, uh, you know, people backing it. Last time I checked, I think it was like on Thursday, they had like 94 backers or some shit. And uh, they're they're going for the gold. I mean, they're going for like I think like fifty thousand, oh, yeah. wow. fifty five thousand. Uh, they they aren't even close to that. The last time I checked, so this <laughs> this is not like Levar Burton saying, "Hey, I'm bringing back Reading Rainbow." Right. Yeah. <laughs> so people, you know, people aren't uh, trying to get this made so much. But uh, looks like it's a it looks like a fun game. It looks classic sixteen bit guys. Yeah. Fuck yes, I play that. And like- check it out. Definitely like when uh, when you get home and and you're just settled in, you know, go to Kickstarter. Uh, Go to Glorious Leader. They do have a video of the game and the gameplay. It's pretty funny. Like, you can control him on the narwhal, the unicorn. Uh, there's even le- levels where, like, he's riding on the back of a missile, like, headed towards, like, the U.S. You know, Holy you shit. can control the missile and shit. <laughs> That's over the top. It's awesome. That is over the top. That's crazy that they're making the uh, – I'm blown away by the cartridges. That's you, cool that it's both Super NES and Genesis. I love too. it. You can yeah. get uh, – so, like, the patents and shit on those machines have worn off. So now a bunch of third-party manufacturers are making them to where they're compatible with Play-Doh Is that things. what Hyperkin is? Uh, it could be. I don't know what the parent company is, but, like, you can see them at, like, they got the Genesis ones at Kroger here in town for, like, 39 bucks. We need to make a 16-bit pop culture leftovers game. That would be awesome. Oh, Kickstarter for the P- – yeah, for PCL, the game. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You're, you're, and it's not, it's not us. I don't know if you, do you want to play as us or do you want to play as like members of the leftover army? And like, we're like, you know, like, we're like, uh, we've been captured by like almost like a Donkey Kong character. Oh, I like that. TJ like Lamb, yeah. TJ Lamb <laughs> has kidnapped us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's no podcast. There's been no podcast for like months because we have been captured. So it's up to like some of our listeners, like Anderson Aruda and David Isaac and, you know, Mark Perillo and some of these guys to like rescue us. And you can choose which one and they all have different abilities and stuff like that. And like, uh, um, shot, you can like power ups are like shots of UV vodka. Holy nice. shit. I was thinking they could have the gotcha bomb. The gotcha clears, bomb. Clears the whole screen of it. That, that could power your mana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why do I not think that Dan West is the perfect fit for the wizard? Oh yeah, total wizard. <laughs> I, li- I like the idea of a PCL game. Let's get someone. That's Where's cool. the Kickstarter for that? Yeah, oh, that'd shit. be fun as hell, dude. <laughs> yeah, our- we're only going to be on Intellivision and ColecoVision though. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because iOS is a little too impersonal. Nobody'd want to touch me. <laughs> uh, nobody wants to touch. You, I know, Frank. right? Um, Okay, uh, I've got a few more things, but uh, I wanted one of you to bust in with one of your good pop, bad pops for the week. I wanted to blab about, um, in the last couple weeks, I have binge listened to the Serial Pad podcast. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, Have you guys heard about this at all? I have heard about it. You actually told me about it first, but since you've told me about it, People have been talking about it on Reddit. You know, the SNL uh, sketch. Saturday Night yeah. Live had a sketch. Um, I've heard other podcasts talking about it. 
Um, so yeah, tell us about uh, the Serial Podcast. Well, first and foremost, before I even start talking about the podcast, um, it's just really great that um, this has brought just the word podcast so much popularity. Like it's really like as a podcaster, you know, like we are. This is really like taught a lot of people, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but when people ask me about the podcast, usually the number one question is, what's a podcast? Yeah. Or, or is it like, like a radio show and all that kind of yeah. stupid stuff? You all know? my family thinks I go play music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's nice yeah. to all you play is MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> this is really like blown open the door where a lot more people, you know, it's become more social. Like the fact that there are these things called podcasts and that it's like right. a form of entertainment. So yeah. right off the top, I I really like that. It's um, it's a spinoff of This American Life, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it's like a weekly show where they just kind of do like investigative reporting and not all just investigative reporting but just like stories where they interview and talk to people but it's kind of a spinoff of that but it's um 12 episodes and that's all there is there's going to be a season two but it'll be something completely different but basically it's just follows a case where this guy was convicted of murder and you kind of try to figure out whether he did or didn't do it through a series of interviews real that, quick can yeah. i interject um and didn't the murder happen in a Best Buy parking lot? N- n- the murder could have happened in a Best Buy parking well, the, lot. Well, the real – this is based off of a real murder. Yes. And didn't the real murder happen in a Best Buy parking lot? Allegedly. Okay. There's like, a lot to do about whether or not it happened at a Best Buy parking lot because okay. um, there's a lot to do about a phone call being made from a payphone that was at the Best Buy okay. that never existed at the Best Buy. Hmm. So even yeah, pay for, do payphones even exist? Wow. Well, the murder happened I mean, in 1999. Like, right. so, like you guys didn't even know a fucking narwhal existed, and now like <laughs> younger listeners are like, "What's a payphone?" And that's one really interesting thing about this is that it took place in 1999. And so just like at one point they're talking about um, how the guy was on the phone on purpose, like calling the weather hotline just so his m- mom wouldn't hear when a girl called on the phone. So he'd get the call waiting beep instead of having uh, the yeah. phone ring. And just oh. hearing that made me like think, wow, yeah. like this is, it's a whole different time. Even back in 1999, yeah. it is, I remember doing all kinds of stuff like that. Remember um, 1-800-COLLECT commercials? 1-800-COLLECT yeah. commercials. Yeah. You know, I was watching like the season, um, the se- the mid season finale of Gotham today. Cause uh-huh. I, I had totally missed it. Cause I lost everything on my DVR. So I found it on the Fox app and like, Bruce is trying to make a phone call at a payphone, and I'm and he didn't have any coins on him. I'm like, dude, just call collect, <laughs> right? You know, like, like, do people even know what that is anymore? Right? Yeah, they had ten, ten, two, twenty, also. Exactly. Yeah. Remember the fucking carrot top commercials? Oh yes. <sighs> oh gosh. But yeah, so anyway, it's it's Baltimore, 1999. Um, her name's Haley. Um, it's a high school kid. It's like a high school couple. He's the ex. She disappears, they find her dead body, and then the ex-boyfriend gets accused of the murder and sentenced, you know, for life. Yeah. And he still claims he didn't do it. The host of the show actually talks to Adnan, the person that's been sentenced, every episode. And it's really fascinating. Just one of the most gripping things I've ever listened to. I heard that they had permission from the family of the murdered girl to go ahead and do this. Yes. Or the, and, uh, and did, 
is this do you think that this something like this could reopen the case it already seems like that it, it is it, it's going back under review for uh-huh. some certain things and it's really opened up some <clears throat> possibilities that we may actually find some truth out to all of this interesting but um i have listened there's 12 episodes i've listened to 11 of 12 i haven't oh, wow. listened to that very last episode yet but i'm not really expecting any closure in this type of thing you know i'm kind of going in you know, I already know because it's a real life thing that he's still in jail and hasn't been exonerated or anything. Right. So I'm not expecting like a definitive answer to whether he did or didn't do it by the end of yeah. it. But I implore um our listeners and you guys to at least check out the first episode of this. It is a fantastic listen. I just subscribed to it last night. I haven't had a chance to start listening to it. How yet, long though. are the episodes? They're only about forty five minutes. I think the first one's like an hour and the rest are all like 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. And there's only 12 of them. I mean, there's never been a podcast more suited to the term like binge watching yeah. than this podcast. So like, this is like the Game of Thrones of podcasting. Yeah, that's a that's a wow. That's a good thing. It's it definitely like it's called serial because it's like a serial like right murder possibly or whatever yeah. but i think it, it's also like plays on the fact <clears throat> that it really is like a 12 part right. serial drama so now our listeners have something good to listen to they yeah. can stay they can stop listening <laughs> to this fucking yeah piece but of that shit. shit's only 45 minutes what are they going to do the other five hours you got a good point gosh <laughs> <laughs> i guess you could listen I, to cereal six times eat, eat, some, <laughs> eat some holiday pies watch guardians <laughs> of the galaxy there's a lot you can do but yeah, and that um, you brought up the SNL spoof. Um, yeah, the yeah. SNL spoof. Um, for for everyone I know that's listened to Serial, thought it was just hilarious. Everyone I know that has not listened to Serial uh-huh. said, "Huh." See, no, I, even though I haven't, like yeah. I followed the the news yeah. with Serial, so I got it. They they really um, it's it's once you hear it though, you need to rewatch the sketch because they right. really nailed like the nuances of the way a lot of the characters speak yeah. um ad bryant doing the prosecutor's voice on the phone and everything was just a dead ringer for that sing-songy really? pro- it, it, yeah it was nice. so funny so well done okay i know you've been ch- kind of championing the show like in a text message with me and you know i was thinking about downloading it but i was like do i need one more thing that i gotta listen to well see and i got my friend um Aaron to listen to it, but yeah. he's had the exact same thing. He's like, listen, I listened to 30 other podcasts already. Yeah. I don't need another podcast. Yeah. I said, listen, this isn't a commitment. It's 12 episodes, yeah. and then you're done. It's not the... Once you listen to one, you'll be blazing through the rest, and it's not going to just keep building up and building up to right. the point where you never listen to it anymore. Yeah. You, you listen to the 12 episodes, you get out, you're done. Yeah. Maybe six months from now, we're listening to 12 more episodes. This doesn't sound like a podcast. Like when I listen to podcasts, like I'm cleaning in the house and stuff yeah. like this. This sounds like something I just want to kind of be like, I, I need to sit down and listen to this. Like almost like they did back in the 30s. They gather around the radio and listen. Yeah, very much that kind of thing. Um, you know, I listen to a few episodes while grocery shopping, to be honest. Really? So, so it's not, it's not too, you can kind of just listen and do other you, tasks and stuff. Yeah, it's very, it's very easy listening. Yeah. Um, they do a great job in producing it. The music's fantastic. She, she narrates the whole thing very well. So like, if you're not like all caught up in the legalities of all these ty- types of things, she mm-hmm. makes it, not to be insulting, but she really dumbs it down for even people like me right. to where you really can follow all the ins and outs and the nuances of all the really crazy legal stuff going yeah. on with this guy. It, it'll blow your mind. And the Best Buy stuff is crazy. Yeah. Did you see the Best Buy got in trouble actually for uh, making a Best Buy? The corporation tweeted out that you can get all your uh, cell phone needs at Best Buy, but they don't have pay phones. 
And then um, I did hear about that, but I didn't hear about like the actual tweet. But I heard that they were getting some shit over. Yeah, something. and they had to take that down because everyone thought Best Buy was promoting murder. To uh, oh. but I, honestly, I thought it was a pretty funny tweet actually. Yeah, and it's like. The only people that got it were people listening to Serial. Yeah. And, I mean, Serial, in some ways, is... Like, so it doesn't sound like Best Buy is, like, fighting Serial. Like, no, like, no. Best oh, Buy no. was, like, championing. Yeah. Well, basically, they were like, you know, thanks for the shout-out, even though yeah. it's about there was a dead body in our parking lot. So, but, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating show. I mean, I almost feel of, like... I listened to the 10 episodes in like a couple days and then mm-hmm. I listened to episode 11 the next week and I'm kind of like afraid to listen to episode 12. No, do it, Because man. it'll be over. It's yeah. like, oh, no more cereal. Hopefully it's better than the season finale of uh, Grace Point. Oh, really? Uh, I heard that was a big stinker. They changed the original ending from Broadchurch. I need to watch Broadchurch because I heard like the ending there was just like amazing. And then Grace Point was such a huge letdown for me. Yeah. Wow. I heard no season two for Grace Point. Too. No season two. Yeah. It was, oh man, those last few episodes were just kind of like a chore. I, I, I thought it started off strong and then it lost me. So sad. Um, did you have any more? No, that's, a, that's, that's a, about it, yeah. Frank, how, how many do you have? Uh, well, I was going to maybe talk about the interview, too. And I know Frank... Yeah, I want you guys to talk about that. I watched it. Yeah, because yeah. I got some movies that I watched this week, too. I wanted to um, read something here real quick. Uh, an article I, I want to read from Yahoo Movies. I thought it was pretty fucking bizarre. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read the article. It's the best way to do it. According to The Mirror, 25-year-old Rory Curtis suffered a brain hemorrhage after he crashed into a lorry and then was hit by six cars on the M42 in Tamworth, Staffordshire, back in August 2012. It was when he woke up six days later that he thought he was the Texas native 45-year-old Check this out. In my head, I thought I was Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) What? Curtis told his nurses at Queen Elizabeth Hospital. When I went to the toilet, I went to look in the mirror, and I was shocked because I didn't look like him. I didn't know what I was looking at. Then slowly over time, it eventually clicked, and I thought, he is an actor. What am I on about? He continued. (laughs) But at times, I was in the hospital thinking, I can't wait to get out of here and back to filming movies. I was convinced I was him, that I had his good looks as well. I know it was hopeful thinking, really. Even stranger, Curtis spoke French to the hospital staff, which he hadn't done since the ninth grade. After his brief imaginary stint as a Hollywood star, Curtis miraculously, miraculously recovered and was able to go home after two months where he completed months of rehab. He says, the, the accident changed my outlook on life. I can't leave the house now without telling everyone I love them and giving them a hug. I know with a click of your fingers it could all be over because life is fragile. There's no point in wasting any time. Fucking crazy. What a bizarre story. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about like shit like this though? Like what fucking like comas and like these blunts, like these traumatic blunts to the head yeah. can do to people? I remember watching like Unsolved Mysteries years ago and these people that were born here in the US, they'd get like hit in the head with something, you know? Yeah. And the next thing you know, when they wake up from like their coma, they're speaking with a British accent. Yeah, that's crazy how it, like, jump starts the brain. Yeah. Weird. Like you said, he was speaking French, and he hadn't done that since ninth grade or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
Fucking crazy. Dude thinks he's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's wild. I wonder, like, you know, when he came out, I wonder if, like, he had, like, all of Matthew McConaughey's, like, past thoughts. Like, his, like, childhood and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or it was, like, you know, like, how do you put together that that persona in your head? Like, I am this guy. When all you've really seen him in is, like, movies and, like, stuff he's done. I mean... I, I can't see him like being Matthew McConaughey. Like, what's he gonna do? Get high and fucking bang around on bongo drums? Because, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know what Matthew McConaughey Mc- even does exactly. day to day. Right? Exactly. Yeah. D- did he have like Matthew McConaughey's childhood memories, or just like a fabricated version of that in his fucking head? Yeah, the guy's not even an actor, so he doesn't even know like what the day to day life right. of a normal actor is, let alone Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Right. So what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like when he looked at his phone, he was like, "I don't know any of these people." Yeah, what are Where's all my projects? Yeah, <laughs> where's Renee Russo's number? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was a bizarre story. That is bizarre. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here, uh, Frank. What do you got, man? Uh, aside from the the interview, which we're going to talk about later, I guess. Yeah, uh, you guys are going to talk. You can talk about it in good pop, bad pop, but whatever you got now, right? Uh, over Christmas, uh, both the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live were shut down by hackers. And uh, oh, is this is this going to be you going get, being giving like your uh, grumpy old man speech? Well, no, I was just talking. Uh, there's damn like, them, uh, sort of. All right, <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's what this is for, Frank. I'm not giving right. you shit. All right, yeah. Um, after about a day and a half, uh, Xbox Live came back up. After the uh, hackers ceased the denial of service attacks, but uh, Sony remained down clear until I think it was this morning or this afternoon. I couldn't get on. I couldn't do jack shit, and it's kind of bullshit because with these new systems, even games that you don't have to utilize online aspects for, like Dragon Age Inquisition or Grand Theft Auto Five, you can do multiplayer and shit, but you don't necessarily have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, those were unplayable as well because they force you to connect to like origin servers with Dragon Age. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's complete garbage. Like my PlayStation 4 just sat, couldn't do anything. You can't even really get on, uh, Netflix or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, because as soon as you try to access your account, it would just say it's offline. So. Yeah, it was kind of bullshit. And I know there's a lot of people that listen. Uh, David Isaac gave his son a Xbox One yeah. for Christmas. And I, I didn't see him say anything about not being able to get on it on the first day. But uh, and like I said, they were up, you know, the 26th in the afternoon or something. But the God. Sony thing, that's ridiculous. I mean, for those that pay for a uh, PlayStation Plus membership, it's a paid service that they're Locked out. Get of. angry, Frank. Yeah, I'm giving you a toss it right now. Well, I, I had, get angry, damn it. I had this happen to me one time before with uh, Microsoft. My uh, my account got hacked. Yeah, and I, I that wasn't a little bit of time. That wasn't a couple of days. That was damn near six months. I remember that. Yeah. I was actually back on Facebook when you were do- talking about that. Yeah. I uh, couldn't believe how long it took them. Somebody from Russia hacked my account and stole it, and they tried to drain my bank account. And, wow. Uh, yeah, it was notifications from the bank that got me to see that what was going on. And uh, they put it in uh, for a lost and stolen account. And a lot of stuff anymore is downloaded to where you don't have a physical copy. And even way back with the 360, I started doing that because I had the bigger hard drives. I mean, mm-hmm. you pay for this shit, it should be yours. 
well, okay, so my account was locked down until they could get shit straightened out. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't play any of the games. I couldn't do any of it because all the digital licenses were gone. And after, uh, I think, the fifth month, I started looking into other avenues about how I could get it taken care of. And there was one guy that had a similar problem. And the minute he started uh, threatening a call to the Better Business Bureau Mm -hmm. and actually filing a complaint with them, did some kind of action take place. And sure enough, I I called. I told them I was going to call the Better Business Bureau. And then I provided the Better Business Bureau their information. And it was two days later that I got contacted from some vice president of something saying that I would have it back on within a week. And they did. And they gave me... uh, I think three three months of Xbox Gold, but I mean it sucks because now you, with these systems you can do nothing. I mean at least then I had the disc and I uh, I wanted to play something online or, or on the system without getting online. I could. Yeah. I just didn't have very many of those. Uh, most of my shit was downloaded. Now it doesn't matter if you have the disc or not. You can't even fucking play it. Yeah, it's crazy in today's day and age. Like, you buy a brand new video game system, the first thing you gotta fucking do is connect it to the internet, internet, and system update it. Yeah. It's like, when I bought the Wii U, I came running home and plugged it in and turned it on just to get it, so it was updating. Like, I still had to, you know, do some stuff before I was gonna play it, but it's like, God, I don't wanna sit here for an hour and a half and watch it update when I just bought the damn thing. Right. I think it's funny because it was at E3, not this past year, but the year before, when Sony uh, knocked Microsoft's dick in the dirt with the PlayStation 4 coming in at cheaper, and they even made that funny YouTube video where they said, here's how you share games, and it's one guy literally handing it to another. Yeah. Because Microsoft had advertised that they were going to do all digital rights management and shit, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. you had to have it connected to the Internet at all times. Well, okay, so... You're not saying it had to be connected to the internet at all times. It just happens to be that every single game made for the fucker, you gotta hook it up online or else it's unplayable. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these things too, you buy them and day one, there's an update that you gotta do like you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Day with, one. With the games, it's because they're not finished. They're shipped unfinished and you have to do that first patch in order to fix it. A lot of people who got, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity recently. Yeah. Saw that firsthand. You could, they got little YouTube clips of, uh, videos of people who, in the game, they like, have no skin. You can yeah. just see the muscles in their eyes and their teeth. It's fucked up. Yeah, that is fucked up. It's and, crazy with the patching, how they can just patch over and over and over again all these mistakes. Right. And I could even live with that if it wasn't for the fact that when something on their end goes down, that we're the ones who are fucked over it. And First world problems, I man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of money wrapped up in that shit for some people. Sorry, kid, and fucking uh, that third world country with the fly in your lip and the bloated belly. <laughs> oh, shit. But daddy can't play his Assassin's Creed. Uh-oh. I can't update my Wii U. God damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, really. Dude, I'm that soapbox asshole. Knock me off my soapbox, Frank. I'm not giving 60 cents a day. I'm not paying the price of a cup of coffee. So I'm just a big hypocrite. So fuck me, right? I'm just thinking of like David Isaac with his kid. You know, he put all this money into this Christmas gift that, you know, you want to set up and let him play the first fucking day. And what's he get? A big fuck you from Microsoft because they can't lock their shit down. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, big paperweight that first day. no shit. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine Xbox One is the same shit. You probably can't even play the thing until you do your first system update. Exactly. So you're fucked. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't play anything at all until that one came up. Yeah. And then Sony, like I said, was down until this morning. 
But that's bullshit because, you, I mean, you, it's a paid service and you're, lo- you're locked out of it. It doesn't matter if they were hacked or not. They should stand up and do something about it. Like, you know, some people need some kind of compensation. I'm not saying me, but like all the people whose Christmases were close to potentially ruined. 20 years ago, we're blowing in cartridges, and <laughs> now here we are waiting on their ass. You yeah. know what I mean? Blowing in cartridges, at least, like, you could do that. Like, it was a, you know, problem yeah. solved. Right. Yeah. <laughs> at least you had control over the matter. Yeah. yeah. How much is one of those? Did those go down in price this year real quick, the Xboxes and the Playstations? Not the Playstations, but the Xboxes did by a significant amount. Yeah. Uh, they started off at four ninety nine, and now you can pick them up for three fifty. Yeah. But you don't have that Kinect piece of garbage, but who needs it anyway? How much is a PlayStation 4? Uh, three ninety nine still. Okay. And if anybody needs to try to make a decision of the two, I would have said Sony up until this shit, but I'd, w- I'd wait and see what they do about it. Fuck them both. Get a Nintendo. <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, go on eBay, buy a Sega Genesis. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. We're going to talk about some movies. I want you guys to talk about the interview. I'm going to talk about two real quick. Yeah, talk, I, talk about some movies first. I watched, in the past five days, I watched four movies in the theater. Holy shit. So another, yeah, another four out of five. Did you get a steady diet of popcorn? Uh, you know, I don't do that. I don't, I don't do any of the snacks there. Oh. Smuggle shit in? I, uh, I smuggle a, a, a drink in, but I don't eat the, I don't eat the theater food anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm really hungry, then I'll get nachos. What's the, what's the most fucked up thing you've ever smuggled into the movie theater? Uh, the most fucked up thing? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I've, I've taken, uh, I've taken like, I've, Sonic hamburgers and cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've taken hot sauce in there Holy before. Shit. Yeah, I took a whole steak and shake meal in one time. Yeah. Chili three-way and all. Yeah. yeah. I haven't done anything that extreme. I just brought my Starbucks with me once. Biggest mistake ever. One time I brought a giant size bag of Lay's potato chips. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did not think about that beforehand, how loud that shit was going to be. the crackle of the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the bag was so, it was the bag. The bag was so fucking loud. <laughs> you shit. You shouldn't like to put like a Pringles canister down the front of your pants and just claim that you had elephantitis of the cock. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Pringles canister in your pocket? Or are you happy to see me? Come on, hey boy, you want to frisk me? <laughs> Once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> exactly. Oh, shit. Um, uh, let's see here. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. No, it. that's great. AMC theaters—they serve like chicken tenders and stuff like that. So really? I figured like I could get away with bringing like a whole meal in there because like yeah. people got chicken tenders and French fries and stuff like that. At the end of the day, it's like some sixteen-year-old kid that doesn't give a fuck. Usually, yeah. Stay like I, I go in with big gulps from the fucking gas station, and they don't yeah. say shit to me. Well, shit, dude. I went and saw uh, what was it? Uh, Rush Hour Two. Uh-huh. Okay. People, dude, I think half the theater was fucking drunk. It was like opening night, dude. <laughs> yeah. I had fucking like gin bottles rolling down on the floor underneath <laughs> me, beer being spilled, dude. People don't give a shit. Yeah. So, especially theater employees, they don't care. Yeah, exactly. Some 16 year old kid that isn't getting paid, you know, nothing but minimum wage. Right. <laughs> They're like, I don't get paid enough for this shit. Um, I watched uh, Unbroken. Uh, the new film directed by Angelina Jolie. Nice. Uh, here's a description of the movie. After a near-fatal plane crash in World War II, Olympian Louis Zamperini spends a harrowing 47 days in a raft with two fellow crewmen before he's caught by the Japanese Navy and sent to a prisoner of war camp. It stars uh, Jack O'Connell as Louis Zamperini, 
Domhnall Gleeson, uh, who's going to be in the new Star Wars, The mm-hmm. Force Awakens. He's, he's Phil. Garrett Hedlund as Fitzgerald. Takamasa Ishahara as Watanabe. And Finn Whitrock. Uh, you'll know him. He played Mac. He is uh, in a American Horror Story, um, the, uh, the, the rich kid from American Horror Story. Oh, oh, oh. The, that lives with his mother. Yeah, the one that's with the evil clown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dandy. Yeah. Dandy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was thinking, you know, honestly, I think that he would have been cast, if he would have been cast as Lex Luthor, that'd be a good casting. I think that's great casting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this Unbroken, it's based on a true story. Um, the movie, it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's it's not Heart's War. Yeah. You it's, were really excited by the trailer, I yeah, remember. I was. I love World War II stuff anyway. <clears throat> uh-huh. Anything based on a true story from World War II, you've, you've got my coin. I mean, I went and saw... What was the James Franco fighter pilot movie? I know it wasn't World War II. I think it was World War One. Um, but I saw that in theaters. Was that uh, Tiger? No, you're, you're you're thinking of the George Lucas movie. Oh, um, this was uh, I think it was called Tiger something. I can't remember. Whatever. But um, th- this is not Empire of the Sun. This mm-hmm. is not Hearts War. Um, it's, uh, I'm going to give the movie a taste it overall. Okay. Uh, it's not as bad as the critics are saying it is. Um, you can kind of tell that this is Angelina Jolie's first crack at directing. Um, I think had this been done by like, uh, a more seasoned director like Clint Eastwood doing this, I think it would have been a lot better. Okay. Um, I also think that the casting wasn't 100% great. Um, it also could have benefited from a better musical score. Um, Mm. there are scenes where, uh, it's supposed to be very impactful and because of the musical score, it just did not hit you. It did not have the weight that it should. That's a big deal. Um, like I said, the casting too, some of it's suspect. Um, the Japanese actor who played, uh, uh, Watanabe was not my favorite actor in this movie at all. Uh, he's kind of the villain in the film and, uh, He's this Japanese sergeant who's a real piece of shit, and he abuses his power. He makes life for these prisoners hell. And I know it's a prisoner of war camp. It's supposed to be hell, but, like, this guy takes it one step further. But um, I just don't think that he's a, a very good actor, hmm. in my opinion. Um, or maybe he wasn't directed too well. Maybe a little bit of both, huh? Yeah, but you got you got Donald Gleason in there who did a pretty good job. Um, the main guy who played Zamperini was okay, but yeah, maybe it does come down to Angelina Jolie because I do think she held back. Um, the the I think she held back a little bit mm-hmm. on on. She was really good on the uplifting stuff, except for the musical score. <laughs> She's not responsible for that, but you know I think she could have had better input on it. Was there anyone notable doing the score? No, I I couldn't tell you. Okay. I couldn't tell you who did it. Um, I think she held back in this movie. Uh, as bad as the treatment they received, it, it, it wasn't as, um, I don't know, it wasn't as horrible as I think it could have been sh- shown in the movie. I think she held back, and I, I don't know why. Um, the conditions, uh, I think it works to the film's disadvantage. Um, I'm going to taste this movie. I would recommend that people rent it unless you're a huge fan of World War II films. <laughs> then, like myself, you know, I, I think maybe you want to see this in the theater. But it's not something it, – it is an uplifting story. You do get to see the real Zamperini at the end of the movie. And uh, it's an uplifting story. It's, it's an amazing story. 
I don't know how much was fabricated, but um, I enjoyed it. When they were out to sea and they had uh, these sharks circling them, that was just crazy. I mean, not only did they have to worry about, like, dying from, like, heat exhaustion, not having water, not having enough food, but they've got these fucking sharks circling them the whole time. There's a scene where a shark jumps out of the water, scared me half the fucking bad. <laughs> and then the Mac guy, the American Horror Story guy, uh-huh. starts beating the shark with an oar in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he's exhausted. You know what I mean? But I, I, some of the, I think that's where the movie was really good was the 47 days that these guys spent out at sea. It was like, wow. Wow, I can't believe these guys are going through this. So was he good, Mac? In he the was movie? very good. He was very good. Um, must be, I guess, for you to say Lex Luthor on him. Well, you know, from what I've seen him in, in uh, what I've seen from him in this, and from what I've seen him in, in like American Horror Story, he kind of plays the same kind of yeah, slimy slime. Yeah, he's a sketchy dude. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But but uh, he can be charming as well. Yeah, he can know? play on the level and be yeah. charmy. But yeah, yeah there's yeah. something going on there. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to give this a taste it. Um, next movie I wanted to talk about, and then I want you guys to talk about the interview. I went and saw The Gambler. Okay. I was going to go see Into the Woods, and I actually actually sat down. I was actually going to watch Into the Woods. I'm in the theater getting ready to watch Into the Woods. Yeah. And then uh, one minute in, Anna Kendrick starts singing, and I'm like, I can't do musicals. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> I'm out of here. I can't do it. And I know a lot of people like this movie. And I really wanted to see some great fantasy shit, you know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> as soon as Andrew Kendrick started singing and shit, I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm out. I'm out. I can't do it. I can't listen to singing. I can't do it. <laughs> not not in any movie? No, dude. I Even when I was a kid, dude, like, I couldn't listen to, like, like the, the Disney movies when they started singing, yeah. like in Mary Poppins and crap. Oh, I love that shit. I can't. I, really? I was never the kid that sang along. I was, like, always the kid that was like, God, stop singing. Bedknobs and broomsticks. I was like, stop singing. Get back to the fucking cartoons and shit. Oh, man. I hate the, I never sang along with any of that stuff. None of that stuff. Stay I away really, from Frozen. I had a fucked up childhood, though. I didn't even believe in Santa Claus when I was a kid. I think that's part of my problem. I can't, like, remember a time where I believed in Santa Claus. So that's wild. Yeah. So yeah, you, you weren't going to handle into the woods then. Yeah. No, I can not do into the woods. I was like, I was in the woods for about a minute and then I, <laughs> I was like, uh, let me follow the breadcrumb trail out of this fucking thing so, or, or the popcorn trail. So I was fucking out of that shit. So what I did was I got up, walked out of that, walked into the theater, the auditorium right next to it, which was the gambler. So gambler stars, um, Mark Wahlberg. Mm hmm. And uh, this is uh, a remake of 1974's Gambler with James Caan. Okay. Um, and uh, I've never seen the original, so I had nothing to base this on. Uh-huh. Have you seen the original? Uh, yeah, but it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never seen the original James Caan Gambler, so I? I, had, I had nothing to, like, you know, compare this to. So this might, that might affect my rating. I don't know. But uh, it's not Rounders. Okay. It's not rounders, and I loved rounders. I love rounders too. Um, would you Tupperware rounders? Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. Malkovich is great in that. I loved Malkovich. The whole Oreo scene. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It's not rounders, um, and I was really worried about this because they cast Mark Wahlberg in this as a college professor. <laughs> okay. And guys, we remember how believable he was as a scientist in Transformers oh Four. My God, <laughs> or an astronaut in Planet of the Apes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not convincing. No. And I thought to myself, this guy should not be playing 
a professor. I'm like, oh, God, this movie's going to suck. Oh, my God. Here we go again. Mark Wahlberg as a college professor. All right, bring it. So class is in session. So I'm here, and I'm listening to him, and he's talking to these kids and shit. (laughs) And at first, I'm just thinking, God, here he is. Here he goes again, trying to sound smart, trying to sound smart. And as he keeps going with this whole speech, and he's having this speech about, like, who in his class should be there and who's just wasting their parents' money, he's saying there's only one genius in this class, and he keeps going on and on and on. And I get lost in the dialogue. I get lost in the dialogue because it's that good. Wow. And Mark Wahlberg really stepped up in this movie. He's not Matthew McConaughey, but he stepped up. Um, this was a huge step up for him. Which he, he does occasionally. Yeah. This type of role, though, was what I worried about. Yeah. I like a lot of his other stuff. Uh, what was he in? Uh, he the, stands out in The Departed to the me. The Departed, yeah. but he wasn't playing. Yeah. He was playing a, like a <clears throat> cop or a detective. He wasn't playing a college professor. <clears throat> yes. That's yes. what I'm worried about, is him playing like these really cerebral guys <laughs> and – he just doesn't come off like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's no Russell Crowe, Matthew McConaughey, yada, yada, yada. Exactly. A lot of his stuff is Brooklyn typecast, too. You're right. Ted and... You're Alan. right. You're right. I agree. But uh, throughout this whole conversation that he's having with his students and getting really passionate about it, and uh, I started to just forget about everything I was thinking and started getting lost in the dialogue and the speech that he was given and how he didn't skip a beat... It reminded me of the performance that uh, Tom Cruise put on in Magnolia, which mm. I thought was fan- not f- fantastic. Mm-hmm. He reminded me a little bit of that character um, in this. Now, this character suffers from uh, he's addicted to gambling, and he's not a really good gambler. <laughs> He'll be up like eighty thousand and lose everything, and Holy and shit. and he owes you know like fifty thousand plus twenty percent to like uh, like uh, this group of the mafia. Uh, he owes, uh, the, like, the Korean mafia, he owes them, like, $240,000. And then on top of that, he's, he owes John Goodman's character. His name's Frank in the movie. Thought you'd <laughs> like that. But he owes him, too. So he owes these guys, like, more, more than a quarter of a million dollars. What's he gambling on? What's his game of choice? He, he's blackjack, and then he'll also play, uh, what's the game? The roulette wheel. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what he, that's what he's playing. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna give this movie a taste it, mm. uh, and and the taste it is for, and it's not an action movie. There's like no car chase scenes. There's mm. no, there's really no, not a lot of fighting. There, there's a scene where Mark Wahlberg gets his ass handed to him, but other than that, it's not an action movie. It's really dialogue driven. It's a character driven story. Uh, it's really really good. It's a, it's a taste it. I, I and I'm gonna give it because of Mark Wahlberg's acting, nice. uh, just his performance. It, it really surprised me in this movie. Uh, I don't, I don't think that you have to see this one in theaters, but if you do, um, just know that you're not going to go in there and see like a, a Michael Bay explosion movie. You're, <laughs> you're going to see something very character driven, uh, great dialogue. So I'm going to give it a taste. That yeah, you compare it to a to a Rounders. That that really makes me want to check it out. Yeah, it's. I think Rounders is a little bit. Uh, it's better. Rounders is the Tupperware because um, I think you're getting better performances overall uh in that movie um you know malkovich like you said dane's really good norton's really good 
this movie, it's a strong movie. Um, definitely rental worthy. So yeah, I'm gonna check that out. I, I'm a big poker head, so I like I like blackjack movies. I, I was yeah. a big fan of Twenty One too. Twenty One. I, I don't. It was the it. Kevin Spacey movie about the MIT blackjack team. I've Never c- seen it. I've caught bits and pieces you of should, it. I got it on my DVR. You should check that out. Kevin Spacey plays the professor, yeah. and he teaches his students about probability, and they go basically run the blackjack tables. I have seen this movie. I've seen it just the one time. Very, it is a very good, very movie. good movie. I I Tupperware it. It took a lot of critical heat, but and when I saw it, I was kind of blown away by how mm-hmm. much I liked it. Yeah. You know how sometimes a movie just gets raked across the coals. Yeah, you watch it, you really enjoy it, and you kind of question yourself. You're like, wow, what the heck? You know, everyone hated this movie, but I I quite enjoyed it. it I like being in a club of people that like a, a movie that isn't critically uh, received well. Oh yeah, me too, yeah. me too. But sometimes yeah, I'm just blown away by it. Yeah. Like I don't even understand. Well, like, Ghostbusters did not do well critically. Oh but- no, yeah. If you look up Ghostbusters on on like IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes yeah. now, you can read all the bylines from all the original reviews, and yeah. they just piss all over it. Right. It's hilarious. Right. So right. yeah, but yeah, twenty one, great movie. Yeah, nice. You guys wanted to talk about the interview. Yeah, um, can we take I, a quick break, real quick, before we go oh, into all that? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we can take a quick break. Awesome. Yeah, we know Jake's back. Quick breaks. <laughs> you know, cooking. Yeah, you. <laughs> Pork chop sandwiches. Oh shit! Get the fuck out of here! What are you doing? Go! Get the fuck out of here, you stupid idiot! Fuck, we're all dead! Get the fuck out! My god, did that smell good! You detect it! There's no going and you tell me do things! I done running! G.I. Joe! All right, hey, we're back. Uh, Jake, Frank, you guys got a chance to watch the interview. I have not seen it, so you guys are going to talk about the interview. Yes, uh, I watched the interview last night. Frank, it sounds like you did too. Yep. Uh, quick summary. It's um, directed by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, written by Dan Sterling and Seth Rogen, um, stars Seth Rogen, of course, James Franco, um, that was pretty much it, right? They're pretty much the principal actors, just a bunch of um Yeah, you've got uh Randall Park who played Kim Jong un. Okay. And uh Lizzie Kaplan who played Agent Lacey. I've seen her before, I just can't remember what from. I recognized a cameo by uh John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation in there. Oh you did? Where? R- running the control room at the very beginning. Oh I missed that. That yeah. would have been awesome. Yeah, at the very be- in the first like five, ten minutes there's a Jean Ralphio ca- cameo there. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, the plot is uh Dave Skylark and producer Aaron Rappaport run a- run the celebrity tabloid show Skylark Tonight when they land an interview with a surprise fan, North Korean dictator Kim Jong un they are recruited by the CIA to turn their trip to, I can't even say, Pyongyang into an assassination mission. So, yeah, you know, everyone pretty much knows the plot to this movie at this point. You know, it's been such a story. I mean, you guys talked about it last week and everything, so. Yeah. What'd you think about last week's episode, Jake? <laughs> loved, loved every second of it. You know, I, it's the first episode I listened to twice, actually. 
For real? Fuck no. He didn't listen to one single second of last week's I, episode. I Tupperware last week's episode. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I don't need Tupperware. You guys got it running smooth without me. I don't know why I even show up. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah, anyway, watch the interview. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am going to load... <laughs> I would love to see like that was all the vowels there are. So, so like like so, like Roper reviews a movie. Yeah. How does he actually type that out? Bobcat Goldthwait. I'm like literally like forming my final opinion. Like right that was like that was like me like crafting it. Like what is it gonna be? Jake's always on the ball with stuff. Like I get an email message, a text message from yesterday. Is the Tupperware's this episode or is it next week? <laughs> like, oh, it's it's next episode. I got one day to cram. Let's yeah. do this. I was making sure it wasn't the, it wasn't the day before that I had to figure everything out that I could still wait until a whole other week till the day before to right. figure it all out. Right, right. You're still going to do it in that time frame. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like the ultimate in procrastination management. I just wanted to make sure. Oh, man, I, now I'm off the rail. <laughs> I'm going to low taste this movie. Um, I thought... Like, comparing it to Pineapple Express and This is the End, like, it's the worst of those three movies, in my opinion. Like, I don't know what Frank feels, but I I like those movies a lot better. Those movies are actually both Tupperwares, in my opinion. And and this, I don't know, it had its moments that, like, I watched it last night and I thought it was kind of stupid. And then today, I thought about like three or four parts, and they kind of made me laugh while I was working today. Right. And I was like, eh, maybe it was a little bit more funny than I'll give it credit for, and I was just being kind of like grumpy when I was watching it or something. But I don't know. It just never really hit me. Like It was never really hilarious. Gotcha. Um, I, I admit I was uh, chemically altered at the point in time that I watched it. Uh, I was having some beers. So... Um, Anyhow, I, I, I kind of had the feeling that Seth Rogen would want you to be kind of fucked up when you watched it. Yeah. So I figured that's what I would do. And I liked it. I, I, with how they presented everything, it made it seem like they took one really big idea for a Saturday Night Live skit and then had like simple topics, got screwed up on drugs or something and then just kind of like ad-libbed and that's how they wrote it but i liked it that way if you took every scene as if it were a topic they were told to go you know just ramble on about because there's quite a bit of that uh i'm gonna taste it but more on the high side yeah i can't give it a tupperware just because there were a couple of those scenes uh early on with Seth Rogen, and I noticed myself starting to drift, my interest. Uh, but they weren't very long, fortunately. And then I'd get brought right back in it as soon as those two were in the same room together, Franco and Rogen. Yeah, that, I think you make a good point comparing it to Saturday Night Live. Like, it, it definitely felt like it was a bunch of separate sketches instead of, like, one cohesive movie unlike the other two movies that they did. It That's re- what critics are saying about this movie. Really? It just seems like a bunch of like different jokes that they threw into one movie and then just kind of pieced it together. Like like there could have been like 
two, three more hours on the cutting room floor that oh, they shit. didn't use. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, exposure to a lot of this kind of sketch comedy stuff, uh, like with the birthday boys, uh, it kind of gives you a new perspective to watch a show on instead of having to take it as an entire set piece all at once. Yeah. It, if, if you kind of just break it up and isolate it into its own little sections and look at those from their own, you know, point of view, which is what their perspective is at the time. I liked it. Yeah, see, I'm a huge fan of sketch comedy. Like, I'm a huge SNL fan. But I don't think, like, if you, if I look at this movie that way, it doesn't make it any better. Like, I, what was the best sketch of the interview? Like, I don't even know. Like, there was never, like, a standout sketch or a standout comedic beat or, like, I don't – it was just – it didn't really hit it for me like like the previous movies did. Sure. And, and if it would have, I think it probably would have put it in the Tupperware mode for me. But it, the the fact that the stuff that they would get hung up on was just silly. Like it was almost like Seinfeld a little bit where they would like argue about nothing inconsequentials aside from the big issue. Yeah. Franco was at his like most over the top like of the three movies in this one. And I guess a lot of the laughs were just meant to be played off the fact of like how good of friends he became with um, Kim. And I'm supposed to just laugh at that, and that just never got me. You know, them playing basketball together and hanging out together was never, like, nothing ever really hit for me. Is like, I'm really cracking up over this, you know? Sure. I mean, it, it was really just hit or miss. Uh, the the bits where they were they were doing that, that was where I was already kind of in the mindset of, you know, it being like a bit piece. And i I got why they were trying to go so far over the top. It was just ridiculous every aspect of the whole thing is just crazy, so I don't know i mean it 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 was funny, but not you know I wasn't rolling the entire time to the point where my sides hurt. It had its funny moments. it wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination, hence the taste it yeah, it definitely has some really funny moments that I would watch this movie a second time. It, uh, but it's I don't like it as much as Pineapple Express, and this is the end. That's definite. Sure. I mean, there's a couple of bits about it. I don't want to you know, say them and spoil it for those who haven't watched it yet or those that intend to. Yeah. But uh, there's, there's one scene where uh, they get a special package, and they have to figure out where, it got, where to hide it. And I, I think that was kind of funny. But, uh, you know, some of that toilet humor, that's right up my fucking alley. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You can you can stick. You can not see this in the theater. I think you can definitely wait for video for this. You're not you're not getting anything special seeing this in the theater. Yeah, you are. You're getting the satisfaction that you're standing up for the United States. Oh, that's geez. what you're getting. It's fucking patriotism. I think that's the only reason to see it in the theater. It's bombing anyway, guys. Really? It made a, it's made a million dollars. Really? Yeah, forty-four million dollar movie, and it's made a million dollars in the theater. I don't know what it's made. If that's total with video on demand and all that I, stuff, I think there's a lot more <laughs> with that. I heard it's breaking records for downloads from YouTube. Okay. Yeah, but theater-wise, it's made <clears throat> it's made a million. Right. I I watched it. I purchased it on uh, Xbox Live. That's how I watched it. Jake, how'd you see it? Um, <laughs> I'd rather not say. <laughs> oh, <right>. And <laughs> that answers that question. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> But yeah, that's how I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. I mean, it, here's the thing though. I, I probably wouldn't have gone out of my way to see it, you know, if it hadn't been for all the controversy and all that about it. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I put my money behind it in some way because I want to be able to have the right to say that I liked it, that I didn't have to love it. You know, I, 
it, it was worth watching. I'm still going to see it in the theater. I'm going to yeah. see it in the theater. Well, uh, way to make me feel like an asshole, guys. Oh, no, sorry, man. <laughs> no, I'm going to put my coin. You know what I mean? I believe that the, I believe, I don't, it's not like, I believe in Rogan and Franco. <laughs> no, I believe that, I believe in freedom of expression, and that's yeah. what I'm, and it, it's really not, it's not even patriotism. It's just freedom of expression that I believe in. Yeah, they kind of fucked up the whole thing. I, I think, um, they'd have made way more than a million if they wouldn't have given, like, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, this was just a big publicity stunt so they could make more money. When that's not the case at all, no. I think. I think they really lost a lot of money because of all this happening. Yeah. Right. And that without all this, there wouldn't have been the video on demand release. It yeah. would have had a natural release. It wouldn't have been yeah. leaked all over on the internet. Yeah. Right. I think it would have opened to a strong, like, eight to 12 million its first week. Yeah. And, made that 40-something back. I think it's probably going to grow, actually, its next week in the box office, because you got to figure there's a lot of people who were scared that they were actually going to be walking into a bomb situation. It's not in every theater, Do you theater, think that's though. really true? Do you think people were really scared? I, I, I bet you'd have people who wouldn't go because of it. Yeah. I, they wouldn't go to see any movie. I feel like the same person that wouldn't go because they were scared by that is this exact same person that wouldn't go see that movie. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, ask ask somebody. I don't know. Ask somebody in the Midwest, but then again, ask somebody in Colorado. Right. You yeah. might get two different responses. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, um, you know, I just remembered another movie that I watched today. What did you see? I watched, uh, and I'll get it back to you. I watched your copy of Lego Movie. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um. Didn't really care for it, guys. You what? didn't care for Lego Movie? No. Wow. It's a cute movie. It's a cute kids movie. Yeah. I'll give it. A, I, I'm going to give it a taste. It just for a cute kids movie. It's nothing I will ever watch again. Huh? Ever. Oh, it's one of my favorites. It's I, a Tupperware for me. Yeah, that's really cool. I just didn't really, just didn't really hit me, man. I, I, I love the Disney Pixar stuff. Yeah. This just did not really get me in on any level. I just was like, ah, okay, it's cute. I don't know. I mean. And I, I, there's maybe like a couple things that I laughed at, but I just really didn't enjoy myself as much as everybody said I would. Wow. Oh, I, th- yeah, I thought wow. Will Ferrell was really, really good as the bad guy. And it was funny, like he kicked the old man off at the, toward the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Batman's a total douchebag. I, which I just thought was really hilarious. No, I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, the voice acting's phenomenal. Yeah. I love the, um, Londo Han thing going on there in the Millennium Falcon that really made me laugh. <laughs> Chris Pratt was the dude, yeah, the main character. Yeah, no, I'm glad you guys liked it. I just, for me, it was just not like there was times where I was like, oh my god, is this over yet? Wow, I, I'm sorry, I just didn't. No, that's okay. just didn't just really had... didn't really hit my funny bone or anything like that, and <clears throat> I don't know. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. It's nothing I would ever watch again. Like I can I can rewatch Pixar over and over and over again, except for like Cars and shit, but. <laughs> But I mean, this just wasn't one of those movies. I thought it was a cute kids movie. Like I could watch it with a kid, maybe appreciate it more if they're laughing and shit. Yeah. But me just sitting there watching this, I was just like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, it's on HBO like the last couple of months, and I've probably watched it like four more times. Huh. Yeah, it's, I love it. I I, I thought it was really cool how the whole movie's really pretty much just the kid playing his imagination. Yeah, the twist ending is really fun, yeah. but I just think it's really charming and funny the whole way through. Like, ah, oh, great stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being generous with my rating, honestly, and I'm just rating it as a kid's movie, so. Are you um, a big Lego guy, though, in general? I grew up with Legos. I love Legos. I don't collect Legos now yeah. or anything Lego now, but um, no, I just, 
I mean, I don't. I don't know with the Disney Pixar stuff. Like, uh, I don't collect anything Disney really, but I yeah. still love those movies. But it's not as visually stunning as the Disney Pixar stuff by any means. The Lego Movie, I don't think it's it's creative like, though. But it's 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 cre- it's not visually stunning, but it's creative how they do it. I mean, yeah. you've got this whole world built by Legos and and moving parts and things like that, and it's different, so it's creative. It's just, I I don't know. I mean, it, it just wasn't my type of kids movie that I enjoy. Yeah. So I hear you. On there there's a few parts that I like though. Yeah. I don't know. I love Batman's song that he made for uh Wild Child. Did you catch that? Where it's like the the song he plays on the radio where he's like, My parents died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the one that was the one funny thing I thought. I thought that was pretty funny where he talked about uh yeah, his parents died and that was cool. They left me money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I'm in the minority here. Uh I know most people loved the Lego movie. Just yeah. It wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, I can't wait for Lego Movie 2. Me either. It's fun. I won't be watching it. <laughs> See, there's a, like a whole Lego culture. There's uh, Lego video games that are really hot and popular right now. David Isaac, he's into that Batman 3 with all the characters and stuff. And they're silly, just like in the the Lego franchise for that brand is just, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. I could go. I love the Lego video game franchise. That's a whole other can of worms. I uh, went and saw Wild with Reese Witherspoon yesterday. Oh, yeah? And um, uh, it's been a movie that I've been wanting to see for quite a while, based on a, another movie based on a true story. Um, it's about uh, a chronicle of, a, of one woman's 1,100-mile solo hike undertaken as a way to recover from a recent catastrophe. Um, she plays a very, very damaged woman in the movie. Um Mother died, uh, terminal illness, like cancer or something like that. I don't know if they said what it exactly was, but, mm-hmm. you know, they gave her a year to live and, you know, the woman played by Laura Dern and Laura Dern is fantastic in this movie for the time she is in it. Um, and then, uh, after her mother died, she spiraled into a deep depression, which affected her marriage. She started to, you know, take drugs, got into heroin and, uh, started to cheat on her husband with many, many partners. Wow, this sounds like a real popcorn flick. <laughs> it's it, it's a very deep story. It touches on a lot of different things. Uh, but they do a great job of not only showing like the journey of the character, um, but the journey while she's actually taking the trail. It's the Pacific Crest Trail. And um, it's a trail that a lot of people attempt and a lot of people drop out because it is very trying. Um but I like how they set the movie up. You'd have her on the trail, and then it would go to a scene of her, like in the past, and dealing with like her childhood and and how her mother raised her and her brother as a single mother. Um, and then it would jump ahead and show her back on the trail and like what she faced on the trail. And I mean, here's a woman that hasn't done like a lot of like camping. Were you going to say something? But that's a cool storytelling device. Mm-hmm. And as she continues to go down yeah. the trail, you keep right. doing flashbacks yeah. to time. It's a great way to tell the story, um, and I, I absolutely loved it. You know, uh, Reese Witherspoon, um, probably the strongest performance I've ever seen her in. Um, she, I don't know if she's ever going to get any better than this. Before this, I, she's never really impressed me in anything. Um, I always thought to myself, Reese Witherspoon could be a TV actor. Yeah, I loved her in the um, 
Johnny Cash flick where she's June Carter. She was good in that. I forgot about that movie. She was good in that. She was also in Cruel Intentions too, wasn't she? Mm, yeah, but that was not. Yeah, a great but she movie. wasn't good. <laughs> and that's a complete remake of a better movie called Dangerous Liaisons with John Malkovich uh, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Walk so, the line. That's the name of that. Walk the line. Yeah, she blew yeah. me away in that. She was good in that. She was really good. I think that part was like made for her. Yeah. Um, this movie, yeah, they could have cast somebody else in this movie and maybe they would have done a better job but Reese Witherspoon I think she really impressed me in this Oscar buzz for Yeah, this? oh definitely. Uh-huh. Definitely. I think I think so. Um I, I don't know exactly what it's been nominated for one Golden Globe uh 25 nominations. I don't know what all they are for, but um it's it, it's it's a really good movie. Um there's there's some cool cameos uh, the lead singer of Everclear, I recognized him. Wow. And he was a tattoo artist in one of the flashback scenes. Wow, that's a blast from the past, yeah. Everclear. Yeah. Well, they went, he went broke. Oh, I'm sure. The guy spent all his money on drugs and shit like that, oh, you know, damn. that well, he you, made in the 90s. You could only write the same song so many times. Oh, I love Everclear. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Not, I'm not ta- no, I'm not talking <laughs> about their main stuff. I'm talking about B-side stuff. Their, uh. their B-side stuff is phenomenal. It's all right. really good. I'll take your word for it i'm just going by all the top 40 stuff no i'm not none of that stuff i'm talking about their b-side stuff i'm a huge fan of their b-side stuff um but uh yeah it her on the trail is amazing she meets a lot of interesting people um (laughs) one of the people that uh her name her name in the movie is cheryl strayed and the actual cheryl strayed plays a part in the movie oh wow which i thought was cool um if you want to watch a movie where somebody like overcomes like a bunch of bullshit in their life and goes on this journey um it's a it's really cool that this woman it took her like over three months to do this and uh she's out there for alone a lot of the time but like she became a legend on the trail and uh it's awesome definitely check it out Uh, i'm gonna give this a tupperware um it's it's really really good i I did not know if i was gonna give this a tupperware as i'm watching the movie Mm -hmm. But I will definitely watch this again. Hmm. I will definitely watch this again. Um, the final movie that I saw, I saw it today, was uh, Tim Burton's Big Eyes. Oh, I really want to see this. And, um, yeah, it, Tim Burton's Big Eyes, it's the uh, new Amy Adams movie. Uh, it's got Christoph Waltz. And um, I was really, I was kind of worried about watching this movie because mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot from Tim Burton lately that I've been a big fan of. No, who has? Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. There might be some Tim Burton fans out there. Uh, it's a drama about the awakening of a, of the painter Margaret Keane, her phenomenal success in the 1950s and the subsequent legal difficulties she had with her husband, who had claimed credit for her works in the 1960s. So basically, that's that's pretty much it. And it, it starts off like this... Uh, I had no idea what to expect. It starts off as like this... <clears throat> This really wonderful romance that she has between Christoph Waltz, and yeah. I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, Christoph Waltz, you're you're really selling me as a romantic lead. You're you're great." And then he becomes probably one of the most despicable people in any movie ever. And nice, he's good at that too. He's great at that. And um, I'm not going to get into this movie too much. I'm just going to tell you to see it. It, it, oh. it is a Tupperware. Nice. It is phenomenal. Um, you know, you can tell that it's Tim Burton, but it's not too Tim Burton-y. 
Yeah. You can still tell, though. You know, just like the way you can tell a Wes Anderson movie is a Wes Anderson film. Yeah, I just got excited when I saw that it was a Tim Burton movie that wasn't some kind of franchise. Well, this is what he needs to do. Yeah. These are the movies that he... See, the thing is with the with the directors, though, I think a lot of the times they do the franchise flicks is because they know they're... They're gonna they're gonna be able to pad their pockets, and it it lets them afford to do things like this. But the problem with him is it's just too few and far between. Exactly, yeah. he kept doing franchise after franchise after franchise. This though, based on a true story, which is a really compelling story, um, he excels. Th- these are the types of movies he should be making. This is nominated for three Golden Globes. Um, this is a great movie. Uh, I Tupperware it all the way. The, Amy Adams is fantastic in this movie. Uh, I love Amy Adams, too. I, I like her a lot. Um, and then Christoph Waltz is, is just phenomenal. Uh, Tupperware Big Eyes. Man, what this what she goes through. Um, I loved every scene in this movie. Every step that they took us on, I loved it. There's not, there's not one thing I'm going to say, I didn't like that, I didn't like that, I didn't like that. The story sucked me in. The fir- on the first go around on this one, maybe I can watch it again and nitpick. Yeah. But on this one, no, I was invested the whole time. Movie fucking magic. Yeah. Huh? At, at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, I, I I was by I was by myself watching it. But at the end of the movie, I wanted to stand up and clap. It's it's one of those great movies. It's nice. really really good. Yeah, I, I'm so excited. It's like not since Big Fish have I been excited, I think, for a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, uh, I love Big Fish, and in my opinion, this is better than Big Fish. Oh, I'm super excited. Yeah. Cool, I'm down yeah. to watch. You definitely want to watch this one. Frank, I was so happy to get a text message from you this week that you finally watched a movie that I've been championing. Yeah. Um, even though it was the the typo was pretty funny the way it came through, Frank <laughs> Did was you like see that shit that came after what that after that after the fucked up name. Like look, through, you'd have to look through your messages. There was uh-huh. another couple of text messages I sent to you on accident instead of my wife. Oh yeah 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 that shit was funny. Fuck. Should I, should I so, read those? Well, uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. This was as I was like drinking well, to get myself in the mindset of watching. Okay. What did you watch? Well, that was when I was according to, to Frank, watch. he watched a movie called Wolf of Walleye. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking autocorrect. <laughs> that sounds like a fucked up movie. When yeah. have you talked about that? It was Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, he was asking for that. I'm being the straight guy again. He was asking yeah. for that recipe, and I was getting it back to him. I sent him a picture of a meme that came from uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Because I told him I had started watching it, and I didn't tell him I got to finish yeah, he goes. He go, you know, He sends me. A, he sends me a meme from Wolf of Wall Street, and um, yeah, it's it's the picture of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio trying to get into the Lamborghini all fucked up off the uh, lemons quaaludes, and it says uh, getting into the car after training legs. And I go, have you seen the movie yet? Because like I've been wanting you to watch this. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Wolf of Walleye? Question <laughs> mark. And he goes, fucking autocorrect. Wall Street. LOL. And he goes, yeah. Oh my God, Margot Robbie is perfect. And I said, I'm more interested in Wolf of Walleye now. <laughs> and he goes, LMAO. And then Frank goes, as many hookers he had in that movie, there was plenty of fish. And I go. As long as I don't have to see Jonah Hill's fish stick again, I'll watch Wolf of Walleye. <laughs> and he goes nasty. 
We're supposed to talk about something before news, Jake. What are we going to talk about, Chief? Oh, we are going to have our gift exchange, our pop culture leftovers secret Santa. Why didn't we do it before Christmas? Because I got sick and fucked up and couldn't make last episode. Yeah. You know what? It's never too late to exchange gifts. No. But it's still not 2015 yet, and it's the episode right after Christmas, and we only see each other once a week anyway. Yeah. Technically, this episode is closer to Christmas than the last episode would have been. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Everything's right. perfect. Listen now. to this guy. <laughs> I'm good with it. Of course you are. Yeah. Gosh. Whatever. All right. No, I'm fine with it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's all wrong. Take everything but, back. <laughs> I'm sure Frank was wanting to exchange them like right at the get go. Oh God, yes. Frank's been man. dying to exchange these gifts. Yeah, man. Me on I the other hand, I'm like, I told Frank when I got here, I was like, we're doing the gift exchange at the end of the podcast. I don't. I got. I'm making you nuts. wait, man. Yeah. I'm making you wait. Brian's like that parent that makes you wait to the last minute. I uh, uh, open gifts, yeah, dude. I I remember like when I was a kid. I remember one year I woke up at like three in the morning, <laughs> and I I woke my parents up. I said it's time. They sent me back to bed. But as I got older, like in my twenties and shit like that, dude, I'd sleep until noon. They they literally have to wake me up. Oh yeah, <laughs> to get gifts. Yeah. You know what I mean. I was up until like 5.30 prepping the turkey and cooking and shit because mm-hmm. I slow cooked it. So it was going to go the rest of the way overnight. And uh, the wife let me sleep in until 10. It was driving my kid nuts. <laughs> this Christmas? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. 10 a.m. That's brutal. That's no, that's okay. That's five hours. I can function on that. Oh, I meant for the kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, daughter not so bad, but my son, oh, yeah. That's torture. You guys ready to move on to some news? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, Secret Santa later. Secret Santa later. Yay. It's not really a secret, though. I got no. you a gift, and I got you a gift. The secret, we don't know what, what we got each other. Right. I'm looking, though, and I can't remember what ones I wrapped. I don't think I'm I marked know, I know what. I know what's what. Okay, I've seen so many fucking presents the past week. Nah. I know what's what. Okay. All right, guys. Yeah, time for the pop culture leftovers and news. Alright guys, in quick news, Star Trek 3 is being released on July 8th, 2016, and we have an official director. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not Jonathan Frakes. Yep. It is, however, Justin Lin, who directed Fast and Furious 6 as well as some episodes of True Detective Season 2. Deadline broke the news. Um, you know what? I'm going to ask Frank. Frank, you're the only one here that's seen Fast and Furious 6. Yeah. Now, I mean, is there... Uh, let us know. I mean, is, is there some good that can come out of this? Only good that could, really, is if they can be tackling the Klingons, because... He did a good job of setting up a good action sequence. So, I mean, that uh, could good. work out. A uh, uh, good action. One good action sequence? A couple. I mean, the, the movie itself kept along at okay rate. But, I mean, this is, I mean, I still think it's a toss it by far. Really? Yeah. This guy's a studio robot, in my opinion, too. Yeah, like, I, I toss this director. Fast and Furious. He, he, I don't know how we can, t- I don't know how. I can understand you tossing it, but have you seen anything this guy's directed? No, I have not. Not that I know of, but I mean, it's just, it's Star Trek 3, man. It's, I, sh- 
this guy's done one Fast and the Furious no, movie he's and done, two um, True Detective episodes? No, he's done some episodes of True Detective Season 2. He did uh, Tokyo Drift, uh, and he also did uh, Fast and the Furious number 4, which was the film that actually rejuvenated. The, the franchise was right. dead. It okay. was dead. Okay. It was dead. And he did Fast and the Furious 4. It rejuvenated the franchise. Um, I'm going to freeze it. I mean, I have never seen this guy. I've never seen any of his work. Um, I stopped. Uh, I watched Fast and Furious and Fast and Furious Two. I have not seen oh. any since then. Those are the probably two most r- ridiculous ones. See, that's the thing. I've heard they've gotten better as yeah. they've gone on. And uh, you know, uh, say what you want. Fast and Furious Six was very profitable. Oh yeah, it did really well. Yeah. Also, another thing that I'm going to take away from this guy is he's not used to. He's not. He's very used to working with an ensemble cast. Yeah, you, you've got a lot of different pieces in there, diff- different actors in the Fast and Furious that you've got to work with. He's used to working with an ensemble cast, and I think that could possibly translate well into the Star Trek movie. I feel like a lot of the characters have been left on the back burner. I think that last movie was mostly a Spock Kirk centric movie. We got some cool scenes with Simon Pegg and and things like that, but I think this guy might be a little bit better than Abrams was in the last one, working with a bunch of different really cool pieces because there's some good actors in the Star Trek movies. Yeah, I agree Zoe with that. Saldana, they need to capitalize on her more. Right. You know what I mean? She was in one of the hottest movies, probably the hottest movie this year, in Guardians of the Galaxy. So hopefully this guy will be able to direct all these different pieces and we'll get a good movie. I'm not going to bash this guy just because it was a Fast and Furious film and he's going to Star Trek. You know, I mean... I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna freeze this one. I'll be that jerk though. Um, <laughs> I. It's just like I mean, I haven't seen the Fast and the Furious stuff, but it just seems like the sensibilities of a Fast and the Furious movie don't like. I agree with the ensemble cast thing, but the guy has no experience in like these real big effects laden movies, and you know, True Detective is like. Noir. He's got more experience directing than Orsi does. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Orsi can write these movies. Orsi's been around a lot of science fiction stuff, though. Orsi's been around for a bunch of Transformers movies. Orsi's been around for a bunch of Fringe stuff. And he's been around for The Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2, which, in my opinion, weren't the best movies either. But still have more of the type of scenes that are going to give you experience to do a movie like Star Trek. Well, both the third and fourth Fast and Furious movies, I mean, they did have some over-the-top, like, action sequences where the visual was used. It, eh, some good, some bad. I mean, it, some of it has to do with like believability. In one, uh, I think it was the beginning of Fast and Furious 4, uh, uh, Vin Diesel, Dom, and uh, shit, I can't remember, Michelle Rodriguez are uh, going downhill and they dodge a tanker truck that's exploding. He like slides underneath it. Hmm. it it's it's over the top it's meant to be it's meant to be though right but i i don't think i want so much over the top with star trek <sighs> yeah that's the thing see that i gotta freeze this one i have to freeze this one <laughs> i mean i don't know how this guy's gonna perform of course i would rather have jonathan frakes okay right. I'm, 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 I, of course but on the flip side i don't know what justin lynn's gonna do with star trek I think about the only thing that would be good is, like I'd mentioned, if they're handling Klingons and it is an action-oriented movie. Then it could be all right, but I wouldn't expect any character development or great big overarching plot lines with this. What's up with the well, screenplay? He's directing it. He's not writing it. What's up with the right, screenplay? Is, is Orsi still writing it? No. Orsi, uh, he confirmed he's not writing the movie uh, at all, like in the first two uh, movies. 
contrary to some reports. Some reports are saying he's still writing on writing the movie. Um, he will only serve as a producer, and that's been confirmed by Orsi himself. Uh, I think he went to StarTrekMovie.com and posted that personally. Hmm. So he, he's not writing anything for the movie. He's you know he's going to be uh, listed as a producer. So we have no confirmed screenwriter at the moment. Not to my knowledge. Okay. I was just thinking that they kind of know what they're buying into, and that would kind of tell you the direction that they're looking to go. <laughs> be ships on fire ramming into each other. <laughs> you know what? Though some of what some of that is probably what they need. I mean, Wrath of Khan's still my favorite. I think in the first Star Trek, that's kind of what J.J. Abrams was able to do was kind of bring some popcorn fun to the Star Trek franchise. Yeah, make it give a little bit of Star Wars flavor. You diehard Roddenberry fans, diehard yeah. Roddenberry fans hated it though. They were like, okay. Can I get a little Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, in my Star Wars movie that I'm watching here? Uh, exactly, exactly. You know, and and uh, I liked it because it brought in a whole new type of uh, viewer to the Star Trek universe. But it's not classic Star Trek. I right. mean, it's action. It's not science. Definitely, it's way more in the vein of Star Wars than Star right. Trek. At least yeah. the first one. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of the problem with the second one. Is it more tries to appease to everybody? Instead of being more focused, you know, and being a fun popcorn movie, it tries to be a little bit more Star Trek, and by almost directly aping Star Trek stuff. And yeah, really- you still ha- you still had scenes though. I mean, you still had like the the whole like him uh, taking out every Klingon on that moon, and then mm-hmm, yeah. and then you had the whole scene where they're like jumping out of the spaceship and doing like a halo dive into that other ship, and they have to get into that, you know flying to that little hole and right oh i'm not saying it was without scenes but it was a little bit more like on the star trek side than the first one they allude to it oh we're gonna go on our mission but they never really you know what i mean yeah i don't know i don't know it's yeah it's not as uh it's not as star warsy as the the first one because i hated it i don't want to compare it to the original trilogy (laughs) at all because it was a pile of horse shit but yeah i don't know i it's I, I can see why you'd freeze this. I'm just gonna toss it because I either way I, I don't even think this guy's really gonna be like it's gonna be a very creative job for him. I really feel like it's like okay, we just have to put someone in this seat, and this thing will be driven by the effects guys and the screenplay. You know, the, it's got a great cast. It's not like this guy really has to like tell these guys how to do their jobs. You know, he's just there to oversee it. It seems like at this point. Sounds like the exact same thing you were saying about Frakes, though, in a way. I mean, a couple weeks ago. Uh, At least Frakes has the experience, though, with this kind of work. Yeah, Uh, he's got experience in Star Trek. But, uh, and doing like a lot of green screen stuff and, you know. Yeah, I mean, this guy has done, he's done some big Hollywood movies, some of the most profitable. I mean, Fast and Furious is the most profitable franchise ever. I mean, it's got it's it's got more than Bond. But yeah. I think most of that is, I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get. And you had a Paul Walker, a Vin Diesel, and then when they added The Rock to the mix, I mean, these are big names. And they they not so much Paul Walker, but Vin Diesel, and especially The Rock. I mean, it's almost like they play the same character every movie that they're in. So you know exactly what you're going to get in a Fast and the Furious. And I think that. With him having done that, and number four was a good one, you're looking at action-oriented Star Star Trek piece. I don't know. I mean, if I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not saying like, oh, okay, oh my God, Justin Lin's going to kill this fucking movie. I'm the guy that's seen two fan, uh, Fast and the Furious movies that weren't even directed by this guy, and he's going to do a bang-up right. job. I'm just saying, 
it's uh, the jury's out on my end. Well, yeah, and even even though I mean, it sounds like I'm knocking. I'm not trying to. I would actually give it a low taste it because I think if that's that kind of movie, then it could be okay. But I'm a little disappointed with the direction. I guess I just had my hopes up that something special was going to happen. Yeah. If it, if it wasn't going to be Frakes, I had my hopes up that it was going to be like just something like real special, you know, something that I'd be like, oh wow, you know, this guy's going to get a chance. But I'm not like, oh wow, the Fast and the Furious yeah. guy's going to get a chance. Neither am I. I'm, I'm just saying, like, well, everybody's going to know the Fast and Furious franchise. Well, that yeah, but I, you know, I, even being a half-assed popcorn fan of that movie series. Uh, I still don't know any of the directors. The only yeah. reason why I know Lynn is because you just told me which ones he did. Yeah. With I know this, which ones they are. With but. these kind of ratings, though, it's like, you know, I got nothing to go on. Even if I had seen all these movies, I still had really have nothing to go on in how I'll do for a Star Trek movie. Yeah, we we don't know how he's going to do in a Star Trek movie. Right. So I don't feel bad about talk. I mean, the way I feel about it is no, I'm, I'm not, not excited. Yeah. It's your pick. I mean, you can toss them if you want to. I'm just saying I got nothing to go on, so that's why I'm freezing it. Yeah. So and I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I want to love Star Trek three. Yeah, I'm still really disappointed after the Rathacon bullshit. Yeah, oh, the in, into the darkness. Yeah. Oh, okay. I hope Star Trek three is good. Yeah. Let's see here. Moving on, Ash versus the Evil Dead, the stars. TV show that's going to be coming out. Yay! Bruce Campbell spoke with Entertainment Weekly about the new show, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, that will be coming to stars, where Bruce will be reprising his role as Ash from the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness movies. The plot of the show, according to Entertainment Weekly, is Ash is living in a trailer park and working with his latest thankless big box store job when a return of the Deadites prompts him to take a road trip with two young co-workers and, of course, his trusty boomstick. <laughs> Campbell talks about why it's a series and not another movie. We realized if we made another movie, frankly, it would probably be too expensive. But in the format of a TV show, we could give people exactly what they wanted and expand the character and the story even more. Ash would probably have more dialogue in one season than in three movies. He'll have to become a more fleshed-out character as well. Um... And then, you know, like, um, we all assume that the gore and the horror will be there since it's on stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what Campbell had to say about just that. He said, we're going to give people a little of the old-fashioned splat-stick horror and comedy. The fans have been really good to us over the years. This is an opportunity to do something with full street cred. Something we're doing is taking the horror parts very seriously. We're not making fun of the horror aspects. And it's going to cause ash this crabby middle-aged man who doesn't want to get dragged back into this a lot of problems he's not the ash he used to be and the beauty of stars is there's no content issues let's face it fans want the carnage and mayhem so we intend to give them quite the explosion of viscera most of it directed at me unfortunately (laughs) and he promised two new leads alongside himself he says it's a threesome which is a good number since it's not the cat since it's not cast yet it would be silly to fully describe them but they're supposed to be two very good counterparts one is a male bonding situation the other is a father figure deal since ash could have a daughter the same age as this character hopefully we'll pull ash out of the his loner veteran mode and get him back into being a human being again 
Nice, nice. Well, yeah, we know Raimi's directing the first episode, so you can definitely expect Bruce Campbell to get hurt a lot in that first 30 minutes. Yeah, that's funny. So this is, I like this plot. This is exciting, what little bit he's told us. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm taking away a lot of good things from this. It sounds like it's going to be more graphic than Army of Darkness, more, yeah. in, more in the vein of Evil Dead 2. Raimi's directing the first episode. It goes on to say that Justin Lin will direct the rest of the series. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. no. I, I tossed that. <laughs> oh, oh I big fucking shocker. What does a guy that does car chases know about horror? <laughs> or Star Trek, yeah. for that matter. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Just a big fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Just a fucking yeah. robot. Bug, Studio yeah. robot. Studio robot. Like a Chuck E. Cheese. He's no animatronic. Shit. Company man, just doing whatever they tell him to do. Oh, you want to do cars now? Oh, you do cars. You want to do spaceships? We got spaceships. You want to do a dinosaur movie? We got dinosaurs. For oh, it. hey, Michael Bay doesn't want to do Transformers anymore. Sure, I'll Let's do that. The- I'm Justin Lin. I step into every franchise midstream. That's what I do. I'm Justin Lin. The Rock does that, too. You know, but hey, maybe he can fix Star Trek just like he fixed Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Fuck, who would The Rock be on Star Trek? No, I'm not. Not The Rock. The I'm talking about Justin Lin. The Rock's been- <laughs> the Rock's been on Star Trek, actually. What? Yeah, Rock's been on Star Trek Voyager. No shit. Yeah, pr- pretty sure. Holy fuck! How did I not remember that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rock is a Klingon in like a in like a fight in some some arena or something. Do you shit. smell what the Klingons are cooking? <laughs> yeah, yeah no. he, does, he does the people's elbow on some Romulan. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I'm gonna get us back on track. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I, I took away a lot of good things out of this. Um, it does sound exactly like what he was bitching about, though, when I saw him when he visited the cater. Like, do you want to see this crabby... Of a same old, same old. Crabby guy come back and, like, be, you know, like, I'm too old for this shit, you know, giving his Murtaugh speech. And he even he even said, like, do you guys want to see... You guys, you saw what they did with Indiana Jones. Do you really want to see me back up there? Blah, 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 <laughs> blah. It sounds like they're doing that. But I think he always wanted to do it all along. I don't know if he wanted to do this TV series, but I think now that they're getting the TV series, he sees a lot of positives in it, and that's great. I love that they're going to be going with the classic gore and horror. I, I'm glad that they're not taking that out of that uh, out of this series. Um, I hope there's a lot of uh, practical effects and things like that in the show, as opposed to a lot of CG. Oh, you know there will be. Yeah, I hope I, so. I hope so. You know, I mean, I really hope so. With, I think with Raimi and Taper behind it, it's it's a no-brainer there will be, at least at the beginning. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And sometimes it's just like, I think CGI is sometimes just like, sometimes it's beautiful, but sometimes I think it's the lazy man's way. Of oh, it's it. definitely easier in some ways in, today, in today's day and age it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, I hope they really do. I, I hope they go gangbusters on this one and just and and really give this franchise like uh, what it deserves because those movies I love Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and Army of Darkness. So. Oh yeah, maybe one of my all time favorite trilogies, yeah. if not my favorite. Yeah, and I'm just glad we're gonna see more Ash. It's yeah, been, it's been fucking twenty three years by the time this comes out. Oh yeah. shit! I hate when people are like, "Well, the video game was Evil Dead Four. I'm yeah. like, fuck that. Yeah. Like, give me a movie. Give me something. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, what do you think about the two new lead characters? Um, do you think it's good that they're going to be introducing two more people in this? I, I'm i a little worried. Yeah, we need red shirts. 
I get these like are it. no. He said two new lead characters. I mean, these are going to be people that that join Ash on his journey throughout the series. They may die later, but mm-hmm. it sounds like they're going to be in mostly for this series for the long haul. Yeah, I want to see how we'll, supposedly normal people would react to Ash and his behavior and the shit he does. Yeah, Frank makes up a good point. Not just Ash, but you got to have your your straight man to react to all this stuff going on. Like Ash has seen it all already. Nothing's going to shock him. It comes yeah. down to casting for me. Yeah, it comes down to casting. I mean, these movies are like you got to have a straight man in there, and you know, let Bruce handle the comedy. But uh, I think it comes down to casting. I'm a little worried about who they're going to cast. Ted Raimi. (laughs) (laughs) He'll make some cameo. I'm sure sure he'll be in there cameo wise. Definitely. Fucking punish him. Make him play Joxer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, no, I I like everything that I'm hearing here. I think I think it's exciting. Yeah, go stars. God damn it. I don't have stars either. Neither oh, do I. shit. I don't right now. Either. I'm waiting until the last minute because they're usually, if you call, you can usually get like three months full of stars for free. Oh, yeah. Or just like wait until the whole series is out, get stars for one month, watch every episode. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Drop stars. But I know you're going to want to watch them as they come out. Yeah, I want to watch that first one right away. Oh, fucking Facebook will ruin that shit. Stars might too. give you a free weekend. Yeah. When it first comes out to kind of get you hooked on the series. If I'm home and off work, I'll probably live tweet the Raimi Evil Dead episode. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, man, I told you this is a slow week for news. We're already on Marvel news. It's okay. Slow fucking week. Wow. It's it's Christmas. So this is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got no news. <laughs> Marvel news, uh, quick news. It's been confirmed by The Hollywood Reporter that actor Mike Coulter, best known for his roles on The Following and The Good Wife, has been cast as Luke Cage in the Marvel Netflix TV series. Uh, executive producer, showrunner Melissa Rosenberg told Marvel.com, Mike embodies the strength, edge, and depth of Luke Cage. We're excited to have him bring this iconic Marvel character to life. So it's been confirmed, Mike Coulter. Yeah, we excited about that? Gonna freeze it? Yeah. Yeah, I toss it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna taste it. He at least looks the part. I'm tossing everything. <laughs> I, I don't know this guy, so he must be bad. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna freeze it. I, I mean, I know nothing about dude. I haven't seen him in anything, so I'm gonna freeze it and wait and see what he does. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna freeze it too. It's basically exactly what I asked for, so I, I better at least freeze it and not toss it. You know, I asked for just an unknown someone that they thought could do a good job. So there we here we go here we are. So I'll freeze it and hope hope it works. Eh, I'll I'm, I'll go ahead and just rate it. I'll taste it. I mean, I I know I haven't seen him in anything, but I got nothing to go off of one way or the other. And like I said, it looks the part. If anything, he really does look like a. Uh, Young, oh, shit. whippersnapper. No, I can't think of his name now. <laughs> Fuck, you were snapping. Your dude. <laughs> yeah, that's Cruz. why I went that way. Yeah. Terry, he looks like a young version of Terry Crews. Look, look at Frank. What? He does. He looks like a young version of Terry Crews. I, 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 he at least doesn't stand out to me as being a bad choice. No, it's not like they cast Jaleel White who played purple. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do that? That'd be interesting. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so, I don't know. Whatever, Mike Coulter. Uh, Benicio Del Toro recently spoke with Collider and his involvement with Marvel. 
He ta- uh, he talks about uh, the collector. He talks about his contract. It's really good stuff. It's about uh, I don't know, maybe two and a half, three minutes of him talking. I wanted to go ahead and play that if it's cool with you guys. Yeah, sure. Excited to hear it. Uh, there we go. Uh, I have to start by saying, like I'm sure everyone has said as they walk in, huge fan of your work. Thank you. It is really cool to talk to you. Cool. Um, getting involved with Marvel and playing the Collector, was this something that you had sat down with them in advance and talked about what role could I do for Marvel? Well, how, how did you sort of first get involved? Well, uh, James Gunn, the director, called me up and he said he, ha- he wanted me to consider playing the Collector. Um, so... I talk, He was very enthusiastic, and uh, and he talked to me about the character a little bit, and uh, and that was contagious. His uh, his pep for the movie, and uh, and then I met with the Marvel guys, and uh, you know it's uh, they know how to put these movies out, and they 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 tap into audiences. So it's kind of like for any actor to get an opportunity to be in one of their movies is kind of like. Uh, it's a boost, you know. Hundred percent. And it's a lot of it, it can be a lot of fun. One of the things about Marvel that everyone knows is they ask their actors to sign these large contracts for many movies. Was this something that you like? A lot of people really enjoy and will enjoy your work as a collector. Did you sign one of these like five picture deals? No, no, no. I don't know. Uh, you know what? You don't have to talk to my lawyer about that. <laughs> I really don't know what, what exactly what was the contract, but uh, but I think that they. They have the right to to ask me to come and play play that character again if they feel like or they want me to. You know, they have they have the right to do that. Um, but I don't know the contract in detail. I, I understand. So, but uh, you know, I, I, I would take a rematch. You know. <laughs> Um, one of the things is you uh, your look in the film is very specific. You, the way the collector acts. How much was that on the page? How much was that James Gunn? How much was that you? I would say you know, fifty percent is James. Gunn. Well, you know, the physical transformation or the look of the character. It's James and Marvel. You know, a hundred percent. What James wanted that I found out little by little as I was doing it was he wanted me to explore and and uh, and just go far keep pushing the character keep keep creating it as I in front of the camera um, and I was timid about it at the beginning you know because um, I only have one scene you know it's like and um, so you can't really build it you know piece by piece you know I had I, I worked for about seven days so James was really uh, stimulated me to like, you know, try things and and so we started to have a lot of fun um, with the character. I mean, I had ideas and I I tried some uh, uh, maybe worked and some that didn't work. And then James came in and he would encourage me to follow. If he liked an idea, he he would you know push me to go in that direction a little bit. Oh, yeah, so that was really good. That was good stuff. Um, didn't learn more about the contract stuff, so it brings up the question: Like, are we going to see Collector in a future Guardians movie or an Avengers movie or in the Infinity War or something like that? My bet is no. I don't know. It, he's not really that important of a character, I don't think, in the grand scheme of things. And I think if he was a bigger player, um, Del Toro would know where he stood a little bit more with the whole thing. You know, he seems like 
he signed on for the one thing and he's in and out, you know? Well, I mean, uh, Frank, did you have something? It kind of almost seemed like he hadn't really thought about that until the guy asked him. And then, you know, when he threw out there that he'd love to do something like that, all they got to do is call him up. I mean, he's not opposed to it. Well, I mean, I didn't know that Idris Elba was going to be in this uh, Avengers Age of Ultron film either. Right. And, um, you know, they found a place for him in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, like, the collector showing up, the only time – I could see them, like, once the Avengers and, and everybody is kind of, like, aware of the the, the stones – once everybody's aware that these are Infinity Stones, Thanos is after this, I can see, like, the Guardians maybe saying, you know, we've got to talk to this one guy. He's going to know a little bit more about him. Because mm-hmm. uh, he did give him really great backstory with, like, uh, when they did talk to him the first time about the power of the stones. He, he put up, like, that 3D. Yeah. So I, I can see them going back to him and then us see... You know, maybe his museum under construction again. <laughs> um, and then them asking him some questions, like a real quick scene, just asking him some questions about the stones and like their place in the universe and exactly how powerful all of them would be, you know, once they are combined. Um, other than that, I don't know if we'll see the collector again. Yeah, I don't think that would be out of place. I, if it were to happen, it would be something just like that. Right. Is he a bad guy in the comics? Basically. I yeah. heard somebody say that he was a bad guy, so I didn't know if that was related to what he, could be coming. He, you know, he's one of these, like, Marvel cosmic entities, but he's mostly played as the antagonist, you know? Ah, gotcha. All right. Um, Emily Blunt from Edge of Tomorrow, or mm. Live, Die, Repeat, whatever the fuck they're wanting to call that thing. Rinse, Wash, Repeat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's, a, she's a fan favorite to play Captain Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and in a recent interview with Collider, she revealed her thoughts on the whole thing. She says, It's funny, because I'm hearing this Captain Marvel thing from a lot of people. I have no official offer whatsoever. No one's called. I don't know where the hell it's coming from, in all honesty. For me, I just think that the part has got to be awesome. I just want to play great parts, and it's sometimes hard to find within those big superhero movies. The female parts are not usually great, but recently they've been better. I don't know. It has to be the right thing. Oh, Emily Blunt, go pick up the first ten issues of the Brian Reed run of Miss Marvel and then call your agent. <laughs> and then the Kelly Sue DeConnick stuff's been really good as well. It really has it? Yeah, it's been good. It started off kind of weak, but I think it's gotten better as it's gone on. It's really picked up steam. Um I don't know. Uh, she doesn't have me excited for her to play Captain Marvel. I still say <clears throat> Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, Emily Blunt would be pretty great, I think. I just her reaction here just does not have me excited for her to play the character. Right? Yeah, I can see that. She's not. She she's acting like she doesn't know if it's a good female part. When if she was a fan, she would just know it was the gravy female. She kind of shits on comic book movies here for a second, then yeah. backtracks. Yeah. I, I just want to play great parts, and it's sometimes hard to find within those big superhero movies. Yeah, so well, she's there are like some giant clunkers thing. out there. But Marvel's been killing it. I just don't think that she needs the Marvel train like some of the actors that have been jumping onto these movies. Yeah, you know some of these some of these some of these actors they kind of need it right now. You know, Chris Evans, he needed Captain America. It was a long shot because they were just starting the universe back then. Robert Downey Jr. needed it. I mean, Chris Hemsworth needs it. 
Chris Hemsworth needs it. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was an unknown, really, here in the States. Mm-hmm. So um, Emily Blunt, I mean, I think she can do other things. She doesn't have to rely on Marvel. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's really not an actress other than the Katie Sackhoff or Emily Blunt that really sticks out for me. I thought Margot Robbie would have been really good, but she we got her as Harley Quinn. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I still think she's probably best part of Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Oh, you, really? You didn't like anybody else? No, I liked the movie. I thought it was great. She's, I, she's gorgeous. Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's fine. Is that her real accent or is that It's nice fake? that you can appreciate a movie for its story and no, not its eye story, candy, Frank. Dude, no, the story was good too. Damn. <laughs> uh, it, it, but is that her real accent or is that a, a fake one? I have no clue. I'd like to find out because, I mean, I could so hear that, you know, New York, that Brooklyn, uh-huh. that could come straight out of Harley too. Yeah. No, she's great in that movie. Yeah. What are you going to rate Wolf of Wall Street or Wolf of Walleye? Wolf of Walleye. <laughs> that was a Tupperware. Yeah. It, it was great. I, people really didn't give Leonardo DiCaprio enough credit for it. He actually worked with the real Jordan Belfort, uh, especially on how uh, he behaved on the Quaaludes. Yeah. He, in the movie, he breaks it down into stages, and he actually explained to Leonardo DiCaprio what it was like to go through him so he could better emulate it on screen. Yeah. He, he didn't get an Oscar nom for that? Uh, he didn't win. I don't think he's, I don't know if he's ever been nominated. Oh, really? He's never won anything. Yeah, yeah I know he's never won. Maybe he's, been, maybe he has been nominated, but he's never won anything. I feel like he's definitely been nominated. Yeah, he might have been. I have no idea. This was a, it was a good performance. I mean, the guy was a real cocky, arrogant asshole and he just he pulled it off Leonardo DiCaprio has been able to play uh, a drug addict very well I mean (laughs) Basketball Diaries where he played Jim Carroll and he was addicted to heroin oh my god powerful movie and that's one of like his first films yeah so it's a good flick yeah Yeah. great movie I own it fantastic but yeah uh, Wolf of Wall Street Tupperware fucking A great Uh, let's see here so people are speculating that Robert Downey Jr. has teased Iron Man 4 we remember that he said yes to the film on Ellen and then later said no on Letterman. On his Facebook page, he posted a picture of three arc reactors side by side. And then he said, so would the next one just be a shot of my chest hair? Oh, jeez. Okay, so at the end of Iron Man 3, where we left Tony last, he has the arc reactor removed. Um, is Is that what he's alluding to here? Or is he just saying this jokingly? Is this just a joke that he's saying? You know, um, you I think know. it's just a joke. Probably, you know. Well, maybe I. I don't know. You can either say it's a joke. He's saying he's going to do Iron Man four, or he's just saying Robert Downey Jr. is just stepping away from Iron Man with this role. You know, like here's a picture of my chest hair. I'm I'm done with Iron Man movies. You know, now I'm just I'm just. You know, I'm a, I'm the man. I'm just Robert Downey Jr. Just gonna act. I think it's a. I think he's having fun with the whole. Uh, will there will there not be an Iron Man four? Yeah. I think Robert Downey Jr. is the kind of guy that that likes to uh, poke at that bear every mm-hmm. now and again. Mm-hmm. Just yep. to you know. I think the only reason why he said the bit about the chest hair is because they removed the the power source and that's it. Just because it's gone. Well, yeah, that's that's the joke. Yeah, is it? You know, I don't think it goes any deeper than that myself. Okay, I think it was just. Joking. I'm going to post the picture of the arc reactors that he posted on his. Uh, I think it was his Facebook page. I'll yeah. post that on our Facebook page too, just so people see it. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw the picture. Yeah, 
Uh, you know, honestly, I just I think he needs Iron Man right now. He still needs Iron Man. You know, he tried to do something different with that movie, The Judge, mm-hmm. and it wasn't critically received. So he loves to feed off the fans that do love him. He didn't get the love from the critics that he wanted. So when he gets, you know, hurt by, you know, that kind of stuff, I mean, I think he needs to step back into Marvel Universe to get the fans behind him. He he feeds off that. You know, I can think, I, I honestly think, I don't know. I mean, behind the scenes, we don't know how this affected him with the judge. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to get a Sherlock Holmes 3? I think that that's something that they talked about. Um, I, I mean, thought we were going to get it a lot sooner, but... Uh, they were both successful, so I, yeah. I could still see it happening. Guy Ritchie ain't doing shit. Yeah, I, I could care. I don't care if we do. Yeah, first one was a little bit of fun. Second one was meh. Yeah, I saw them both in theaters. I think opening day, they were okay. They'd have to figure out how he came back anyhow, because that was where Holmes died in the novels. Mm. So yeah, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, interesting news came out this week, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, let me just let me just bust it out. Director Matthew Vaughn, who is the director of Kingsman, coming out in February, also directed X Men: First Class, mm-hmm. which was uh, pretty much responsible for keeping the whole X Men movie franchise alive. Um, it was it was pretty much on its last legs. And uh, that movie came out and re- re- rejuvenated the X Men series. Um, he was re- he was set to return to do X Men: Days of Future Past, but then left the project. Uh, but not before doing a bunch of work on the script with Simon Kinsberg before leaving to work on other projects. In a recent interview with Steve Weintraub of Collider, uh, uh, yeah, Steve Weintraub of Collider. He talked about how much of his Days of Future Past made it into the film, and here's what Matthew Vaughn had to say. I'd say 90%. Wow. I mean, we worked on the script, Kinsberg and I. It was a really tough decision for me because I pulled out just because I'd finished The Kingsman. I, I pulled out just because I'd finished The Kingsman, the Secret Service script, at the same time, and I was like, my God, if I don't make a fun spy movie right now, somebody else is going to do it. And I think there's five coming out next year. So we're going to be the first of it, not the last. Brian Singer did a few things, which I thought were genius, that weren't in my script. I had Juggernaut breaking into the Pentagon. He changed it to Quicksilver and did that fucking brilliantly, Yeah, I have to add. My idea was the Sentinels at the end. I wanted them to look like Mystique. I thought there should be thousands of mystiques attacking them in the future. He changed a few more of the mutants, but it was pretty close. Yeah, it was pretty close. So, you know, I mean, we've, we've I've reported it before on the show that it was originally supposed to be a juggernaut break-in scene. Mm-hmm. So that's true, and that, that that's Matthew Vaughn. And, you know, I don't know. When he says 90% was done... By Matthew Vaughn, it doesn't leave me much hope for this next apocalypse film. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I've been saying. I'm Damn. I'm scared all over again. Yeah, it's like come in here, fix this. Well, none of we us have it. any idea that this was not 100 percent Brian Singer until all this news started coming out. Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, we had no idea that uh, even the Quicksilver scene. We thought that was all Brian Singer, and even Matthew Vaughn here says, "Yeah, it's all Brian Singer." No, we. 
we've reported that it was mostly handled by the second unit director. So exactly what the fuck did Brian Singer do with the movie? I mean, maybe he saved us from that Sentinel scene at the end, which sounds like a pile of horse shit, a bunch of mystiques, Sentinels turning into mystiques. Yeah, yeah that sounds crazy. That yeah, sucked. it sounds like Kinsberg and Vaughn pretty much already had it all mapped out. and Singer just kind of came in and cleaned up a bit, you yeah. know, polished it up. I'm just hoping that, you know, between X-Men First Class, between um, X-Men Days of Future Past, that Matthew Vaughn's done a really good job of setting the tone for the movie, mm-hmm. that Brian Singer can just kind of piggyback that and try to do his best Matthew Vaughn imitation, because, yeah, this, new- this news has me worried as fuck. Well, the good news, like, the one thing you can rest easy knowing is that at least it's Simon Kinsberg again. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, Kinberg is coming back. Um, and so if anyone can tap into that energy that Vaughn had, it's it's the guy that was the writing partner with Vaughn to come up with all this in the first place. Yeah. So th- maybe the same magic can happen again. I you know. know where- the thing is, like, Vaughn and Kinsberg worked on this together. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't disagree. It's just, I'm scared, too. I'm just Sometimes to- the collaboration between two people like that getting together you create something beautiful like you did with days of future past in my opinion a movie i tupperware but then you get a collaboration between singer and kinsberg it might not be as good and if this next movie is just okay Mm -hmm. and not as good and doesn't live up to days of future past what's the fucking point what's the fucking point of taking a step backwards in a movie that's going to feature the greatest x-men villain of all time it's a right. tall order right it's it's oof. being better than days of future past is a tall order in my opinion i'm keeping my fingers crossed my fingers are crossed too i want it to be true it's just all this it's negative it's all fucking negative news 90 yeah. percent of it he says was his work with simon kinsberg and then the other thing that he gave uh, Singer credit for was the the Quicksilver scene, which the second unit director fucking handled most of that shit. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm I'm a little I'm 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 more worried now than when back when we first watched the movie yeah. and we thought it was all Brian Singer. I hope they have the same second unit director. Hi, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope he comes back at least for the Quicksilver scene. So. I don't know. I'm hoping that Apocalypse can live up to it, but uh, discouraging news in my opinion. I agree. Uh, let's see here. Starlog.com received an email from an anonymous source claiming that they know how Ant-Man will tie into Captain America 3 Civil War. It's full of potential spoilers, so continue to listen to this at your own risk. You've been warned. It's an older article, so this is not like... The, you know, that's the thing. Such a fucking weak week week for news that i had to fucking dig up shit from dig up some old ass ant-man news yeah from like two three months ago but it's really good shit honestly indiana fucking jones dr jones (laughs) we need more pop culture leftovers marvel news (laughs) that was really racist that was terrible right (laughs) just kidding (laughs) I, i was short round i know you were short round i'm just fucking with you um the article said, uh, Starlog received a very interesting email from someone claiming to be close to the production of Ant-Man who might be able to shed some light on how the character will factor into the bigger picture. Granted, this information should be taken with a boulder of salt. So until we see it unfold on the big screen, consider this to be a rumor and rumor alone. 
However, if the rumors do hold merit, consider yourself warned for spoilers of Ant-Man and possibly Captain America 3. According to this anonymous party, Ant-Man will take place alongside the events of Age of Ultron, the fallout of which will spur on the Superhuman Registration Act. While Ant-Man is largely self-contained in nature, the reference of the MCU will come from Pym's past as a scientist for S.H.I.E.L.D. in the 1960s, having worked alongside Howard Stark, Arnim Zola, and Alexander Pierce. However, in this flashback sequence, Pym will supposedly also have a run-in with a young military hothead by the name of Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, shit. Who Marvel fans have seen last in The Incredible Hulk, as played by William Hurt. The party goes on to say, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s downfall in The Winter Soldier forced Pym into the private sector, which makes him vulnerable and essentially serves as catalyst for the events that follow in Ant-Man. And according to this party, a shooting draft of Ant-Man's post credit stinger shows the older Ross reappearing to Pym, claiming he'd been sent by Tony Stark. When asked why, Ross allegedly responds, haven't you seen the news? We're at war. The party also claims Ross will play a supporting role in Captain America 3 Civil War, begrudgingly helping Tony Stark enforce the Superhero Registration Act and giving him military aid as Stark's hesitant to use his own technology post-Ultron. The party claims that rumors of Black Widow's limited involvement in Captain America 3 is also true, as her character will be arrested for aiding fugitive superhumans in a power play by Stark, which will give actress Scarlett Johansson a break from the MCU to focus on her family. Though, the source says a potential Black Widow jailbreak in a future Marvel film may help Scott Lang's Ant-Man into the Avengers fold. So that's what Starlog's reporting. Wow, that's a lot more tied into the MCU than I ever would have expected, in my opinion. I really expected Ant-Man to, almost much like Guardians of the Galaxy, be kind of in its own little corner of the Marvel Universe for at least the first movie. Yeah. This movie sounds like it ties into both movies. It sounds like it's a bridge between both movies. It sounds like uh, Avengers of Ultron. It, It bounces off what happens there and then also bridges right into Captain America 3. Yeah, definitely. And then parts of this ele- parts of this story then blend right into Captain America 3 with like Thaddeus and, and you know uh, so. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you say it's kind of going to run concurrent to Age of Ultron? That's what they said. Huh. Yeah. That's so, wild. So the events unfolding in Age of Ultron are going to be we might I don't know. I like like how concurrent? I mean, is it going to be like we're going to see like a scene and be like, oh, this is going on at the it same w- time. It would go right along with the release. I mean, have- Two months later, yeah. Right, yeah. So, It'd I mean- be smart for them to, at the end of this movie, like uh, more, you know, at the end of the movie, like you'll get more of this in um, Ant-Man. Right. You know what would be super <clears throat> fucking cool what? is if like something happened that really didn't quite make any sense. And then it was like a they re- tie it. it was like a reveal in yeah. the Ant Man movie that Ant Man was like Adam size yeah. and like oh. did whatever and you're like, Oh, that's how that fucking happened. That, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Domesticated Dave that theorized that like in all these other movies that Ant Man was doing things behind the scenes, but like what you're saying makes you know, sense too. It's kinda like the same thing that Avengers Age of Ultron, they could tie that scene back in. Yeah, like I don't know, like one of the like Ultron bots just all of a sudden just 
blows up for no fucking reason. And you're like, why did that happen? Yeah. And then, like, you see in the Ant-Man movie. Now, I've only seen uh, Winter Soldier once. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything about that that could be something? Because you mentioned that he was a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then was affected by the downfall. Yeah. So could they even tie it back that far? Well, I mean, we're going to be seeing characters in this movie that were introduced in Captain America the Winter Soldier. Alexander Pierce. Right. Uh, they're talking about scenes of a younger... Well, that maybe that's in Peggy Carter. No, did they? They talked about Alexander Pierce in this. Yeah, um, yeah, the scenes from uh, Pym in the past, having worked alongside Howard Stark, Arnim Zola, and Alexander Pierce. Awesome. So yeah, this is going to be. I think this is going to be a lot more Shield centric. Gotcha. I wonder if any of this is going to like affect um, Shield TV show in any way. Hmm. Sounds like Shield is more going towards like um, the Inhuman stuff, setting that up really early. But I can't imagine that it's not going to affect the Shield TV show in some way, right? I bet it's this kind of running concurrent to the other movies shit that drove Edgar Wright away. Well, that's uh, that's exactly I think what Evangeline Lilly kind of said, right? I mean, she said that uh, you know we would have got a uh, a very funny Ant Man movie, but it wasn't like what Marvel wanted to do with the overall universe. Yeah. I get you. Oh, okay. I could see that now. Yeah, he wouldn't have wanted to have to bend uh, how tight in it is. Well, I mean, this guy had been wanting to do the movie since, like, 2004. Right. He probably already had a script in place. And, like, you know, with everything that they've done since then, with this whole universe already in full swing, of course this script is going to be fucking – it's not going to fit into the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's so many, like, pieces that you've got to – you know what I mean? Right. It would have just turned into an Iron Man 2 Jon Favreau wreck. Yeah, and the problem is is that his character is Hank Pym. Like, it, it, if it wasn't so naturally tied into all this big, important stuff, it would be a little bit easier just to let Edgar Wright go do his own Edgar yeah. Wright thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, it's, you know, if he's making a Sleepwalker movie, he's going to be able to have the, the leniency to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. But, you know, Hank Pym's a pretty big puzzle piece in the Marvel Universe, so they definitely... Just like you said, once they had a giant empire years later, after he'd still been wanting to do this, mm-hmm. you know, they had to take control of Hank Pym. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because he finished the Cornetto trilogy, we didn't get Ant-Man sooner. And I think it, that maybe that film would have worked. But now that they've got the ball rolling, it's impossible. Yeah. Right. The Edgar Wright Ant-Man movie is like this generation's um, Tim Burton Superman movie, kind of. You know? Yeah. It's that thing that almost happened that will never... <laughs> that and uh, Guillermo del Toro's fucking uh, Hobbit series. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's wild, too. Yeah. Because, like, he was confirmed. He was the director, you know? And yeah. Peter Jackson, I think, was just going to be a producer, and he was going to direct it. And, yeah. fuck, that never fucking happened. And, Frank, I think you would have been happier with, like... Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we wouldn't have had the CGA orc bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, and it also wouldn't have been so much, like, nostalgia-driven, like, relying on you loving the other movies so much. Like, I don't think there would have been any of that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Edgar Wright, Ant-Man. It'd be interesting uh, later on if they did release the script, if it did leak somehow and we were able to read it. Yeah. yeah, I hope there we get like the you know you know years later we're now getting all this dirt on the Tim Burton Superman stuff. I hope years later we get all the dirt on this stuff. We it'll, get the, the tell all. Yeah, yeah, it'll come out years later when it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would still matter to me. It would. Me too. I would. Yeah, I mean, because I'm still just as like uh, 
I don't know, just the, the, that that Tim Burton Superman movie. It's still like to this day. It's like, what would that movie have looked like? Because like, I mean, they had fucking props made. The suit was made. They had they have pictures of Nicolas Cage in the Superman suit. Yeah, I've I mean, seen those. they had uh, uh, artwork, you know, concept art and shit. I mean, uh, didn't they have like Brainiac? Yeah. Artwork and yeah. shit. I mean, it's it's all there, dude. No, it, it's interesting. What I meant about it doesn't matter anymore is like the people who would be like butthurt about the situation when it occurred, they'd be over it. They'd be fine. Okay. Yeah, hopefully. I, I think I, I think, think there's always going to be bad feelings. Yeah. But eventually people are still going to dig into the truth and we'll find out. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I was telling Jake, I was telling Jake in a text message yesterday, like, you know, what are we going to see first, this Ant-Man or Fantastic Four fucking movie? And I told Jake, I was like, I think we're going to, the the trailer, I told Jake, I said, I think they'll release the fucking Roger Corman Fantastic Four <laughs> before we fucking see a trailer for this fucking movie. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the the video quality isn't, like, as shitty as, like, when you watch it on YouTube. Yeah, it'd be great to get that fucker on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> um, Total Film talked with actor Mark Ruffalo, who plays Bruce Banner and the Hulk in The Avengers, and he gave some updates about the Hulk in next summer's blockbuster movie, Avengers Age of Ultron. Ruffalo talks about how maybe he hasn't quite tamed the Hulk as much as we were led to believe he did in the first film. ruh Here's some quotes from the actor. I think there's a whole other chapter we haven't seen yet where you find the other nuances within him. The battle of identif- uh, identity go- going on between him and Banner is all about estab- establishing dominance. The only thing that Hulk is really afraid of is Banner. That's an interesting dynamic. So what's Banner been up to since we last saw him in Avengers? And I'm not counting, you know, that stupid post credit scene in Iron Man 3. Yeah, he's just been kicking it with his buddy. Right. <laughs> well, Ruffalo said, Banner's been living in Stark Tower. They've been working side by side, and Bruce has his own lab now. He's doing work that augments Tony's own, which could lead to an experiment going wrong. So, um... Banner makes Ultron, too. Yeah, he sounds like, uh... Sounds like he's involved in the Ultron experiment. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that, uh, Banner, they're setting everything up. They're setting everything up for what we're seeing in this next film, for like everything that we've been able to see. You know, he hasn't got, hasn't quite gotten the Hulk under control, which is probably going to lead us to that huge, you know, Hulkbuster fight with the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the... Yeah, he's a fucking loose cannon, you know? I mean, he could go off at any time. I mean, it, he's a living atom bomb, you know what I mean? Yep. Somebody's got to take him down. He's too dangerous. So those quotes are very revealing from Ruffalo. Um, also, the fact that uh, he's been working side by side, um, you know, with Tony Stark on this experiment. These guys have bonded. They've formed a friendship, which is also going to lead into that same fucking battle where Tony Stark is in the Iron Man Hulkbuster and that whole fight. I th- I like what I'm hearing here. It, it, it sounds like they're doing a, a lot of cool things with this, and it sounds like it's not going to be cheap. Oh, we're just going to get to see the Hulkbuster. You know what I mean? Because that's what it felt like for me in Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Like, they did show that, that, that bigger suit, and I was yeah. thinking, is that the Hulkbuster? Are they just showing it just to show it and just to show a bunch of fucking suits running around like drone suits? It was probably just an early model. 
Exactly. This is, we're going to see the official Hulkbuster. You know, and, and it, so I like what they're doing here. It's not cheap. I mean, it sounds like they're really setting this up. They're setting up the friendship, and they're setting up these guys working side by side, really trying to lead up to that fight between them two. Right. So I like it. I like what I'm hearing here. That fight, that's probably going to be some movie magic there. I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Do you think that uh, instead of a catalyst like they used in the comic version of uh, Civil War, that it's going to be this battle that causes so much destruction that it's going to spur on the Registration Act? Yeah, it very well could be. Might be. I don't know where this mo- I don't know where this takes place in the movie. Right. Could be just a combination of all the battles that have happened across the Marvel Cinematic Universe involving the Hulk and destruction. True. It's hard to say where this is going to come in. I mean, I think we're going to get a final battle of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's going to be at the end of the movie. So where are they going? Are they going to sandwich this in? I mean, are we going to see the friendship build and then the experiment go awry and then and then somewhere like in the second act, we're going to get this whole thing with the uh, the Hulkbuster fight and maybe them shipping, you know the Hulk off the planet, which I don't know if that's even going to happen now. Right. But um, I, I think I think after this fight, the Hulk is not going to be a factor in these movies. I think Hulk's going to be out of this. Hulk's going to be, you know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting, man. I, I can't wait for this fucking movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's getting so close now, too. Like May, right? Yeah. Oh, it's- <laughs> May 4th, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward. May 4th or 6th. I can't remember. Yeah, that's right about right. I'm seeing this in IMAX. It's got Star oh, yeah. Wars date. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I didn't even know this. They have a uh, one of those high frame rate uh, movie theaters at the uh, oh at the museum. Museum, yeah, and they play newer movies. I wonder if we could catch that there. Yeah. Oh, do they? They play yeah. newer movies. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they had uh, the Battle of the Five Armies there. Oh, nice. I tried to buy tickets online, but it wouldn't let me. Huh. Yeah, I think you have to get them in person there. Yeah, Avengers Age of Ultron, dude. Woo! I can't wait. It's going to be huge. Uh, what's your biggest anticipated movie next year? Is it Avengers Age of Ultron or is it uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens? It's Star Wars. Me yeah, too. Star Wars. Avengers is close, though. And the fact yeah. that it's so much closer a little bit makes me a bit more edgier for it right this moment. Oh, man. But if I could take my pick of like which one I could see right now. Oh, it's Star Wars. Star Wars, Wars Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you ask oh, me yeah. a million times, a million times, I would say yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. I don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but because it is what it is, I'm I'm purposely pushing that Star Wars back a little bit and letting myself get a little bit more hype for Avengers right now. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you think we're gonna see any uh, Chadwick Boseman not as Black Panther, but do you think they're gonna throw him in this one? Yes. Yeah, I, I think you so. see him. I could easily see. I when Circus has got to be Claw. I mean, those are, we we're gonna see a little bit of Wakanda. I think. Yeah, I, I think, think uh, with uh, Ultron uh, <laughs> going to Wakanda to get vibranium for him and the Ultron bots, that yeah, makes I, sense. I think we're going to see a lot of big reveals in the last ten minutes of this movie. Yeah, um, all the rumors we've heard about the team disbanding and a new team kind of rising from the ashes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be some holy shit what's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe moments in the last 10-15 minutes of this right. movie. So, I, yeah, we can kind of count out. I mean, who do you think we're going to lose in the Avengers? I mean, do you think we're going to lose... Uh, you think it's going to be Cap leading a new team? Um, and I think Thor's gone, number one. Yes. I don't know if he's not going to... I don't know what he's going to be going off the planet to do, if he's going to be leaving the planet. That's what I've heard. Like, he's going to be leaving the planet for answers. I mean, I've also... Maybe... maybe Maybe they're going to go the comic book route. Maybe he's going to be unworthy to wield Mjolnir. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree, though. Thor's out. I think um, Iron Man's out. 
How many more is Hemsworth contracted to do? Is this it? Uh, Hemsworth did a six contract deal, I believe. I think he did a five or six movie deal. So this would be number four, wouldn't it? Well, he was in uh, Thor 1, Thor 2, Avengers. So that's three movies. So he's yeah. got two or three left. Okay. Which you'd think, uh, you know, Ragnarok uh, is going to be the fourth one. And then you're going to have, uh, you two know. Two Avengers movies. The two, yeah, the Infinity War. I was wondering if there was a chance that they would kill him off. But in uh, in the uh, comic book, it's Thor, uh, like a clone Thor or robot. Yeah, I don't that, think they're going to do that storyline. Okay. Yeah, when they first announced Ragnarok, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do that story? Yeah. They, yeah. Gotcha. I think they're going to be going with uh, Surtur and, like, the fire demons and mm-hmm, shit like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 when I first heard Ragnarok, I thought it was going to be – no, it's it's the end of everything. Yes. Know? It's gotcha. not the stupid Thor clone. They haven't revealed it yet, though, but yeah. it's. I don't think they're going to do the clone thing. Okay. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, yeah. And I thought, like, that could have – like, they could, like, like – try to do that in civil war maybe and introduce that a little early leading into that next film but it, when Somebody's i actually when i thought die. about it i was like that's fucking stupid they can't do that storyline but somebody would have to die i think that that's about the only thing that could happen that would be important enough to make them want to you know stop hammer time <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's got to happen <laughs> what hammer time? Oh yeah. Hammer time. Every time you see him, the hammer on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we can move on to DC news, but I've been recording straight for about an hour and a half. Pause for the cause. You guys so. want food? Are you hungry? I can eat. I'm. I'm fine. I got cookies. No, no. <laughs> I'm fine. I I was grazing at work all day today. Okay. I, I could go for a milkshake because Frank's milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. What? Frank's milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> I don't even know how to twerk. <laughs> I break my fucking back. Break your back. You could twerk to some Final Fantasy music. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the ultimate twerking music. Holy shit. That Chocobo theme, go to town. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with DC News. <laughs> Fucking old school. Damn. These beats are so fresh. Snap. All right, hey, we're back. Um, I was going to jump into DC news, but I remembered something that I teased last week that I didn't talk about, and so I got to talk about it this week. Remember, Frank, I said I was going to tell everybody my three picks for Spider-Man if Marvel gets the property back. Oh yeah, yeah. I talked about it on the Joe Schmo comic show, but I wanted to like have that episode out there so people would listen to it. But for the people that didn't listen to that episode, uh, I want to reveal my picks for three. Actors, I think that it would be better than Logan Lerman as Spider-Man. Are these just in a random order, or are they like in a countdown? Countdown. Okay. Uh, no, actually, no. It is. It is random. No, I'll go. I'll go from uh, least to best. How about that? Excited. Okay. I like it. What do you think about Logan Lerman? 
Yeah. Are you big? Are you familiar with the actor? What's he been in? Uh, Percy Jackson. Uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Is he Percy Jackson? Yeah. Fury. He's okay. I like him better than Andrew Garfield already. <laughs> but do you want somebody that's okay? Do you want somebody that's gonna fucking uh, you know blow your socks off? Uh, I think he has the potential to blow my socks off. Ah, fuck you. Anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just, I don't think that he's, I, I don't think he's got the comedic timing that I want from a Spider-Man. It's a valid complaint. You know what I mean? Like, if you got Star-Lord cracking people up, Spider-Man's going to be doubly funny, right? Can't argue. So that's what I want. I want somebody with comedic timing yeah. to be amazing as uh I guess I'm so down on Andrew Garfield. You just want anything. Yeah, that yeah. I'm, just, I'm like a wounded dog at this point. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> please, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if uh, you're going to be familiar with a couple of the actors I'm going to talk about anyway. I'll open my iPad up and I'll I'll do some googling while yeah. you're talking. Uh, I'd say number number three is uh, Anton Yelchin. Okay. The actor that plays Chekhov in the Star Trek films. Uh huh. Uh, you know, he's 25, he can pull off a younger guy. Um, I think he has the talent to be a really good Spider-Man. I love this choice. I, I hadn't even thought about it. Um, I think it addresses what you were saying earlier about needing the, like, the quick beat comedic talents. Yeah. I think he could really handle that kind of stuff. And he's, he's kind of an unknown. Everybody just kind of really knows him for his work in the Star Trek movies. Real limited. So it wouldn't be a stretch that he could play Spider-Man. You're not gonna, like, typecast him as another character. Yeah. And I think unless we're going to have a fucking 30 to 40 year old Peter Parker, we just have to cast an unknown in this role. Yeah, I can't think of anybody in that age range that really just knocks it out of the park for me. Uh, number three, Ansel Elgort uh-huh. from The Fault in Our Stars, uh, the movie with Shailene Woodley. Um, he's, he was really charming, really funny in The Fault in Our Stars. Uh, you know, which I think is a perfect Peter Parker. I mean, he's kind of kind of geeky, but in, in the same way, he's still very cool. What's the age of this guy? He's younger. I think he's even younger than Anton. He's twenty. He's twenty. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I think he would be great as uh, Spider Man. Uh, and of course, number one, my number one, who I've championed every episode, Nick Robinson. I think he'd be perfect. You know, Kings of Summer and and uh, Melissa and Joey. He's just he reminds me of a very talented Michael Cera. Just just pulls off that awkward teen so well. Now, is Kings of Summer the movie with Nick Offerman? Oh, God. I don't know if he's in that or not. I can't remember. Is that the one where I he's, just remember the kids. He's the dad? Yeah. 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 He is. Yeah, Nick Offerman's in Yeah. I loved that movie. Yeah, I need to see that. It's that, really That's good. on my list. But I think a better representation of just, like, the comedy that he does in Melissa and Joey is just really funny. Just yeah. a really funny kid. I'm with you. We need to get someone in there that's not stuffy yeah. and can pull off the w- quick-witted humor yeah. and be funny. Be awkward and funny. Yeah, and I think Nick Robinson or Ansel Elgort are the top two choices, in my opinion, to do that. Um, Logan Lerman, I like him. I love him as an actor. Fury was one of the best movies I've seen all year. I watched it twice in theaters. Maybe with a good writing team behind him, he can pull off the comedy and stuff like that. But I just don't see him being like, I mean, Star-Lord was hilarious, but Spider-Man should be twice as funny as Star-Lord, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, Chris Pratt was h- hilarious. To prove your point more, 
it, I mean, he was hilarious before Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, yeah. he was already hilarious on Parks mm-hmm. and Recreation, so yeah. it was a natural fit. So it's, yeah. it's hard to imagine someone coming in that doesn't have that background. You've got to have a background in comedy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I just, I don't know. Garfield's okay as far as some of the comedy goes, but he's—it's not what I want from Spider-Man. Not he should be way funnier, in my opinion. I yeah. don't know. He's a terrible Peter Parker. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan. So, yeah. but uh, I think any three any of these three actors would be better than Logan Lerman in the role. I do. So nothing against Logan Lerman. I mean, I love Fury. He's so damn good. Just I just don't. That's not that's not my Spider Man. Yeah, I still see Andrew Garfield like that whole casting as a result of how huge Twilight was at the time that these movies were in production. That that's what they were going for. They were going for uh, Edward Robert Pattinson, Peter Parker-looking type of dude, you know, with nice hair and the gel and everything. And well, even the director that they chose for it fit that bill. I mean, Mark Webb, who's known for, like, um, what was it, uh, 100 Days of Summer or whatever. It was 500, yeah, 500 Days, Days of Summer, Summer, which was a romantic comedy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the feel they were going for with the casting, and it's, yeah. it's always just annoyed me from the jump. Yeah. So. Yep. Those are my three picks. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to get that out there. We'll move on to DC News. Um, last week we talked about, uh, you know, Badass Digest writer Devin Farasi. He teased that he knows a major plot point in Batman v Superman. He tweeted, Batman's origin is the key to why Batman and Superman team up after their initial fight. So I asked the Army if they had any theories, because I think our theories were shit, Frank. Yeah, they were kind of weak. Yeah, (laughs) mine started off, I thought it was strong, and then (laughs) as we talked about it, it turned into that taster's choice moment, (laughs) which is bullshit. So I asked uh, the Army to send in their emails about, you know, what this could mean, and to leave the uh, subject, uh, the email subject, taster's choice moment. I got one email. But it was a good email. All right, let's hear it. It's from David Isaac. Real, real quick, well, well, lay one of your theories on me, real quick. Oh, it's it, it was a, it was a, it wasn't even like a fully formed theory. It was just bullshit. Oh, yeah. My my theory was like, you know, what do these two have in common? Well, they they both don't have parents, and so like suddenly like they're gonna start talking and then hugging it out and you know cry on each other's shoulders. And that's what that's what the joke turned into and like it was a taster's choice moment between superheroes but <laughs> hug it out bitch. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, the more I talked about it the dumber it sounded. It was it had a lot of loose ends but David Isaac kind of um takes everything that I kind of said and puts it I don't know in a in a better theory. It's a lot better. He says, "Why does everything I hear about the DC cinematic universe scare the shit out of me? Wonder Woman sounds like a mon- monumental clusterfuck." Batman v Superman sounds convoluted, and with this origin thing being what brings them together, I am not feeling all that confident with the story they are trying to convey. I think I have figured out the origin connection, though. Pa Kent sacrificed himself when Clark knows he could have saved him. Regardless of how he feels by the end of Man of Steel about being human and Kryptonian, there is still tremendous guilt and remorse over not being able to save his Earth father. The reason Bruce became Batman is because his parents were shot and killed, basically because they tried to save Bruce. Their connection will be the sacrifice their parents made for them to become better people. This would also explain why we are getting flashbacks of Thomas and Martha being killed again and may explain how Superman finds out about Bruce, Batman, 
with the rumors of the Wayne tomb and Bruce visiting it. So Supes follows Batman after some confrontation and the Batmobile pulls up to the tomb. Batman gets out and walks up to the tomb and pulls off the cowl to reveal Bruce Wayne. He kneels down in front of the crypt and wails while he finds his strength to continue. Superman puts it all together and they end up sharing their taster's choice moment. <laughs> I hope this is true. <laughs> I hope you enjoy this theory, David Isaac. I like the part where he talks about, you know, Paul can't sacrifice himself and all that stuff. I do have a problem with, um, you know, Super, <laughs> Superman having to wait for Bruce to pull off the cowl. I mean, he can just... With X-ray vision, X-ray vision he it up. Just, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need to go to that length. Do you think uh, somehow he knows that, and he's got something in the cowl lead lined or mesh, something like that? No. Okay. I'm very smart of David Isaac to mesh together what we know about already seeing the Batman origin again and this twist that they're going to tie together. Yeah. Like I can just see that. Like when Batman tells Superman, "We'll see it too." Yeah. You know the classic kind of tropey thing. I don't think that they're going to talk about the lead thing. In this, because that was one of the biggest stupidest things that fucking Superman did in the original Superman movie when he's having the interview with Lois on top of her, you know, her at her apartment out on the roof, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and he's like, "Well, I I can't see through lead." It's like, okay, now you've just told every villain out there <laughs> one of your weaknesses, and right. I, I think Snyder's going to stay away from that because it was one of the dumbest things that they did in the original Superman movie. Yeah, ju- just like um, Batman and the and the. Nolan stuff. This yeah. Superman is not the comic book Superman, right? I mean, that's been firmly established. I think at this point, yeah. It yeah. was rumored that uh, that weave in his suit was something that uh, was like a some kind of kryptonite weave. That was one of the rumors that we've talked about before. Do you think it could be kryptonite? No. Ba- Batman. We're going to see kryptonite. We're going to see Superman. In order for him to defeat Superman, there's got to be some form of kryptonite. But I don't know about. In his suit. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to incorporate it. Yeah. I think Tony Stark's going to create it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Together with Bruce Banner and Hank Pym. They're going to give it to Batman to defeat Superman. I think you're I think you're on to something. Because they need... I think Batman v Superman is desperately short on characters. (laughs) And they need an infusion of three more. Yeah, we talked last week. You didn't even you didn't hear this, but uh, Wonder Woman. The rumor out there is that they've uh, hired six screen writers to write that. And uh, well, six is better than one, right? No, I mean we talked about <laughs> Aquaman having three. Yeah, and now they got six on Wonder Woman. They have no idea what the fuck they're going to do with this movie. Do you know the names of all six of these people? No, it was just a rumor from a guy that that uh. knows that says he knows. I think he's. He probably knows one of the screenwriters, and and word got to him. <laughs> wow! So that's always bad news. The more screenwriters, the worse, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought it was bad when they had three for fucking Aquaman. Now we got six for Wonder Woman. Yeah. Ooh, not good. Yeah. Uh, la la la. Let's see here. No, I like that theory, David. I just I, I don't think that I don't think that it's going to have to. Go to the point where he has to wait for him to pull off his cowl. Yeah, I, if, they, if they do it right, just use the X-ray vision. I was like seeing that scene in my head in the movie, and it oh, I laughed so hard. I mean, you heard me. It's very funny to me. What's that? The scene where uh, Batman and Batman's crying and whatnot oh. about his parents dying, yeah. and Superman like consoling him, and them having their well, we've already seen the, moment. We've already seen the sad Batman, so you know he's hanging his head at some point. Yeah. 
Wowzers. We've talked about the Shazam movie in the past, and one of the questions that we had was, is Shazam going to be taking place in the same universe as the other DC films? Uh, it looks like we have our answer. There, I'm sorry? Uh, it smells like no, right? Uh, a blog post from the DC Comics highlights the announcement of a DC cinematic universe and then points out that Warner Brothers, <coughs> quote, revealed a full slate of 10 DC entertainment feature films all set within the same universe. Um, so it is in the same universe, according to, the, to DC. Um, I think what I can kind of take from this, though, is like, are they going to cross over? Is Shazam going to cross over? Well, let's see how the movie plays out in theaters first before we take that leap. But yes, yeah, they're in the same universe. If the movie performs well and it fits with these other characters, then we can throw them in there. But until then, we're not going to do it. Yeah. so Kind of a chicken move, right? Well, it's not even done by the same studio yeah. that is doing... Um, the other films, it's a different division of Warner Brothers, which is what I, a lot of people thought it wasn't going to be part of the overall universe. Oh, yeah, that's kind of the problem Warner Brothers is getting themselves into already because it's um, like Snyder Studio that's like involved with a lot of these big pictures, right? And they're not necessarily going to be able to be involved with everything. Uh, like the overall, I mean... Sn- yeah, whatever it's called. Is it Legendary or whatever it is? That- I know, I, yeah, he's got his own... It's not that, but it. I think that's Nolan's. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, legendary, legend, legendary is their own production company. Yes, legendary. They now they're they were they had an exclusive deal with Warner's, but now that's with uh, Universal. Um, but I, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember. They got their own website and everything. I don't know. It just seems like Marvel. Even even though Marvel has is like has limbs of their body cut off, in some ways they still have it easier than DC and Warner Brothers trying to get all this shit cohesive. You know, even though Marvel doesn't have Spider Man or Fantastic Four or X Men, like at least they have complete cinematic control over everything else. Where it's not. I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know. They could already have it worked out that Shazam is going to show up in in the Justice League movie. For all I know. Yeah, that's. I'm true. just saying that. If I were them, if any of these characters don't seem to fit with what they're doing, it might be Shazam. And and based on the studio that it's with, the division of Warner, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like a little bit of a chicken move, though. It's like if Marvel with Guardians of the Galaxy, like, didn't if it is that route, I mean, yeah. but we don't know. I mean, they said it's it's a it's a full slate of ten DC Entertainment feature films all set within the same universe. I mean, I'm I'm the one speculating that, you know, they're waiting to yeah. see how the movie performs. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if like, The Rock knocks our socks off as the Black Adam is a villain then he could potentially be in, like, a Justice League movie as a baddie, you know? Right. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know what they're planning on doing with it. But, yeah, I mean, if you're right, yeah, sure. I mean, it just shows that they don't know what they're doing. I'm the jackass with my phone on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is that crusty? Haven't done that for a while. It's my, like, clown car noise. No. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, yeah, if, if, if... I don't have full confidence if that's what they're doing. If they're waiting to see how the movie performs mm-hmm. and how it would fit in overall, yeah, it is. It is a chicken move because it, 
they don't have anything fleshed out. I mean, they're they're in the early stages. I mean, all we've seen from like this new reboot is fucking Man of Steel. So we haven't seen anything else. I mean, we haven't seen like an actual official trailer yet for Batman v Superman. So right. yeah, we've got no idea if it's gonna feel right too. Like the Marvel universe fits together so nice and neat. There's no reason why it shouldn't, though. I mean, each one of those movies is completely different, but they all come together, like, in the event film. Right. Yeah, but I feel like Marvel did it a little more of a slow burn on it, where it's like DC, like, Man of Steel was, was you know, not, didn't push things forward, but within two movies were Justice League, were, you know, were Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League. Yeah, because and, we got Iron Man and Thor before we ever even knew that they were going to have, like, ensemble films. Captain America, too. Yeah. No, I've always thought that they should have done separate movies. Yeah, you right, yeah. said that, you, you know, like, yeah, exactly. You got to build up, you know, have your Flash movie, have your Aquaman movie, make it a big event when Justice League happens. I, I feel like they're doing it all ass fucking backwards. Right. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're going to pay the price. Too. Yeah. Well, I had no problem when they first announced Batman v Superman. Right. I thought it was a great idea. It's when they started introducing fucking everybody else under the sun being in this goddamn movie. Yeah, yeah it's when they made it the dawn of fucking justice, yeah. and we found out Justice League was right afterwards mm-hmm. because, gaduh, the movie's called Dawn of Fucking Justice. It makes me think that they just went through and claimed a bunch of dates and slapped a name to it, and then they're going to figure out how to flesh it all out and make it work later on. Yeah, some parts of it are definitely like that. Because they've got no idea where these, you know, second-tier movie or whatever you want to call them, like the Wonder Woman stuff, they've got no idea where it's going to go. I just, I feel like this Batman v Superman is going to be like three and a half hours fucking long. They've got so much going on in it. Right. People are going to have 12 seconds of screen time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I don't think Ray Fisher is going to get a huge role in this. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's going to be a big part of this. But Wonder Woman, I mean, how much of Wonder Woman are we going to get? You know what I mean? How much Aquaman are we going to get? Because I got to assume Lex Luthor is going to get a bunch of screen time. Yeah. Lex Luthor, Aquaman, since he worked with Snyder, and Snyder wants him to direct his movie. Yeah. Um, Which they're saying that director Jeff Nichols is the front runner for Aquaman, which I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, I was going to say, who dat? I don't know. I don't know how much we're going to get from each of these characters. Yeah, it just seems like they should, they're doing it all fucking backwards. Like, that's the difference between them and Marvel. There's like starting with Justice League practically and then going after that, you know? Do you think they're going to introduce the full Justice League team though? That's the thing. In Justice League, I mean, are we going to have the full team? You know what I mean? Are we going to have Green Lantern in that first one, or is they going to save him for like the second movie? Yeah. You know, is he going to be off planet? Because I've heard that rumor. I feel like we will not have Green Lantern in the first Justice League movie. Yeah, they might want to like stay save away from him, it. you know, because of that whole Ryan Reynolds debacle, <laughs> yeah. debacle. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm going to wait. I mean, I don't know. I, I want to see Batman v Superman. I st- I still want to see it. I'm excited for it. Even if it's a turd, I'm still excited to see Batman and Superman on the same screen. Mm-hmm. Right. That's going to get my fucking ass in a seat. Oh, yeah. Oh, mine too. So, um, okay, here we go. I got, I got news. I'm reporting a lot of these Reddit fucking rumors, right? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. A ton of them. There's like, uh, Reddit seems to be the place to get a lot of rumors these days, whether they're legit or not. I mean, we got Star Wars rumors on Reddit and everything. There's still fun talking points, whether yeah. or not they're true. Um, the Reddit rumor mill is back at it again this week. And the rumors this week come from Reddit user Old Comic Book Fan, who says he was a part of a focus test group for the new Suicide Squad movie. Here's what he said on Reddit. Okay, so I apologize if I don't do this right. This is my first time on Reddit and my first time posting. The reason I'm posting is because I spent a good hour over at Warner Brothers with a few people, and they did a focus test group regarding the upcoming film Suicide Squad. Um, They made this apparent from the focus test, but a few of these things were set in stone. Others were still a work in progress. First thing they did was quiz us on our knowledge of the Suicide Squad. There were a lot of questions about our knowledge on the new 52 Suicide Squad and particularly Harley Quinn. From general conversations, it sounds like Harley Quinn may be the protagonist of the movie. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, that'd be really cool, I think. The director of the movie joined us. He asked whether any of us had watched Speed. He said that the blend of action with a time-sensitive conflict was what inspired the plot of Suicide Squad. The director asked what we enjoyed more in an action movie, a serious action movie like The Raid or more of a comedic approach like in the Jump Street movies. Hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, there's more to this. I'm going to get into it. This is very fascinating, though. It's fascinating, but is it a little troubling to you that they haven't quite worked out the tone for the movie yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> When's that puppy getting released? This is something that 2016. This is something like when a movie is first conceived. Yeah. This is one of the first things they figure out is the tone of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes when you get a cast, though, that you don't expect, you kind of have to reevaluate. That happens all the time in movies and television. It's not a good sign for me. This is like, you don't even have to have a script or anything like that yet, but at least the tone of the movie should be set. (laughs) Usually that's like a pre-funding stage. Yeah, I mean, this is something that they're working out very late in the game. If they're getting focus groups now to figure this out, that's not good. (laughs) Near, uh, here we go. More, more from this, uh, comic book fan, Reddit user. Near the end, we were broken into groups of three. There were nine of us total. And given a one page summary of the plot, we were asked to describe what we liked and didn't like. What we were given mentioned Harley Quinn being needed to decipher a complex series of bombs planted throughout Gotham. Harley is estranged from the Joker, and her knowledge is being used to figure out where the Joker has placed the bombs. Deathstroke is Amanda Waller's personal bodyguard, and he's placed in the squad to oversee that they do not deviate from the mission parameters. The plot then becomes more complex as the Joker has a far more complex goal in mind. I I, I like that, if that is the plot. That sounds pretty fun. I I like the speed comparison. And having it have like kind of that white knuckle action movie feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one thing that I found confusing is I thought that they were going to use. I personally thought that you know they were going to use Rick Flag, Tom Hardy's character, to oversee the group, like in the comics. Okay, uh, but it sounds like they're going to be using Deathstroke 
he's joining the squad. Right. Which, you know, I mean, I don't know. We could still see Rick Flagg used like this, but I don't know. I don't know why they'd have two to oversee. It just seems like now they're going to have Deathstroke. You know, he's a mercenary. Yeah. Working for Amanda Waller, and he's going to be the one overseeing the group, not Rick Flagg. Maybe at the end of the day he'll turn on the team. Do you think he's got a multi-picture deal? Who? Will Smith. No, the, Will Smith is dead shot. Oh. This is Deathstroke. Oh, all right. Sorry. No, you're fine. It's confusing. Deadshot, Deathstroke. Yeah. But no, Deathstroke is the one, and, and they haven't even cast him. They haven't even cast a Deathstroke yet. That's, you can't start from the fucking top and work down. So, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying all this, uh, but um, it's really upsetting if it's true. Uh, the, the, the I don't know. We'll talk about the plot. We'll talk, we talked about like you know, I guess like kind of like the the tone they're wanting to set. Like yeah. you know, it's a race against time. Get the bombs. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that would work to its advantage. All right. Yeah, it's a suicide mission. Yeah, you know. Could get blown the fuck up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's talk about um, the plot for a second. Um, that the user is claiming uh, that they're going to use. Now, they say uh, the Joker has planted bombs around Gotham, and Harley is being portrayed as the protagonist. And because of her direct involvement, knowledge of the Joker, she's trying to find these bombs. Um, I have problems with it, though. Okay, I do. Number one, if there are bombs in Gotham. I sure as hell they. I sure as hell hope that they explain why the fuck Batman is not involved in this film. I mean, <laughs> right. this either proves that he's you know handling something else somewhere. You know, maybe he's in Metropolis or something, or he's still a shitty detective because Batman should make an appearance if there's bombs in his fucking city. I have full confidence that this will be addressed, I feel. They, I, I, I sure as hell hope so. It has to be. I agree with you. It has to be. If it's, it's such omitted, a pothole yeah. or plot hole. If it's omitted, it'll be just like, what the fuck? Right. Now, with what they're saying here with this plot, do you think that the Joker is going to get more than 15 minutes in this movie? Yes. Why? I, I think that they, they kind of hint at an unraveling of what's really going on in this storyline that they outlined. I think that what you'll see in this film is more of a setup for what they're going to drop him in on next. How so many minutes are you say, saying? Right like, about what you're saying. 15. 15 or less. And then like from there on, like the big bad is the threat of the bombs or whatever. Yeah, I give it more. I'm giving him 25. I'm hoping Frank's right. I'm hoping Frank's right. Um, this is the approach that I want them to take when they do this. I want them to take <laughs> and don't confuse this. I, I'm not. I'm not talking about the horror and the gore, but I want them to take the Saw approach to this. The yeah. movie, the movie Saw. You know, the Saw movies where Jigsaw left clues and videos, but wasn't like really around while this is all happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd rather see there be clues and videos left like in this movie so we don't see the Joker real time until maybe the end of the film where he's been, you know, watching the whole time uh, or some twist at the end, you know, just like at the end of Saw where we saw there's this big reveal at the end of the movie. All right, so you wanted like five minutes of time or less. 
yeah, I don't really want a lot of Joker in there. I want there to be a lot of Joker like Easter eggs mm-hmm. and uh, maybe a video. Maybe you don't see him completely in the video. Maybe just like you hear his voice somewhere, like a like an audio recording. Maybe we'll see him from the side. You maybe can, we'll see him from the back. That can be used to great effect as a character development device. Maybe he'll be in fucking Arkham, but he's already set up all this shit on the outside. And you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, but I, I want them to take like a saw approach to this and keep the mystery to the character. I don't right. want us to see him mm. real time. That makes it more scary. It makes yeah. it more scary. That's the approach that I want them to take. So use the character sparingly and then maybe show him at the end, like something blowing up and him walking away and we get to hear that fucking laugh for the first time, yeah. for the first time at the end of the movie. Yeah. I like your idea way better, but I feel like they're going to, he's going to be in it a lot at this point. I really do. Um, they they go on to say, um, uh, I, no, 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 no. Um, he also never mentioned in this whole thing that the Joker joins the Suicide Squad. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, he's never been a member of the Suicide Squad in any of the comics. Um, and I'm not saying, like, Joker's never been a part of a team before. He has. He's been part of the Injustice League, which I think they might actually start – I think that I think one of these movies. I think they might do an Injustice League movie. That would be on. awesome. I think they will. I think it will happen. Um, and uh, he's also been in the Club of Villains, but he's never been a part of the Suicide Squad. So, thank God that this Reddit user did not mention any of that. Hmm. The Reddit user goes on to say, "I'm paraphrasing what the other plots were, but they all deviated slightly." Some had Harley as being part of the squad, but betraying them for the Joker. The other involved a conspiracy from Lex Luthor, which involves working with the Joker. In Justice League, possibly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, my final impressions are positive. Before we left, the director showed us concept art. Some were okay. The boomerang guy and the witch girl were not that great. So he's talking about uh, boomerang and uh, enchantress. <laughs> I really like Deathstroke's design. They really gave him this realistic but tech-geared look that is probably the best design I've ever seen of Deathstroke. Wow. Based on what I saw, I would love to go see this movie when it releases. Yeah, I can just imagine a scene with uh, Joker and Lex Luthor shaking hands, possibly, and starting that off here, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bottom line... About this whole thing, yeah. this Reddit user and everything, he's saying, I don't buy it. I don't buy any of it. I think it's too late in the game for David Ayer and the studio not to work this out a lot sooner. Focus groups now is just insane. Yeah, They, they should have a lot of this shit already worked out. I, 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 I don't see it. Um, I just think, I think with the popularity of Reddit and a lot of these Star Wars rumors getting published on major media sites... I think a lot of this is just fucking fan fiction. And mm. a lot of people just seeing if they can get their shit on a fucking media site. Yeah, very possible, very possible. That sucks that people would do that. I got to tell you, on the Jake hypometer, I'm way more excited for Suicide Squad than I am for uh, Justice League. I we, agree. We all said that a couple episodes. Yeah. I mean, this is the one that we're looking forward to the most. Yeah. Oh, man. Especially after I saw Wolf of Wall Street. Margot Robbie's gonna, just going to knock this role out of the park. Depending oh, yeah. on You know what I mean? Depending mm-hmm. on uh, how they portray the character. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Yeah. 
I mean, and yeah, I'm sure somebody would be busting my balls about oh how she looks and stuff, but she's an awesome actress. Oh, she's so talented. Yeah, when she was mad at uh, at uh, Jordan uh-huh. in the in the film, and she was real mad, and then she was real seductive afterward. 2016 Suicide Squad. Yeah, that it comes up? out August 2016. Mm. A year and a half. So yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, she actually looks like the best part of this new Will Smith movie she's going to be in. Oh, they're in a movie together before the Suicide Squad movie. Yep, that's why I think they're going to have really good chemistry on screen in this movie. But uh, and that movie actually looks pretty damn good. It looks like a con, like one of these like con movies. Really. I love those kind of movies. Yeah, it looks really good. Hmm. So, uh, guys, Star Wars news is really fucking thin. It's mostly emails this week, but that's what we're going to do next. We're going to do some Star Wars news. Cool. Let's do it. What are you saying? What am I saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> All right. I always take a Ralph Wiggum saying that line and saying that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like burning. <laughs> I love his fucking lines. Yeah, Just Ralph Wiggins is the greatest. Um, Lee Tapscott sends us an email. Uh, it's about the lightsaber. So, yeah, dude. I scared people off that one fucking week. Yeah. Bitching about the emails. And, <laughs> and they come flooding in again. Yep. Uh, Lee Tapscott, uh, he says, What if the crossguard lightsaber belonged to Darth Vader? I have two reasons to think this might be a possibility. Whoa. We have seen concept artwork of either a Sith or an, or an Inquisitor finding Vader's helmet. Perhaps this was a place Vader kept hidden that stored his personal belongings, including a discarded lightsaber. We know that Disney, number two, we know that Disney might take some ideals from the extended universe and use them to a degree in the movies. Well, in that universe, when Anakin Skywalker lost his mobility that he showed as a Jedi Knight, he tr- that transformed him into the cyborg we all came to love called Darth Vader. Vader had to rely on more brute force using a lightsaber while encountering the more nimble Jedis that were being hunted down. Perhaps the crossguard lightsaber we saw in the trailer was a discarded early concept Vader was playing around with. After all, Anakin loved tinkering with items. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. Lee, freeze it, Tapscott. Yeah, I love it. I think that's, a, that's great thinking. Uh, very, very good out-of-the-box thinking. I think if they can think of a clever way to tie Darth Vader into these movies somehow... They definitely want to do that. Well, didn't they say they were already going to have him on it? Wasn't that a rumor? Have who on what? Vader in the film. Who said that? It was one of the rumors that we had reported. Oh, I thought you said a fish. I thought no, you were official. No no, 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 no. Sure, there's been plenty of rumors that Vader might make an appearance in the movie. I guess if they tied it together with that, it'd probably be okay. Otherwise, Are you talking about the flashback scene of Vader? Yeah. So, I mean, if they use that to explain it, I guess. But other than that, it almost seems like it would take too much to explain. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't want to see a flashback scene in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Number one. It could always be a holo recording. Yeah, but then then you got to go through the trouble of explaining it. I mean, unless it's some type of major plot piece. I'm saying the the holo recording explains it. 
Well, right, but I mean, unless the sword itself is, has what's a lot the record? It's the like record. so they hit play on the uh, they hit play on the recording. What do we see in the recording? Anakin talking about the lightsaber. If it's about the lightsaber, yeah, I don't know. Anakin talking about the lightsaber. I'm just I just and, can't see how they would work that into the story because I mean, it, it appears that you know a bad guy has it. At what point in time are they going to sit down and have a discussion or try to figure out where it came from to where you would watch? I'm saying when he finds it, the whole recording would be there with it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you, Frank. Yeah. I'm just throwing shit against the wall. I know. Yeah. I I would almost want them not to tell us. I feel like... I like how it just is. Yeah. I would take a whole recording over a flashback any day. That I agree with. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, It's an interesting... uh, it's an interesting theory. I just, I, I just, I, I just think it. Uh, I don't know. I just think it'd be cool just to see this uh, Sith Lord either find an ancient, you know, lightsaber, or just somebody that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, and they make this, they make this overpowered lightsaber. Yeah, that's my favorite theory. Yeah, the so. simple answer is the best. Yeah, it just it's like like you said, Frank. It's just too much story to like fit it in with Darth Vader. Yeah, if they, I guess if they could think of a creative way to do it to bring it in there, so that it's not like we've got to spend like five minutes explaining how this guy comes across this, you know, this uh, I don't know, this locker where Vader left a bunch of shit. And I mean, I understand like his they, porn like, collections in there, <laughs> right? Old lightsabers, naked pictures of Padme, yeah. <laughs> Some used lighters, spanker chip. Yeah. Oh man, that's nuts. <laughs> no. I'm just. I don't know if they could find a really good way to do it. But you know, I don't know if they. Do we need? Do we? Do we really want to see more Vader? No. Days? No. You know, we don't need to. Can we just let Vader live in the original trilogy and then yeah. and then in the prequels and then that's it and let's just move on. Yes. Let's try to let's try to make everything bigger and better with new characters that we can fall in love with. I think I think that's the way we'll go. I don't think we'll see Vader in it. Yeah, I'm with you. We got our little Vader in that like uh, Rebels extended edition. Exactly. You know, that's all I need. Yeah, and that was fun. You know, they already fucked up Vader in the prequels. Let's not fuck him up yeah. anymore. <laughs> and then you know, I got a glimpse of him when I played like the Force Unleashed and shit. Yeah, that was yeah. a nice little extras. Uh, oh yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Lee had a little bit more. He had a PS. Oops. On episode 71, Frank did a wonderful job. Ha! Huh. Aww. I found it especially pleasing how Frank kept the spirit of Jake alive with his gotcha comments every 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Frank. Good work. <sighs> um, <laughs> welcome back, Jake. Missed you. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> and lastly, let's not forget the man, the myth. Our leader in the army, Brian. Thank you for all your time you put in to make these wonderful podcasts that entertain me on a weekly basis. So, thank you, Lee. Appreciate the email. Sorry, I wasn't more of like a supporter of this theory. Yeah, I like, feel bad now. I'm like shitting all over. It was here. a fun theory. I'm going to get another email from him. I'm not going to be the man, the myth, <laughs> our leader. I'm going to be the douche, the asshole, the fuckface <laughs> that totally shit on my theory, Brian. But no, man, I. If they could do it in a creative way, that'd be cool. But I just want to leave Vader out of it. Don't let's stop messing with the the Darth Vader mythos. I feel like they're going to have a hard time leaving Vader out of it. Uh, they don't. I, they, they don't know how to let it go. I think he'll be mentioned. They can mention. Oh, him, definitely. But he'll be mentioned, I don't want to yeah. see him. 
people are going to be name dropping Vader because no, they're cool. I mean, I'm we, cool. If we see somebody find the mask, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what theory you tie to it, I don't want to see a big, like you said, five, ten minute long explanation of what this sword is and why, unless it's like the, a major plot point, unless like that's the relic. That's yeah, the. Yeah, I don't even want to see like a hollow recording of Anakin making it. Maybe Vader you know could I mean? show up just like he showed up like in Empire Strikes Back. Like, do what now? Like Vader could show up like in the way he showed up in Empire Strikes Back. Like it wasn't really him. It was like a hallucination, you know? Oh. Oh, in the cave, in Yoda's yeah. cave. So let's do that again? I'm not saying do that specifically again, but maybe like Vader could appear to Luke. And like Luke could have a hallucination of Vader for some reason or another. Yeah, but then wouldn't that make him like a force ghost? No, 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 just like that. an empire. Just, oh, right. Oh, okay. Or, or maybe not even the same technology as empire. Maybe just a straight up Luke, like going fucked up hallucination, you know, of Vader. You got some bad quaaludes. Yeah. I'm just I'm trying to come up with my own creative ways to throw Darth Vader in this movie. He's he's on the lemons yep. quaaludes. <laughs> Rolling around. <laughs> yeah. We could see like John Boyega's character like trying to like well, this dri- is what's gonna- trying to drive a speeder and he yeah. fucks it up. <laughs> Luke's gonna have a hallucination, he's gonna see Darth Vader, then he's gonna make a twelve minute nine one one phone call. Then he's going to wake up from a coma and yeah. think he's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> and then the Imperial Army's going to show up and he's not going to remember any of it. He's like, I'm sorry, guys, but right. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I got, it all, I got it all figured out. You know what? I think we just made a movie right there. <laughs> That's what Kevin Smith did when he fucking made Tusk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, you know what? While we were doing our podcast, I got another email. That's always fun. We're, we're cool. actually doing a podcast and we get another email. Live while, email yeah, read. Live email read. And it comes from Bree Jordan again. Yeah. Is it about Star Wars too? It's about Star Wars. Oh. Uh, actually, she goes, uh, is it a she or he? Bree. I think it's a she. Bree, it's a she, I she. think. Actually, I do have a question related to Star Wars. I'm pretty much a new fan of this world. I saw the originals like, 10 plus years ago, but I really didn't remember anything since I was a kid. I recently got into it, starting with Rebels, which is amazing, and the Clone Wars, and prequels, and then originals. Who'd have thought the originals would be so much better than the prequels? I will admit, the Phantom Menace book was excellent. Way better than the movie, and that movie wasn't bad. But anyway, my question is, why does everyone love Boba Fett? He literally stands around and looks cool, and then in Empire, he gets thrown around when Jabba is trying to kill Luke, then gets eaten by a flower monster. <laughs> I just don't understand why he is so many people's favorite character. <laughs> he was more he was more interesting as a child in Clone Wars. Can you guys please clear this up for me? Thanks, Bree. That was wow. actually uh, more interesting as a child in Clone Wars. That was that was Jedi that he got thrown around in, not Empire. I'll do respect to her if that's what she wrote, but yeah, she said an empire. Yeah, that's what she said. Great. I'm now that fucking nerd that had to correct her. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, why is Boba Fett so popular? I think it's just because kind of one of the cool things about the original Star Wars movies is there wasn't a lot of exposition about a lot of things. They just like, even in the first one, the cantina scene, there's just all these interesting creatures and aliens that you see, but you don't like know the story. You just kind of have to make it up or just fantasize about it. He's so mysterious. Yeah. He's very mysterious. The design of the character is cool, number one. 
and he's a bounty hunter, and the fact that there's just really small scenes where like he just shows up, like you don't know he's there, like a space scene, yeah. and then he starts following, he's tailing, you know, the ship and shit like that. Right. Yeah. As a kid, I hated him. Because I was like so like sold by the actual like story of the movie, and he was that jerkwad that took Han away at the end of Empire. Right. Like I, I hated him. Like as a teenager, you know, he's one of my all time favorites, and still yeah. is. But as a kid, I was totally sold by like how big of a scumbag he was. I was like, ew, Bubba Fett, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I was never really all that into him. I've always been a big fan of Vader. Well, I, I love Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. I love his ship, too, the Slave Eye. I love Boba Fett. It's just because he was so mysterious. We didn't mm-hmm. know that much. He's like the Wolverine of Star Wars, right. kind of. Well, for the longest time, there was that rumor that, is Boba Fett a male or a female? Yeah. Like, nobody even knew until they came out with the re-release, and then he's in the, uh, he, he's in a scene where he's in, like, is he in the cantina? Or is it? And then he's like checking out females. Yeah, he's like nodding. That is correct. Like yeah, that. in Return of the Jedi, yeah. he's like nodding oh, yeah. at the girls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but that doesn't purely say whether was that Jabba's yes. palace. Yeah, yeah, but, it was Jabba's palace. Yeah, <clears throat> don't even get me started on that. Ugh. I know, but that's what like whatever when, when that first came out, everybody was like, oh yeah, okay, so he's he's a dude. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I don't know. I just the mystery of the character. I love the character design. I, yeah, yeah. I, the, we're not selling her. The rocket pack. The rocket pack. Yeah. Oh, what eight-year-old boy didn't love a rocket pack? Like that. That was amazing. Dad. Yeah, but the rocket pack is how he died. Yeah. Like, eh. yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. People, people just loved it. We we latched onto those mysterious characters in Star Wars. Yeah. And I, I hope the new trilogy does a little bit of that. Where I hope we get a bunch of new things that we don't like necessarily have all the answers to that as we long can. as they don't fuck them up you know because i think they did a great job with uh boba fett's origin in the original trilogy uh, the prequels excuse me yeah i like it too one of the things that they didn't fuck up <laughs> yeah <that was> fine <laughs> uh let's see here wow we, this is it this is all i got for star wars news I, oscar isaac talks about star wars the force awakens with entertainment tonight and i'm gonna go ahead and play it all right that's all audio. i got that's it oscar isaac Star Wars The Force Awakens trailer is on track to become the most viewed trailer of all time. Hey guys, I'm Ashley Carlson. That trailer gave us a... Whoa, sorry. Hey, welcome back. I'll play it. <laughs> Let me start it over. Star Wars The Force Awakens trailer is on track to become the most viewed trailer of all time. Hey guys, I'm Ashley Carlson. That trailer gave us a glimpse of Oscar Isaac in action, and now he's telling us what it's like to be in such a highly anticipated movie. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I went for Thanksgiving. I was down with the family when it came out, and they're huge Star Wars buffs. So it was uh, to be able to see that with them and, and see just how excited people are to go back into that world. And for me to be a part of that is just really wonderful it's just really exciting to see what jj's uh, up to just weeks after finishing so you can imagine with a, from a year from now what uh, what he's going to be doing little is known about oscar's role but rumors are swirling that he will be part of the newest trio of stars and i'd say the trailer is a strong hint of that but we'll have to wait to see when the movie hits theaters december 2015 <laughs> wow, weak Star Wars. A lot of series. nothing there. A lot of nothing. Yeah. So that's all I got. Big handful of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? What are he saying? Wow. Nothing. Glad I can share that. 
Yeah, there was nothing going on there. <laughs> wow. I think he's going to be one of the trio of stars. Well, no shit. <laughs> wow, she's on the pulse of okay. Star Wars news. <laughs> According to the trailer, he's in the movie. <laughs> we heard it. Mm. That's all I got, guys. It's the end. We're done, right? That's it. All right. That's it, Frank. No. Nothing pre- else. Presents. What? You got you to open presents. Oh, jeez. He feels your presence. He's a no. dark lord. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you sure you don't want to wait till next week? Why would we? I don't know. <laughs> you fucking loving it. <laughs> All right, it's present time. So the secret Santa time. Leftover gift exchange. Going into it. I'll grab the grab stuff. Oh fuck! I'm trying to knock shit over. So I don't know. Hold on, let me grab mine. Said that she did. You just got it on top of your... I don't wrap anything. I just threw my shit in gift bags. In bags? Frank. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. And Jake's. Thank you, thank you. All right, the pop culture left. This is what you've been waiting for, Frank. Yay! So how do how do the gift bags work? Do you do you always just do you just recycle gift bags? That's smart. Yeah, you guys can keep them, use them for next year. Are you Yay. sure you can have it back? I if don't you want to reuse it. Yeah. Whatever. Don't I don't care. I'll take it. It's got polar bears on it. That's some good shit. We talked about Go this Coke. last week, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not quite so friendly. Polar. All right. So who's gonna go first? Frank, you go first. Open up a gift. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for back. This is uh, Brian's yeah, gift to Frank. Me. If you Hey, uh, oh, gift yeah. receipt's in there. If you already got this for yourself, then you can take them back to Toys R Us. Oh, holy shit. Amiibos. Oh, nice. Sweet. Same as some Mario. If you awesome. got them already, you no, can I don't. take them back. No, I don't have them. The you old, got them? No, I oh, you don't? I don't have them. Oh, nice. I do now because of you. Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> he does now. Nice. Exciting. Yay, yeah. Thank you. Samus from Metroid and then... Mario. Fireball Mario. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cool. You, you know they have some goofy, like, factory fuck-up where they uh, made a Samus with two guns by accident? Oh, really? Yeah, really? the shit's going crazy on eBay. People are paying, like, two, $300 oh, for Oh, man, I should have looked for one of those. those. Ever since I read that a couple of weeks ago, every time I see it at the store, I just kind of peek. Just to look, Just to yeah. see the two guns. I'm like, oh, shit, the two guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would sell that shit in a second. I don't need to How much are they going shit. for? Like two to three hundred bucks. No shit. Yeah. yeah, for the fucking fuck up, you know? Yeah, yeah I wonder how limited they are. Yeah. I wonder how many they accidentally I, made. There's like, there, there's quite a few on eBay. There's like at least a dozen. Wow. Huh. So they're around. Huh. They're around. They're awesome collectibles. You want to just go around? You want me to go ahead and do yours from... From you, Brian? Oh, yeah, you can open mine. What you got here? Oh, yes, a Star Wars Black Series Han Solo. Nice. He's got interchangeable hands. What are, what are those for? One's for shooting first, the other's for not. <laughs> <laughs> nice. These Black Series figures are so nice. You don't have that one? No. Okay, awesome. Yeah, not at all, not at all. That's sweet. 
any Star Wars action figure is a good gift. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Oh, hell no. I even take Jar Jar, so I'm easy <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> Star Wars gift going. You want to go ahead and do one of yours? Yeah, which one should I open here? Um, My, my two are these two. Go okay. ahead and do that one first. This one here? Yeah. It's a record, isn't it? No. <laughs> I decided to uh, get both you and Frank calendars, you know, because uh-huh. I thought that'd be nice. And I was looking, I looked at Game of Thrones calendars and oh, Walking cool. Dead calendars and Star Wars calendars and like all the pop culture stuff. Right. And they were all just so generic to me. Like the 12 pictures were like all the production pictures from whatever show you see. That's like the same crappy pictures you see on everything. Right. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to find calendars that I think are good calendars. This is a what the fuck calendar? Yeah. <laughs> it's a what the fuck calendar with 12 what the fuck moments. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got a surfing what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, I thought. <laughs> I, I, to me, I always have a calendar every year, and I thought that was a really, really unique and clever calendar. Yeah, it's very cool. Wait till you see Frank's. Oh, jeez. Okay. I, I hope you're not jealous of Frank's because, oh, man. All right. I've actually bought this calendar for myself a couple of years. It's a hell of a rap job. Brian might rec- recognize it being a Conan O'Brien fan. Extraordinary chicken. It's the extraordinary oh, chicken calendar. <laughs> nice. Yeah, twelve months of funky chickens. <laughs> My cock approves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, twelve months Holy of cock. Holy shit! Look at that. <laughs> That's oh my up. god. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So yeah, an extraordinary chicken catalog for you. <laughs> Surprised Frank didn't get a Mike Tyson's mysteries. But you know what I'm saying? I lo- I looked at all like the like shows and yeah. like stuff you guys liked. I'd like the Doctor. Yeah. I looked at the Doctor Who, the Game of Thrones, the Star Wars, yeah. The Walking Dead. Just seemed lame. They had a Ghostbusters one even, but like all the pictures were just like, like I said, like the most generic pictures. And yeah. I'm like, well, this is stupid. Might as well right. be good pictures. Yeah. I, th- I think it's November here. It looks kind of like Liza Minnelli. <laughs> <laughs> nice. With the hair. <laughs> All right, Franker. Those are both kind of together. Oh, gotcha. Oh, it's the GameCube controller adapter for the Wii U. Holy shit, Frank. Where'd you even find this thing? I think it was just at Walmart. Oh, wow. These things are hard to find, I think. Really? Aren't they now? Yeah, because they didn't make very many of Like, the demand for them is really high. Wow. I mean, I I mean, I mean, got them ways back. It was before Thanksgiving. Oh, nice work. So the, I, I can guess that this is a GameCube controller, then. Well, just open it, then. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice, Frank. Good looking. That'll get some use. That'll get some wear and tear. Do you need Do you need more GameCube controllers? I have old GameCube controllers. Okay, because so. I've got them too. I would love if you. I think I only have like two, and I think one of them like was a victim of soda pop. I think I've got one at the house, so yeah, I can hook you up because I had four at one time. I would love, yeah, any extra GameCube yeah. controller. Throw my. Way. I gave my GameCube to my nephew, so I, but I still got one of the controllers. I think. Yeah, you can play eight players, and we have that many people over all the time. But it's like we have. I think we have six all together. This will make seven. Okay. And if you give me one, that'll be eight. And yeah. All, all eight of us can play. Right on. So yeah, wow, Frank, thank you so much. Sure. 
Uh, should I open? Frank, do you have any more? Jesus, yeah, Frank, I got one. Frank buys me all this electronics, and I buy him a cot calendar. Oh, it's okay. How many more do you have left? Uh, just this one. Okay, I've got two, so let me open up this one. Okay. This is from Jake? That's my other gift for, okay. for you, yeah. Oh, Ready Player One. Yeah, I bought nice. you a copy Thank of it. Thank you. Yeah, we were talking about that. I, I think I've been telling you for a year that when my buddy gives me my copy back, I'll let you borrow it. But my buddy is still yet to give me <laughs> my copy back. No, thank you. So I just figured I'd grab you a copy. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I've been, uh, been, you've been championing this book and saying it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, and I think you've said on a few podcasts that you really haven't had a good book to sink your teeth into for a while. That's my fault. That's really my fault. But yeah. Because I don't read anything, even on my iPad, I don't, like, uh, not my iPad, but I got, like, a Kindle Fire. Yeah. But I don't even get any books on it, so, yeah, this would be great. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I I hope you enjoy it. Well, I haven't heard a bad thing about this fucking book. I don't think I've ever even heard of it. And they're already, you know, Milwaukee Mm -hmm. Journal Sentinel says it's a fracking good read. Yeah, you would love it, Frank. It's all about, like, video games and stuff in a way. That sounds like it. Thank you. Awesome. Frank, you've got one left? Yeah. This is another one from Jake. This is my other gift. Oh, sweet. It's Zelda stuff. Oh, badass. Yeah, it's a Zelda Hyrule, map of Hyrule puzzle. That's bitchin'. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah, because he knows I've been playing uh, Karen of Time lately. I like how it's all Lord of the Rings styled out. Yeah, it's all hand-drawn and shit. That's awesome, man. Thanks. All right. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm getting my little room set up downstairs, so I'd, I'll love it to put it together and like let it be like a visual piece. That's cool. <sighs> Got a big box here from Frank. What is it? I am... Frank, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. What did Frank get you? Jesus Christ, Frank. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, he got you, you a star screen. <laughs> oh my god, this is so fucking cool. Oh my god, I don't deserve this, Frank. Yeah, you do. Oh, oh my look at that. God. That is gorgeous. Oh my god. <laughs> you somebody tell what I got cuz I got can't. a star scream. It it looks like it's one of the um Foreign models, one of the really nice ones. It's the Starscream masterpiece. This is like the one fucking figure of the masterpiece line that I just love. It's Starscream with his golden crown that he gets during the coronation. My favorite, one of my favorite scenes in in the fucking animated movie. And this is the most beautiful figure ever. Frank, I do not deserve this. This is so awesome. Look at this. Does it open up so you can see it inside of there? Oh, I don't know. Is it like a Velcro thing or is it in a box? Completely? It's in a box. You got to take it out. Oh, wow. I don't even want to take it out of the box. <laughs> That's hardcore. Can I feel its weight? It's hefty. Heftier than what you think. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. I got to <laughs> take a picture of that and post it. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Sure. Oh my god, that is the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah, that is gorgeous. 
With the crown. Oh, my God. And the cape. <laughs> there was three gifts that I knew this year that I'd knocked out of the park. You two and my wife. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot get over this. I love this. And the, the thing is, I never had the Starscream figure growing up. I had Optimus and I had Megatron. I never had Starscream. And this is like the best Starscream I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> this is hilarious. You were the biggest like, oh, okay, we'll do the gifts. And now you're like, I know. Hey! <laughs> Guys, you got to understand. On Christmas, I got a fucking panini maker and a sponge. This is amazing. You must, you got to feel better now. Yeah. Yeah. This is today. Today's my Christmas. <laughs> Holy shit. This is beautiful. Yeah. This is great. And like, oh, dude, this is like all the writing is in Japanese. Like this is fucking straight up. <laughs> This is the real fucking deal. This is badass. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you, Frank. Yeah. Holy shit! I am. I am gonna take it out though. <laughs> oh, you have to. Oh my god, that's beautiful. If it was in a bubble where you could see it, then maybe. But you got it. You got to get it out. I want to see, see what it. Looks it looks like. I'll put it right back in the box. But yeah. I'm gonna take it out. Are you gonna wear the crown on your own head? <laughs> oh god! If I could, <laughs> oh god! If I could, I would. I might wear it on my finger. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Who disrupts my coronation? <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, that was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you. My God. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. No problem. Jeez. So much fun. Yeah. All right. Next week, episode 73. The Tupperwares. Tupperwares. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll be handing out some tuppies for, like, best movies, best comic book movie. Yeah. Best comic, best new comic, best villain, best hero, best actor, best actress, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tons of categories. And then movie of the year. Yeah, are we doing a TV show of the year? Yep, TV show of the year. Best new TV show if you want to. And then, you know, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out like my runner ups. So to kind of gauge it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then also if you want to have like, you know, if you do have a worst category, like worst comic book movie of the year or worst movie of the year, mm-hmm. you know, as long as it's something you've seen. I mean, I, I would love to say Left Behind the Nicolas Cage movie, but I haven't <laughs> seen it. I mean, it was the worst movie of the year, 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Yikes. It was so. better than Kurt Cameron Saving Christmas. Uh, it might have gotten a better, it might have got a worse review. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah, I heard Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas was a pile of horse shit. Uh, so. Yeah, I've heard the same. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 73 The Tupperwares. Um, thank the Leftover Army for listening to us this year. Yeah, big time. All right, yeah. Yeah. One more year, let's do it. You got a big one ahead of us. One more, that's it. Not just one. Yeah, one more, we're out of here. No! Yeah. No, I, yeah, episode 100, I'm done. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm done. Bullshit. I said I'm walking away after episode 100. Yep. Cue the verse banner music. The lonely man. He'll have his crown on his finger. Yep. All right, guys. Yep. Just like all good leftovers, say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. And happy new year. Happy new year. We'll see you next year. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. 
You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.